This episode of Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters. You've heard us mention them on the podcast before, and if you're in Fairbanks or you're going to be coming through Fairbanks for a fishing, hunting, or camping trip, it's a great place to stop and get what you need. It's a locally owned Fairbanks business that I've been shopping at since I came up here, and really it's the type of sporting goods store you would hope to find in a place like Fairbanks. They've got a ton of hunting, fishing, trapping, and camping supplies, including backpacking meals and stoves, clothing, real rain gear, good footwear, including mountain hunting boots like Loa, rubber boots like Extra Tufts and Lacrosse, and they also have a great selection of guns, ammo, shooting and hand loading supplies, and even muzzle loading stuff. Now, they also carry a wide variety of fishing and dip netting equipment to tackle just about any fish Alaska has to offer. In Century Hardware downstairs, you'll be able to find a big selection of marine, snow machine, and ATV supplies like ramps, hitches, gun boots, um, good gas jugs, not the junk you find everywhere else, and all sorts of odds and ends for your boat or anything else you could need, and of course, whatever hardware you might find yourself in need of. In fact, it's one of those stores that you'll usually end up leaving with more than you planned on buying because they're really good at finding and stocking things that you just didn't realize you needed until you saw them. Frontier Outfitters is located in the Gavor Mall on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, as well as Century Hardware out in North Pole. It's a great store, so next time you're gearing up, get on down there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel. Uh, should be a good one this evening. Uh, finally, after a lot of, I would call you flaky, but I'm, after hearing <laughs> the backstory, I totally understand. And now Mr. Zach Kenner yeah. is finally finally in the in the garage. We moved out of the office because we're a little oversized tonight. Um, but uh, also Dr. Frank Schultz, PhD of BSING. <laughs> <laughs> You must have been you thinking missed, about that I one for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have to write that down, or were you able to? I got a note on my phone. Um, <laughs> like a little dinger. Don't forget, I wasn't just taking a piss outside. I was <laughs> this all just came to me. <laughs> well, Mr. Nick Mookie, he's on the. He's an alternate for the mic, and. Uh, the other YouTuber in the group, uh, yeah. Mr. Temple Dillard, backed by popular demand. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Dude, there's, no one gets requested as much as Temple. Well, fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to try to not hawk loogies into the mic this time. I was, I was suffering from the Rona back in March when I was last on. <laughs> I don't know if I was or wasn't because they wouldn't test me. I came down with the strep. They tested for that, so that it, that tested positive. They gave me the shot, cleared up. Maybe it was all just strep. I don't know. Hard telling, <laughs> not knowing. I'm a doctor of BSing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Zach, it's finally nice to, to. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. Get you in person. He's all Zach's got a pretty awesome YouTube channel and. As far as I understand, you can, you can, I won't tell your story for you, but, uh, I think at least I've been led to believe that you're one of them guys that moved up here, you know, cause yeah. to kind of follow the dream. Uh, yep. Moved up in August of 2017 and August 14th is the day I crossed over the border knowing that I would be sheep hunting within 365 days. Nice. You know, um, 
it was kind of a last minute. Well, it's something I talked about for a couple of years, but it was literally a last minute decision to actually pull the trigger and loaded up everything in the truck. And in three days, you know, I was here. So then, you know, fast forward 365 days. Um, I only hunted sheep for three days before notching the first tag. So nice. Go to hell. That's go to hell. I mean, there's a little luck involved, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's, Maybe well, he can get you one of them hardworking hunter hats. I, hard, might, hard temple. Yeah, I might need one of those. I'm That's, sure that there was a lot of research involved <laughs> too. Well, yes. I mean, where I killed my ram was the only place I saw actually on Google Earth where I could see sheep on the mountain. Oh, wow. <laughs> on Google Earth, yeah, That's on Google funny. Earth. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I've which I've I've looked. Yeah. I've I've looked in spots that where well there's one spot that I can see my tent in the picture. Oh yeah. Wow. So I know where sheep should have been on that particular day and I couldn't find them. I was like I swear they got someone with an eraser going there. Yeah. <laughs> like like you th- yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen them. You've I've seen I'll, them. I'll show you a spot All right. at least unless they've updated the pictures but <laughs> it's like there's no denying it when you see it yeah. you're like oh yeah, I know what that is. I wasn't even looking for it. I I was just kind of zoomed actually i was looking for like ways i could get up the mountain mm-hmm. you know just trying to pick a route so that i could see over the backside. and pretty soon i'm just looking and there's all these same size white figures and i'm like huh yeah th- that's definitely what that is you know yeah. and yeah. so that but that was still like plan c for the year really as far as really plan b blew out the water and i was like okay so 100 miles down the road that way is another spot I was Google Earthing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've never, I've not, I don't think I've ever seen a critter on the Google Maps. And I've spent hours and hours, I look at rivers because I'm a, I'm a lazy boat hunter. I shoot it across the river and 40 yards from the edge of the water. I'm, I don't recall ever seeing a critter on there. That's pretty cool as you see them sheep. Yeah. Yeah. You see elk a lot in the lower 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're pretty because you got them bright green meadows that they're in you know in the summer and they're brown so you'll, yeah. you'll see a herd of elk in there or at a wallow and anytime there's water yeah yeah so was it uh much of a transition for you i mean you're obviously were plenty geared geared well enough to just do right what was a bit was there any big shocks for you uh yeah i mean that's a good question is yeah as far as like gear goes and everything i mean there's there was no different i mean literally the yeah. same stuff I'm packing, you know, cause I, I came from hunting Wyoming, which was, I talk about a lot. It's just, the, it's probably the most physically demanding hunt I've really had to do, but mainly cause of the elevation, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's 10,000 feet, but like the last, last year I was in there, I spent 27 days hunting, you know, in that, in that area, which, because I just knew the quality of the bucks was as good as it has been in the last 20 years. And then what do you know at that next winter and winter kill took them all and it was, oh, it was bad. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I hunted it the year to hunt it. And I mean, they're still picking big bucks out of there, but it's, it's not what it, not what it was in 15 and 16. So then, yeah, coming up here, in fact, 17, I didn't have any plans to hunt anything because moving up here, spending all kinds of money, I wasn't going to have anything extra to go hunt. And 
I uh, I actually did because that was the year they upped the tag prices for non-resident. Oh yeah. That I bought. I actually bought a moose and caribou tag a year before that, just in case, like, because I was saying it's going to save me seven hundred oh. bucks, which is a free tag. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I I bought it, but then I didn't even go because just just money is all it came down to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but what I did do is that was that goat hunt that that you've seen the video of that yeah. he shoots off the cliff. So I was like, a guy I was working with at the time said he got his residency that September. You know, mm-hmm. I was working with him for only a month, and uh, I could I got a feel for him to know that he had enough interest in what I felt like would be drive, but, you know, never hunted with him before. He had never hunted the mountains before. And so I would, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but so I was like, well, let's, what do we, what's open? You know, I just yeah. start reading through the regs and, and that was about the time the goat registration tags were going to come out and he ended up picking one up. And I'm like, well, we made that hunt happen, you know, within three weeks really of, Oh, you have tags. Let's go shoot something. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went and shot that goat. That was, giant goat i mean nine years old stupid bases i mean yeah it was awesome i'll never shoot one that big (laughs) yeah yeah that's cool man uh did uh, oh but to answer your question oh sorry yeah i'm not sure how much paid attention i'm paying paying more attention to my tall boy here yeah (laughs) as far as like the differences go it's like you know coming from the lower 48 to here it's just uh like with my sheep you know, I spotted it from the road. It's like five miles as a crow flies, but I still had to walk like around a giant swamp and then be brushed three quarters of the way to it. And it took way longer than I anticipated, you know, from that, if that were a mule deer or an elk, it's like I got to been there by noon, you know, and had it yeah. whacked and stacked and headed back. And, uh, with that ram though, it took everything I had to get there by dark. And then we killed it right at dark. And then, because I expected it to be a day trip, I didn't pack sleeping bag, oh, tent, man. Nothing, you know, and just took off. And, uh, so it was like 40 hours, 40 and a half hours from the time we left the pickup, went and shot it and got back. <laughs> yeah. Just nonstop. Yeah. I mean, you know? that, that's, I mean, my, my biggest observation is there's like, you get down in the States and like, there's ground, like dirt yeah. to walk yeah. on. Yep. You know, some of that stuff. I think I'm, I'm kind of more calibrated now to what we have up here where it's like, oh, Tundra fuck and that, not going over deep. there. That's going to take like two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, something that would take you half a day. <clears throat> that that was the biggest thing to kind of gauge. But, no, I mean, as far as everything else, it's it's no different. In fact, the same, same thing I would down there. Yeah. You know, other than maybe a little heavier rain gear up here than mm. I would down there. In fact, I'd, I'd, I used to pack just the Cabela's lightweight hundred dollar rain gear because that's all i needed yeah and it was light that mm-hmm. was that was the thing now i'm packing freaking five pounds of rain gear and it's stupid oh yeah but, <laughs> but, I won't, but i'm not dry. i'll just i'm not gonna say anything so <laughs> I, I was i've said it plenty of times i was gonna say don't get them started again <laughs> but no the like the grundens or heli hansen real rain gear comes in real handy when you need it yeah so that's the biggest differences. Yeah. So I, I've never met you before either. Yeah. Where are you from? I grew up in Washington. In East, Washington. Yeah, Eastern Washington. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> grew up hunting mule deer. And that's pretty much it. I mean, because you got to draw elk to really hunt anything in, in Washington. Mm-hmm. 
And then once I finally got old enough, started branching out. My dad hunted all over the West when I was growing up. So I had mm-hmm. that kind of leadership role as far as you don't got to hunt just 10 miles from the house. Right. Yeah. Get out and do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, I mean, when I was 16, well, as soon as I got a driver's license, I pretty much had drove every road in Eastern Washington. Right on. <laughs> That's awesome. I could feel bad for my mom because, you mm. know, like you look back at it, 16 you meet a 16 year old and you're like oh my gosh like yeah. they cut me loose yeah and they cut yeah and i just yeah. went you know yeah. we'd we'd go shooting coyotes almost every weekend just driving around hunting them you know just covering country and as man, looking back at that i just can't even i can't wrap my head around how my mother let me do that as as a father of three i can't wait to say get the fuck out and go <laughs> go away <laughs> Mama's going to, like, you know, my wife isn't going to be so happy about yeah. it, but she's she's just going to have to deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so then from uh, from there, yeah, I just started hunting Idaho, Montana, you know, mostly deer. That's kind of, that was kind of my forte. Yeah. I've killed a couple elk, but. Wh- what was the big pull? What was, like, what made you say, I'm going to Alaska? Oh... You know, hunting deer in a lot of the areas that I was hunting deer, I was running into sheep. You know, I'd see them all the time. Yeah. And my dad drew a tag, drew his Washington bighorn tag, and I, and you know, you get to put your hands on a couple of them. Oh, and that's the other thing, too, is like my dad runs a taxidermy shop on the side down there. And so, same story, I get to have my hands on them quite a bit. Right on. Well, more than others, I should say. Not quite a bit, but, you know, we'll mount one or two of them a year, bighorns down mm-hmm. there. And then, um, shoot, then I, a friend of ours drew a bighorn tag. I went and filmed it. And then another buddy of mine drew one. And it's like, I don't know. It's just kind of, mainly it's probably just something somebody told me I couldn't do. You know? It's yeah. Like, <laughs> good, good reason I, to Well, do I'm it. never going <laughs> to draw a tag. I mean, I've got 24 points in Washington at this point. 24 years worth of points and I can't pull a tag. Yeah. And, the odd, and the odds are I won't ever draw a tag. And and then it was actually at a Wild Sheep Foundation banquet in Washington where I heard the announcer say, you know, that that all the guys, you know, you guys here are a pretty special group because here you are putting all these thousands of dollars towards, you know, these sheep, and the odds are none of you are going to kill Ever one. Ever going to hunt. And man. I'm like, hey, that was literally sitting at that table. I had, like, goosebumps come above me, and I'm like, and you can shoot a sheep every year in Alaska? Yeah, I'm moving there. <laughs> good life choices. I don't know how many times. Right? I don't know how many times you know, and it's just like another example of like if if your priority is you want to do this, then mm-hmm. there's yeah. ways to do it. You know, I mean, not everybody's like maybe. Well, I've talked about it before on here, and I've like so many people I've heard be like, "Oh, you're so lucky," and I'm like, "I'm not lucky. I just made the right choices. I yeah. did, this is what I wanted to do, and I pulled the trigger, and I did it. You know, and it's mm. like." It's just like that. It's, you know, to yeah. some people that seems like out of grasp, mm-hmm. but to people like myself and people like you, it's like, okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I didn't make any choices. I was born here. Well. Except, you know, to not leave. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I still have trouble wrapping my head around some of the crap I see on YouTube or here of like points and I put in for points and I'm never going to draw. I'm like, points for what? Yeah. Huh? You mean, wait. <laughs> What? Yeah. No, I mean it's it's even up here. Like it's, it, I'm con like all not constantly, but just the other day I saw another 
you know, oh, well, I wanted to go sheep hunting, but I put in for 12 years for the Delta tag and didn't draw it, so I didn't go, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's lots of general hunts. There's, well, yeah. Well, there's, yeah. They're not easy. You can go generally hunt everything. Everything. Really, you know? Everything. Yeah. 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 Bison, Nick just said. Well, you could just go buy one from <laughs> from, yeah. from Randy Wood or something. Not the same. Obviously, not the same. Right. We're not gonna not gonna get them measured for Pope and Young if we decide to go that route, Nick. So don't worry. So yeah, that was good. That first year, I I spent a lot of money. Shot that sheep. Did a Kodiak trip. Uh, shot did, a goat. Did, Sitka deer. Caribou. Nice. He did both. Every, did yeah. everything down there. Yeah, right so on. Kodiak treated me well. Um, but still haven't done the moose thing. I don't know. It's just. It's a giant load of Sounds work. like you need to get a few freezers in a stationary spot before you go, <laughs> right. go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, well, like last year, I'd, I hunted sheep all the way through moose season, so. Nothing wrong with that. No, it wasn't. I I had a blast last year. Saw a lot of country, saw a lot of rams. Just mm-hmm. didn't pull the trigger myself, you know. So my dad came up and did the whole next to kin thing, and we nice. got him a ram, so. That's awesome. Yeah, mm, so he, he's right a, he's at three quarter now. He just needs a stone. Nice. So that was, in fact, that was on last year's deal too. I went down to Mexico with him and shot a desert. So that was fun. Nice. I didn't shoot it. I filmed it, but shoot, you could get him a stone up here. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna a say, quote hey, unquote hey, stone. Look, yeah, stuck around long enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not. It's on the radar. I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. I think it pretty much is for yeah for everyone. <laughs> but we'll I, let him get his mic sorted out. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, it was making That's noise. That's alright. Mr. Mookie joins the program. I'm here. <laughs> but you asked, speaking of sheep season, we're right up on it. That's uh gonna be painful you've probably already been hiking all over the place <laughs> no i i mean a little bit not too a bad. little bit <laughs> no actually i think i'm going back tomorrow yeah I, yeah just not even to hike in very far but just try to find a different route in try to find some cut some moose trail somewhere yeah you know go in with half the weight yeah <laughs> So I'll leave all the camera gear at home. Yeah, no kidding. Well, speaking of camera stuff, how long you been doing the the hunt, hunt, oh. filming hunts and stuff like that, and like your YouTube channel? Yeah, make sure, make sure you plug that. Oh, it's been th- since 2013, I think, is when I started it, or 20. I think, I think it was the yeah. The, so the channel's a hardworking hunter, and in 2012. I saw, you know, between just me, my friends, my family, I watched like 12 mule deer bucks die. Mm-hmm. And a few of them were dandies. Yeah. And I says, I need to be packing a camera. Like this, you don't see this on TV, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's just, I made the leap and bought the first camera. And and it was just a, a camcorder, you know, just enough really to film like kill shots and whatnot. I hadn't really dove into actually making something look like the Western Hunter or something, yeah. you know. And, but just enough, you know, filming those kill shots and filming a little bit of it, I was able to piece together some hunts later that they look okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I think I did it right as far as buying that camera first. And then, you know, we were just talking about computers earlier. It was three or four years of film before I actually bought a computer that could process it. Oh, gotcha. Because it's just chipping away at how much all that shit costs, you yeah. know. 
And um, this has to be overwhelming with that much footage to yeah. all of a sudden to be like, okay, I got it now. What do I do with it? Yeah. And, <clears throat> and and there's still a lot of footage from back then that I haven't touched because it's not up to my quality par now, you know. But I I don't know. I might do like a kill shot reel or something one day. Just those are lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes those. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody, but those people that don't are what you call wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely still on the camcorder stage. We're actually me and Doctor Schultz here are gonna what at least telling ourselves we're gonna try and get a lot more video. Last year we didn't. I didn't even bring my video camera. Last couple of years has been zero. We had talked about doing a filming. bunch this spring too, and I mean, I I, I brought bears. my camera bear hunting. I've got all my bears that I shot. Yeah, I filmed. I, I did filmed too, bit, but with but my phone, it's yeah, a lot of like, work. They're like it's right there, you know. <laughs> none, of, none of mine really happened in a spot like yeah. like they weren't like okay, get set up. You know, I killed two on the fly, and then yeah. you know the third one I did get on video, but. Um, yeah, just there is a difference though when you have good camera yeah. and you got good programs to edit and everything. It's like you watch the videos and you immediately you're like, "This is good. Yeah. This is like." I appreciate the folks that do it because I'll stay up <laughs> real late at night watching <laughs> yeah. videos, yeah. and and when they're good, they're really good. Well, and, and I catch myself no shit just turning on my own shit and watching it over and over and over again and yeah. just reliving it you know well and then you can that, pick it apart and figure out probably what you did wrong so 5,433 views no but it probably helps you in the future too like maybe you should have did something different or, you know what I mean oh uh, yeah I'm not saying oh, your stuff is bad it's or not, you well or you, you get to watch the mistakes you made over and over and over again uh, <laughs> that's yeah. not necessarily well, fun, the, but, well and the, the interesting thing though is like most of the stuff that you see is like learning mistakes no yeah. like, well I'm even just mean like actually hunting mistakes oh you know where you know you watch an arrow go into one's guts or something and you're like yeah why did, why am I even showing this type thing you know but, it's reality though. but it, oh, uh, it that's is. just it too and yeah. that's huge that's a huge part of it is you show I have much more respect for somebody that's putting out videos or movies or whatever that's showing their fuck ups and their success. And at there's the same there's time. a fine line there. I mean, there's still stuff that I won't show, you know, that I'll show my friends or whatever. But I just yeah. don't I just don't want the non hunting community getting a hold of it. You know, it's yeah. just it just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. But well, you know, on that note, I still show enough that right that yeah. Well, to, I'll show it all when to, Frank's doing the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I, I don't know. So much of this stuff these days, with the editing, with everything, is it's all just like success, success, yeah. success, success. Everything about it is like, oh, that was a perfect shot. That was a perfect shot. And it's like, well, you wounded four animals that you never show anybody, or whatever the case may be. Not necessarily that's the case, but yeah, it happens. It, it, exactly. Yeah. And it's to me, I'd much rather see. The reality of it, rather than like, oh, this person's constantly successful all the time, which so, is bullshit. Like for there's one particular scene that I don't show that it's not because I cared, but uh, one of my Wyoming deer hunts, uh, I I missed a buck bigger than shit, like shot over him three times. It was a long ways away, um, but I still probably should have hit it, you know. And I mean, I, I laid down thinking it was already dead, you know. I mean, yeah. getting in position just. And uh, I don't know. I think I had some some uphill thermals, you know, early morning thermals that I didn't account for. I'm mm-hmm. right over him, but I didn't show that in any of my video. But if you were to sit down with me and watch it every time that clip, because I still have the clip of those deer in the field or on the hillside, mm-hmm. you know, 
And I'm like, yep, I missed that one. Like, I tell you straight up, like, I just didn't show it because it didn't really fit the narrative as far as the movie was already long and I, you know, had to chop a bunch of stuff out. But every time I, every time I like sit down with people, it's like, yeah, I missed that one three times. (laughs) You know, I just straight (laughs) up. like, really? Yeah. (laughs) That's the one deer that haunts me. But, well, so I understand why you wouldn't want to show it to non hunters, but it's, the, they still they they operate on a different level than we do, and they might have a different perception of what reality is. And it's they they should go into it knowing that knowing what reality is. Having having grown up with subsistence hunting and fishing, it ain't always pretty. It ain't always one shot the thing falls over and we do the grip and grim. No, sometimes it just. It's not pretty, and you you know why that particular critter is chewy. Uh, <laughs> it reminds you for the whole winter, <laughs> and and it's life. Vehicles crash on the side of the highway. Sometimes weird crap happens. No matter what we're talking about, driving down the highway, or a piece of poop falls out of a plane, lands on somebody's head. Has this happened to you, Temple? The poop, no. The chewy meat, yes. Yeah. And it happens. Oh, it goes right back to the same thing when I was talking about when I was guiding the amount of bears that I've seen shot in the foot. Oh, really? It's like, how can you, like, get that whole animal? How do these bullets, like, land on feet all the time? And it's, you know, you hear it all the time. Like, oh, shot in the foot. It's like. Holy shit. Non-hunters need to know that this is actually a very difficult thing. It, it Even rifle hunting at 800 yards requires a lot of skill. Yeah, They they come into this thinking, it doesn't take any skill to shoot him. Why don't you shoot him with a bow? Oh, you shot him with a compound. Why don't you shoot him with a spear? Look, you're, you're moving the goalposts here, firstly, because you're mm-hmm. ignorant. Secondly, because all of this is difficult. It's yeah. all difficult. Come hunting. Yeah, it's it's just a pain in the neck is yeah. what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like how Temple puts it in perspective real nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try. It is, though. You nail, I mean, you nailed it. But it's, it's so it's, true. It's a tricky balance. <clears throat> yeah, like, it yeah. is. Because like, I think there's a lot of people out there, well, there's a few that make really nice like videos, like really cool cinematic videos that I don't like like push certain even arguments for hunting so far that they're not even like true anymore. <laughs> Don't even We're going to have to educate Temple on this later cuz I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not aware oh, of this you're, one. You're, we'll wait till after Mike to show. So did you did you see the picture I posted the other day? No, I didn't. Oh, the so, one the one where you and the grouse and then somebody else with the duck or something. Well, yeah, the grouse and I were having a moment, but uh-huh. <laughs> I took that picture as it was for like an article I wrote about like the silly like overposed hunting. Yeah, hunting pictures. I took that picture five years ago. So that oh, I did actually see you that. Did I didn't. That. I didn't read it. What did it? What'd you? What'd you say about it? Well, <laughs> this is the one that went up a few days later. Oh, <laughs> literally the exact same picture. Late, a couple days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, or or no, it, it uh, 
I've messed up my words, Frank. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to fucking no, call you so. out. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, the fact I, checker around here. <laughs> we all appreciate it, Frank. Yeah, no, we, we need it. But, uh, no, like, uh, I, I took that, like, five years ago or whatever, and, and I'm like, thing was like, I, I didn't know I needed to exaggerate more to show that I'm joking. Like, literally, that picture posted. There was one, one with Ptarmigan before that looked, like, a lot like that. It's like... It's like, man, the only thing better about it is the logo placement for the <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah. No, so it's a, I mean, even in the stuff I do, it's kind of a, it's it's definitely a balance. Like, I am a firm believer in giving plenty of dose of reality. Yeah. Um, but you also, yeah. Well, and like I said, like sometimes when you're putting stuff together, like stuff just doesn't. It's not like you're trying to hide anything. No, yeah. but sometimes it in, just doesn't work. It yeah, you shouldn't in the, be in the end. You shouldn't it. try to hide something just to like for the sake of your own right. pride, basically. Yeah, and that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Where anybody, if you're sitting next to me, I'm going to tell you straight up. Oh well, yeah, right after about two seconds after this clip ends, I'd shoot and shoot right over his back three times. But they're like, yeah. I, I want to see that video. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't ever make any, I haven't made making like the bear hunting stuff into any actual videos, I've just been filming the shots. I did put up the one where I, that grizzly I lost two years ago with the stone point, that's freaking sucked. But Every real hunter who actually hunts and doesn't just get put someplace to shoot something by somebody else can appreciate that and go, oh, shit, that sucks. I mean, I even put so up many. Frank's where he's winging arrows through the the timber and then throat oh, yeah. shot that black bear. That was fantastic. Sticking trees though. and shit. <laughs> yeah, now, that was a real amusing I, video. I then I you killed, like then you hear the bow one, hit the two, ground. Three, four. I think I killed four trees before I killed the bear. I killed <laughs> no, the bear on a, accident. It was the third shot. No, it was, yeah. no, it was, it was a fourth, fourth shot. I had uh, four arrows with oh. me. Uh-huh. And you shot yeah, them so all. I, was, I shot them all. And I was like, I'm going to have to fucking go over there and start pulling arrows out of trees and out of the brush <laughs> and come back over here. And then I just fucked up and hit it in the throat. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> bows, yeah. At least without sights on them, you can throw them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right, Nick? Bang them off the trees yeah. and whatnot. <clears throat> yeah, Nick's been killing, what, you're up to you're two caribou now for the season and a broken bow. And a broken bow, that's now fixed, yeah. But, yeah, two. We killed two last weekend, Matt and I, and then Riley and I went up this weekend, we killed two more. And then we had uh, uh, Lincoln Tap and Gary Colbath, which you've had on here. They came up as well, and Lincoln shot a really nice caribou, and so did Gary. That was Lincoln's 28th animal for his Super Slam, too, which is pretty cool. He's only, like, 18 years old. <laughs> What's he got left? Polar bear. That's it. That's it. He was supposed to, this was, should have been number 29, but they closed down Canada this spring, so he couldn't go on his polar bear hunt. So he's pretty bummed, but Holy he'll get shit. to do it soon. If he had it. It was Man. like he was going this yep. spring. Yeah. Huh. So Man. I've met Lincoln a bunch of times. He's a super nice kid. Um, really, really, like really respectful, good shot, good hunter. He's, he's learning a lot, and he's learning it really young. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be something. It seems like that's funny. Just how how the way it works out. It seems like like bear ground caribou. Yeah. It was his is third odd, time. Is an odd last. Oh, it was his third time. Third oh. time, yeah. I don't know where he hunted the first time for him, um, but the second time he um, had a Talkeetna tag, and he didn't go in the fall because he had other stuff going, and then he came this winter, and they tried to hunt him in the winter on sleds, and bah. that doesn't work too well with a bow. So, 
Um, but it worked out really well this time. Hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I keep bugging you. I said, breaking your sight, man. Just take <laughs> sounds well, like sounds like they've been getting to re- getting in recurve range. Yeah, both of the bulls I killed were really close. I mean, they were twenty and you know between twenty and thirty. Yeah. So, the the first stock when Matt and I went up or whatever, they were we we saw one caribou a long ways away and we hadn't seen anything until that point. And I'm like, well, the hell with it, let's go. And so we we take off down and we're we're you know getting getting to a point where we got to kind of probably raft across a river or whatever mm-hmm. and i look down and there's a there's a beehive right next to my foot oh, but r- just before that i i thought you know we're coming up to the river bank and i i i was cognizant of like going slow coming over that bank because you never know there could be caribou right there and the beehive kind of took me off guard so i like skirted around it and kept on walking looking back and uh, as soon as i look forward there's three bulls standing like uh. 30 yards away <laughs> oh man. like shit you know like What's uh, my point on with the recurve? I don't know, probably forty or something like that, maybe a little less. But uh, either way, they they kind of spooked off and um, they they stopped at, you know, they they were milling around at like eighty and a hundred or whatever, and but they weren't spooked, so they just kind of wandered off. So Matt and I made a big loop and came around. They bedded down out on a, a gravel bar, and so we made a big loop, came around and got to like a really nice like solid root ball that had floated down the river and we used that for cover and got close er and uh so they were like 200 yards away give or take and we waited start launching air <laughs> yeah no they were like 200 yards away and i'm just like we'll just got sit here and catapult. wait because we, we were between we were in the direction that they were yeah, like yeah. likely gonna go when when they stood up and so we sat there for a couple of hours and all of a sudden they got up and they started like running the other direction. I'm like, oh shit, you know, we just wasted how much time, you know, on these. And they get, I don't know, a hundred yards the other direction. And for whatever reason, they turn around and they run right to us. You know, like when I'm laying there, I'm like, all right, they have basically 360 options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they pick the, you know, one through 40, they're going to come within range. And I'll be damned if they didn't pick like number one when they finally turned oh, around. <laughs> they ran right to nice. us, and yeah, they're splashing around the water right in front of us. So I shot the one, he died, and then I'm like, "Man, you gonna shoot one?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So it took a little bit. The other two bulls didn't—they were—they didn't know what happened and were yeah. hiding. Um, so he made a made a good shot on one and ran off and died as well. And then six hours later, we get back to the truck. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That was fun though. This so we we only saw four caribou that weekend, and we killed two of them. I thought that was pretty good. So we just came home, and and then this last weekend we went up again. And Jesus Murphy, there was caribou everywhere. Um, I, you know, I I don't know the exact number because I didn't count, but like you, we saw several groups of you know five or six hundred plus. So I would yeah. I'd say we saw between two and three thousand caribou. Nice. Right on. Yeah, and first first trip, you know, like the first first night or whatever up there, Riley's just shot a tank of a bull, like so happy. There's two bulls in the group and made a great stock and killed it and uh, packed that out. So it's like first night, you know, not even, we didn't really even hunt that hard. <laughs> yeah. It just so happened there they were, made it work. And, uh, and then the next morning we woke up, and when we woke up that next morning, there were caribou everywhere. So it was, it was like... It was good, you know, like you're, you know, you're hunting and you're 
not seeing much or whatever, it's kind of hard to hunt that area if you don't if you're not seeing if you don't have numbers, you know, to put in stocks. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a couple, and then the next stock I made there was one bull all by himself. And again, this is absolute luck how this happened too, like complete complete luck. But there was a a bull eating uh, by himself about a mile off the road. So I made a big loop, got up above him. I was like I don't know eighty five ninety yards away. But he was kind of, he, he was facing my way, so I really couldn't get any closer. I got to that point where, you know, we're on a ridge where you're like, you can just peek up and see him, but you're not getting any closer without getting busted. So I just let him do his thing, and all of a sudden the bugs just got to him. He started shaking and moving his ears and his head and everything, and he just ran right towards the road. I'm like, son of a gun. But while he was doing that, uh, a car drove by. And the car person got out and started looking at him and everything like that. And so the the bull didn't want to cross the road and leave. He just kind of ran along the side. Well, they were interested in the bull. They weren't hunting. They were just taking photos or whatever the hell they were doing. It's like a Prius, for Christ's sake. (laughs) I'll give you a picture of this thing. You want a close up? (laughs) But but at this point, I mean, he's a long ways. He's a long ways away. And uh, anyhow, they they I guess spend enough time with him where he didn't want to cross the road anymore and so he just starts trotting back and uh so i ran through some rocks and tundra and stuff and i could just put myself in a position where you know i I thought he'd probably come by me maybe like 50 yards or something and i'll be damned if he didn't run right to me again like he just ran right to me and i shot him at 20 yards 25 yards or something like that and so that was good and and then had the people left Oh yeah, they left. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Too bad <laughs> they left. But uh, another guy came when we yeah. when we finally got him out and back to the road. A guy pulled up. He's like, "Man, that guy really screwed you over, huh?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, if they want to take photos, you know, that's fine." But yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> but he in the end, he helped me. You know, like, right? Otherwise, that caribou would have went. You know, who knows where? Like, do but you it, happen to know who those people were? I could get good pictures of it alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <God>. Which <laughs> got interject like. I think it was, I was working up there and drove down and we're, when, when you rear ended my truck, I did rear end your truck. (laughs) Oh, that time. (laughs) And, uh, you brought it up. (laughs) And, uh, it was company vehicles. (laughs) Um, But Uh, that car that's like, I don't know, Prius reminded me of some like little car drove by with. Dip nets on the top. You You're right. That? Yes, I do. That's cheating very much farther up the road. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a long way. Yeah, you're gonna have to stop at two more gas stations <laughs> <laughs> to get back to dip netting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then that evening, um, that we started seeing even bigger groups of caribou, and so we made a couple stocks on some, and um, we got close, but we didn't get close enough to kill any of them, and. Riley and I are walking back to the truck, and I, I hear this, like, ting, ting, like something hitting the ground, and Riley's like, oh, what was that? I'm like, well, I don't know. And I look down at my sight housing for my bow is uh-huh. laying on the fucking ground. I'm like, oh, okay, so I've seen this happen before just recently. Same site, somebody else's, same thing happened. I'm like, this is not going to be good because once it falls apart like that, it's not, it's not, you can't tighten it anymore. You can't get it tight because it broke. Hmm. And so I took some luco tape and tried my best and it just didn't work and mm-hmm. so I, I what i figured was if they're close i could just draw back get my anchor and aim at the top part of my peep like like look through my peep and i know where my 20 was and i would just kind of focus on that area and uh 
Uh, that didn't work very well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if your anchor's a little bit off, you know, you're looking through that peep, but you still got to line up the the side housing in your peep, and um, in you know, just happenstance that you know, giant bowl, perfect spot, not far off the road, bedded, un- like not alert, like whatever, and I pop up. He's twenty two yards. I ranged him, whatever, and. So I'm like, here we go. We'll try. I shot like four feet over his back. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me. It was a nice bowl too. Kind of a bummer. Hmm. But aside from that, I mean, we had we had lots and lots of stocks, and it was good. It's good trip. Good trip. Yeah, just saying bees nest, man. My, oh, I, the hornets, them yellow jackets have been bad. I fucking hate those <laughs> things, man. Well, just today, you know, my my son was back there in the woods and got like stung like seven times he must have stepped on a nest or something yeah you know the i just things, there's just and there's no way to satisfy your anger against them <laughs> no, no there's just no yeah. way i oh. mean and there's been a lot Those of like cans of bear spray with a fucking lighter <laughs> yeah that would actually it's like a fucking 30 foot blowtorch <laughs> <laughs> no shit it, it caught that me off be guard because i looked down i'm like i don't want to step on that my foot was poof, a foot away you know, if I did, I don't know. Jeez, we were sheep hunting, and I got fucking nuked. Frank's like, <laughs> we we're walked, like, walking I, back from the river. Frank's back. like, I'd fuck, walk. bees, run! <laughs> Tommy boy we all had, over again. We had walked to the river on the same trail like 20 times, and for some, I have no idea why, I reach up and I grab a limb. I'm like, this fucking limb has been in the trail, and I've had to move it out of the way every time. And I snapped it off to move it out of the way, and I was like, ow, what was that? Ow! Fuck! Bees! Run! run. Yeah. Tyler was like right in front of me, and I was like, run! Get out of my way! <laughs> oh, holy shit, there was a nest like that big. Yeah. Literally like, I mean, I don't know how I never saw it. It was right there, and it was huge. <laughs> holy shit, the center my of, arms uh, swole up. The oh, center Jesus. of my my target that, you know, those insulation yeah, targets were. Yeah. So like, I should never have started shooting the center, but... I did, and it just completely shot out. So I put some stuff behind it, and every once in a while it falls down. So, but today when I was shooting, you know, I, I was anyhow I was shooting right, sighting in my new bow or my new sight or whatever, and it went right through the middle and it went back into the the wheels and shit behind. So I'm back there looking for a fucking arrow, and I looking around and moving branches and stuff and sure as shit there's a bee's nest and i didn't move the branch thank god <laughs> otherwise i'd have been tore up too i haven't been yeah. stung by a bee since probably high school or grade yeah, school it's been a while i haven't Freaking been lost. Lost. poor kid man i mean like because yeah. he got he, he had one like one got in his pants <laughs> yep and, and stung him in the leg and like a couple were in his shirt because like he's he's like oh my back you know and then i i think i got him in the head because i i like got him out of the woods and ripped his shirt off and i think that's put one of them in his hair so he got one up there and even later i walked back to grab his shirt and there were still a couple of them in there i'm like you fucking little shits like that you're setting up the 3d targets where you that was well we walk in there set it up and then you walk back in and get new no we we (laughs) we set them up we set them up we like we were set up this whole like badass 3d like (laughs) when we were setting up really good courses and we set them up the night before, and it was cool. You know, I mean, we're stomping through the woods like nothing. And then I probably got stung, I think, <laughs> 15 times the next day or more. <laughs> I mean, like a couple different spots. It's just like, <laughs> my hand was all swollen up like a, oh, that was bad. 
I was yeah. getting a little like I'm not like allergic allergic no. to them, but like I was getting a little like heart get, skippy over. You <laughs> get stung and like enough, you probably I've gonna s- feel something. I seem to get it um, pretty much every summer. You get stung every At least year once, but I haven't this summer yet. Knock on some wood there. Yeah, <laughs> good call. Well, yeah, Jed um, already got Jed and Sadie. They got stung at my house. Yeah, he was helping me out with the garage. And Carrie's got the castle, and then we're like, "Of course, Jed wants to be in the castle." And Sadie, and all of a sudden, we hear him screaming, "Bees!" And I was like, up there, made sure there was no bees in there. Like, checked it out. There was a nest. I knocked down, sprayed it, get it out of there. And I was like, "No, it's all good." So I feel horrible because, oh yeah, it's good to go. You guys go right up there and have all the fun in the world. (laughs) Next thing you know, they're screaming. Both of them stung over at our place. And then back over here, and she gets stung again. Yeah, he got well. <clears throat> he got stung once over there. I mean, this one's like seven times. He got stung on his leg, on his back, on his head. Poor kid, man. But oh, it just pisses me off. And freaking little things. Was so it like a ground? Also, ground? I think it had to have been a ground nest because I mean, he was just walking right back there. But mm-hmm. I've been looking for because there's obviously been a lot of them around. But like, I'll walk out to take a piss or whatever from the garage in the morning when it's calm and quiet. You can just hear the woods just like, oh, yeah, huh. you know, out here, back there behind the house, it's just like, I'm like looking in the birch trees and alders and stuff for, because that's usually where their nests are, unless they're ground walking. You can't you know? see them. As soon as the leaves fall out of the trees, you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah. Well, there they are. <laughs> Get the shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if there's yeah, I don't give a shit about bears. But man, like freaking like bees. kick up a <laughs> kick up a bee's nest, man. I'll be running yeah. like a little screaming like a little girl. You can shoot a nine millimeter at a bear and yeah. fucking send it right onto the ground. You can yeah. empty your clip on a fucking <laughs> nest of bees and mad. still get all stung up. <laughs> <clears throat> oh man! So what were you? You got to tell the story. You said you you've seen some couple interesting sights on the road this weekend. Oh my god, the the second one's not as near as impressive as the first one. And whoever the individual was on this first story, I feel really bad for him, but it it was quite funny, and so um, I will tell it. <laughs> Goddamn right, you will. So we're just driving along, and there's a semi parked. <laughs> On the side of the road, and there's a, you know, you can see this from a quarter mile or further away, and there's a, a guy standing, you know, he's oncoming traffic standing by the front driver's side tire right in the road with his pants down to his ankles. And we, as we get closer, it's apparent that there's been a problem. And uh, when we get real close... It's very apparent that there's been a problem and that this poor guy must have shit his pants or something. But he he got out of his truck and he went to the first place he could to start wiping poop off his legs. And and he was, you know, knee deep into it by the time we drove by. And I, and I looked at Riley. I'm like, did, did we just see what, what we saw? Because we weren't the only car to drive by, but this guy, his fucks were get, like, they're gone. He didn't, like, <laughs> He he had a high speed come apart for sure, and <laughs> and was taking care of it right there in the middle of the road. And you know, I can't fault him. 
you know, if I shit myself <laughs> driving, I'd probably just try to get rid of it as soon as possible. But yeah. This poor, yeah, this poor guy, and he was older, so you know, maybe, maybe he just couldn't control it. It happens. <laughs> I don't know, but it, I felt really Long bad for Long haul truckers should have astronaut <laughs> diapers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was telling Riley. I'm like, yeah, we come up here from now on, we just bring diapers, you know? It's just, just hot. <laughs> exactly. No brakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, poor guy. But the second one's not near as funny. It's just an old man peeing face in the road. Uh, and he had lots of options. <laughs> Was that a whole other one of those 360 degrees? Yeah, he, yeah, he had many, many places to go pee, but he chose to just face the road as everybody drove by. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the old man, the first one, he was showing off. For sure, he. But like I said, he didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. He did not care. <clears throat> oh man, uh, he had a mess on his hands. I want to do a total <laughs> fl- flop of the conversation and yes. get back to talking with Zach. Uh, <laughs> So what do you do for a living? What that's a great, what do you do up here? That's a great question. Yeah, nothing yeah. right now. Right, yeah, right Perfect. now, I, right Martin now, I season. blame I blame COVID for being jobless. He's I collecting. I don't, 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 I mean, fi- don't want to put you on the spot or anything, <laughs> but I mean, I figured. So the, well, the last job I was, I was laid off from the slope this spring because of the oil crashing and literally mm-hmm. everything. And not that I worked up there for very long, not even a year. But what was it you were doing up there? Just driving truck, operating equipment. Like CDL, like yeah. any kind of equipment. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, have you been an operator for a long time, or? Uh, well, I so I when I uh, I grew up kind of as a farm kid, basically in Washington. So mm-hmm. I already have my hands on a lot more than most. And then uh, I got an ag degree from WSU, and then I went and did commercial spraying for a few years. After that, so I'm driving, you know, hauling hauling those big self-propelled they're basically a giant tractor but they've got a sprayer unit on them um you know integrated into them um and you know i had to get a cdl to haul that around basically you know i i sprayed for one of the biggest spray companies in eastern washington and i covered mud just as a ground rig by myself in the summer i'd cover thirty thousand acres Holy shit. So, did they do like mostly ground spraying now where i grew up in colorado at least when i was a kid it mostly they were doing aerial airplane stuff. yeah so my my boss had has four planes oh, but gotcha. then i ran the ground rig and and so like when you get up into some of the dryland country where it's not irrigated mm-hmm. um it's cheaper to do ground rig so you know they'll yeah. they're gonna take the dollar an acre savings and and pay the ground rig to do it and to accept the fact that i'm driving across our field yeah um so you know, I did you know a lot of wheat country. It would be me, or I'd be driving around cleaning up stuff that those planes couldn't get. You know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, houses, trees, power lines. Yeah, power lines never stop some of them guys. <laughs> no, man. no, guys but there's balls. Like, there's some that they just the wind wasn't the right direction yeah. type thing. That's what happens a lot. Is is they you'd be shocked at at how. Not to go down a complete rabbit hole here, but that's what we do. But those guys, those guys have to are, are just constantly thinking about you know they'll have fifteen partially sprayed fields or more, and all of a sudden they get the wind they need to pick up all the edges hmm. of you know because because 
a lot of it's all going to be the same chemical, you yeah. know, whether it's all potatoes or all wheat or something, you know, the, because the timing on all these different crops is really close. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they, you know, they've got 15 fields that they haven't finished because they needed a west wind, mm-hmm. you know, and then there'll mm-hmm. be some of those fields that they just never get to. And like, say the corn's getting too tall, too tall to actually do a good job spraying. And they're like, Hey, go do this. There's five acres right here. They draw it on the map for me and off I go, Yeah, you know, just cleaning up after them because they couldn't get it all so, yeah no it sounds like there's a lot more to that than yeah you would just well so you would just assume you know a lot being of those, that there's like yeah. zero crop dusting that goes yeah. on in the last <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like working with all that chemical stuff is is pretty intricate you know and, and you know we're we're talking yeah, chemicals like you mess up and you create like Zyklon B or something. No, not like that. But like, you mess up, you ruin a half million dollar potato field. Yeah, you know yeah. that's like, almost worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like, there's yeah, you double, triple check everything. Yeah. And worst case scenario, you didn't apply enough chemical. Yeah, you know, because then you can at least yeah reapply. Yeah, but with all that said, like you know, you hear of all this bullshit about bad ag practices and you know about runoff basically killing the fish all this shit and the thing is is farmers are businessmen and they are not going to apply a half an ounce more than they need to because it costs thousands of dollars to apply this shit yeah you know and and so is there it does it happen yes does it happen like the big scary monster that everybody says it is no no. not at all yeah you know, and I mean, this is all done to such a science that, you know, the, you know, the sun degrades it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, as that sun break, breaks that down, you know, that's why you can enter a field after you sprayed, you know, whatever, depending on the chemical, you know, th- 30 minutes to five days to two weeks, you know, yeah. d- d- depending on the chemical, get into some pretty bad shit when you start spraying orchards. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, that's, that's what I did for a while. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I got my CDL and and operate equipment and so to get a job up there was not too hard and that so when, did you have that lined out before you even came up here or did no. you just stumble oh, no. into that kind well, of well no my the first year i i worked up here i just um uh, you know, um working in my dad's shop taxidermy shop down south mm-hmm. i i'm like really comfortable doing any of that and you know literally just picking up and driving up here and i had zero anything lined out other than I had a couch to sleep on for a little while until I found a place to live. And so I started just knocking on doors basically. And, and I worked at nights taxidermy in Anchorage for the first year right? just because he he took me in. I had a job before I had a place to live. (laughs) I hadn't, I had always, that's good. Yeah. I hadn't (laughs) even unloaded the pickup yet. Literally. I was like, I pulled into Anchorage that day and bullshitted with him. And then two days later, he's like, all right. Well, it was like, that was a Friday or something. And so like, he's like, well, start Monday. I'm like, all right. Nice. Which just goes to show you, like, if you have some skills, some, some basic skills and like, are willing to like work. And show up to job before I had a place time. to live. Yeah. That's a hundred, like right there alone yeah. is huge for yeah. any, you know, anyone that strives to be successful. I have a job before I have a place to live. Yeah. You're winning. Everything else will work out after you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I did that for that first full year, you know, to gain my residency, right? Because you have, I have to be here every day for 365 days. So yeah. that's what I did. And then uh, after that, so then once hunting season hit, I took off. And, I mean, I do get paid a little bit here and there. I'm doing some filming jobs. You know, that that is kind of my side business. Um, allows for a lot of write-offs for all my hunting shit, too. So, yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, that's... I get get a little bit of money there off and on, not a lot because I don't really offer myself out that much. But that's all you need is a little bit. Oh it's yeah, it's the write offs that are yeah. like <laughs> the, the big the big deal, you know. You yeah. Can... So no, then I don't know what I do. Then I went back. I've kind of been bouncing back and forth between here and Washington too. I'll go home and work a little bit and come back here, and then like I said, you know, work the slope that last winter. What did I do? Oh, last summer, I actually went back and worked for nights for a few months. Then hunting season hit. Then I worked there for another month. Then more hunting season, like, down in Montana. And nice. What so kind of good. stuff were you doing for them? Like, oh, just the whole gamut or, like, mostly prep stuff? or uh, Mainly, I, actually, mounting stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, their, quote-unquote, taxidermist consists of taking a tanned hide, finished prepping it, and then mounting it. Gotcha. You know? So they don't... You know, which irritates me sometimes because I feel like there could be more efficiency with somebody else prepping it, but then they might not do a good enough job. I, I don't know. It probably goes both ways. Mm. You know, but yeah, it does. Did they <laughs> do they um, take in like do their own like raw prep and stuff before yeah. tanning? Yeah, too? well, he's got his own tannery there too. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah. Right on. Does he do anything besides taxidermy tan? Temples in the market. Uh, well, I send them oil. Beef. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I I I trap and I sew yeah. and I sell that stuff. So I'm just looking for garment tan. I tried a local guy here a while back. It came back thick, stiff, and crunchy, which is the way I like some things, but not my beaver. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, no, they do. They soft tan stuff yeah? too. Yeah. You know what you could do is just you know send them a couple, test them. Yeah. You know. There's a guy in town I'm going to test it. He does it. I mean, point. he does a pretty good job. It's it's soft. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I think everybody ought to learn how to prep their prep their yeah. own hides. Yeah. Nick? Whatever, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our, I can, I can do the it. The arrangement works out. Yes, I can do it if I wanted to. But time is money and... That's the thing is time. Like you I got, got money and I got time. Right? <laughs> like watching fucking Frank's shop pop up, I'm like, wow, he's done in two months what it's taken me four years to do. That cocksucker. <laughs> and I'm st- I'm still not even. I'm still only partially sheetrocked, and I got to go back and fix what I fucked up because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> You know, but I've got more time than I got. Well, I don't have any time, but I've got less t- money than I've got time. So I'm having to limp through that <laughs> no i mean yeah it's just like any kind of mm. someone that's like tuned up on their trade and yeah make it look easy yeah and i can i can do that anywhere or anytime and, and it's kind of worked out pretty good i've hopped around to a couple other taxidermists too just filling in some gaps work a couple weeks and move on like you know they just want a little help yeah but i'd like to go back up on the slope Honestly, just the schedule. The it's pay. really nice, ain't it? Oh yeah. Were we working like two on, two off? Or threes, threes. Well, even? but I only did that for three hitches, and then I was there for like a four, and then a seven. I like 
that last hitch. And that's nice if you don't have any, you know, like many bills or whatever, and you're up there for seven weeks. Yes. Like that's, yeah. that's it, good. Well, and then, cause that's when COVID hit and they didn't, we weren't able to really get a lot of people up there. I've heard that. Yeah. And I was up there. And so they kind of called everybody in and said, so we can't tell you to stay. But if you stay, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. and and here's how much we'll pay you for it. It wasn't extra. Oh, no. But, oh, okay. but it was still just you hit overtime? more time. Do you hit yeah. overtime? Oh, most? yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, I mean, you're okay. 80, 80 hours plus every week because hmm. it's, it's seven days a week. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. No, that, that'd 12 be hour days? It. Yes, minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Mm. No, there were 18s. If I was sometimes. up there, I'd I'd just yeah, wanna, no, I'd want to work too because what else are you going to do? It's winter time. Well, yeah. sometimes yeah. you know, like, well, my former room former roommate was up there, and it was like, yeah, like I think he worked for Halliburton, but they'd do thir- minimum thirteen. Like you always got paid for thirteen hours a day. Yeah. You know, some days you can't work. Like you know, yep. there's certain weather conditions, whatever you can't work or they're not doing anything, but you got to be there. So you get thirteen, and then anything beyond that is. Yeah, there's Over. a lot of those, you know, drilling's kind of an intricate process, and they, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those those drilling companies are paying us to be there when they need us. Yeah. You know, that's where the there's a lot of hours you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, but you're there when they need you. Yeah. So Are you staying right there in, like, Prudhoe, or are you somewhere? Base in camp was in Prudhoe, but we were going way out west. Driving um, out there? Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the farthest sh- camp I went out to was, like, 117 miles one way or something. And you drive out there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't so know. So you got to see some cool stuff. I don't know. Ice roads. Well, it's dark. Well, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. No, never mind. So coming, coming from <laughs> eastern Washington, what yeah. were the, how, was, how, do, how was the winters for you? Oh, well, he got to experience like the worst. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, up there, up there is different because you're busy. Yeah, being busy means a lot. You say you're. I mean, I say that after I just said I've sat quite a bit of hours twiddling my thumbs. But you know, there's a schedule. Yeah, and and it's and it's done barely enough time to eat, sleep, and do it all again, and you know, go to work the next day. I mean, it's just. I'm. You, it is tiring. I'd probably mm-hmm. too of it. It's, you're. It's dark all the time. Yeah. So you know your body. Yeah. Thinks it needs to sleep, but uh, no. But just Alaska in general. Honestly, the darkness isn't the hard part for me. It's the daylight in the summer. I, I have a hard time sleeping at oh. night. Well, it's gone. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I can see that. It's getting closer. Yeah. It's, it's actually kind of dark at night now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was harder for me because it's like. Took, it takes two weeks for me to really, once it really starts to get daylight for a while, and then two weeks of just not sleeping before I finally can just sleep in the broad daylight. You know, <laughs> I probably just wear myself so tired. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> fall asleep. But. No, I didn't. I don't have any problems sleeping in the daylight now. I guess you know, the, more than anything, it's like when you're out camping. It's the heat, like yeah. that we've discussed, where you're just it's a greenhouse tent. Eight o'clock in the morning, you're bacon in yeah. there just dripping sweat everywhere <laughs> it's been 30s up north the last two weekends Ooh, nice 30s like mid to high 30s nice is, did kill off most of the bugs yet or uh the we we've had bad 
bugs, I guess, but they haven't been like consistently bad. It's like no. if the wind's blowing in the right direction and you're walking like with the wind or whatever, then you're yeah. you're gonna be hosed. Yeah. And then if you're like, because like one one of the stalks I made, you know, walking out no problem, but on the way back was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like it's just terrible. Um, but I just keep a bug net in my my pocket because I don't like I, I don't mind you know mosquitoes, but if you can keep them off your face and your ears and stuff, it's a lot it's a lot easier to to get by. Yeah, they're not as bad as they were maybe like two years ago up there. They were really bad. Yeah, but well, it's it's getting cold. And even around here, the, like the mosquitoes have kind of tapered off. Yeah, big time. Like they were bad for a yep. while. And we've had a lot of moisture, so you'd think that they'd be more, you know, th- there'd be more of them or whatever. Yeah, but a freaking shitload of moisture. It's I was hoping it'd kill some of them wasps. Is <laughs> honestly what I was hoping, but it's been raining pretty well nonstop for over a month. All summer. Yeah, yeah all summer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It seemed it like didn't, it didn't rain a lot June during. Wasn't like, bad. Yeah, bear May. hunting wasn't bad. But after that, it ever since then, it's been every day. Mm. I have to look at this before I lie about it, but. What is it? Wonder Lake out uh-huh. the, in the park. Yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah, the big me, storm that they were supposed to hit here and dump I, like three inches of rain. Yeah, three it inches of rain. It was like 12 inches of rain. At Wonder no, Lake? No, sorry. Six inches fell Sunday near Wonder Lake. That's wow. still six a lot. Six inches, inches of, of snow. Rain. June, well, because I've, I've been hearing about it six on the radio. Six snow? No, no rain. rain. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. of rain. Sorry, well, I, I mis- oh. misspoke there. <laughs> I'm just like, the fact checker, I just, yeah, Right. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody has to check my facts. And I'm like, I know this guy, his wife is a hydrologist, so I know oh. that it it's should accurate. be coming in accurately. But I knew that. I was like, I know it's either 12 or something. Well, that's, right? Like something like way out of whack for what how much rain you should normally get well that's nuts because i've been hearing on the radio like they're talking about juno like breaking getting like their average juno's average is something like 12 inches of rain an entire summer that's bullshit really that's what i i could be wrong this is what they're saying on the radio yeah having spent time in south well yeah rains all the time we know that down there but i yeah i don't know Oh, it seemed like it'd be more or than maybe that. it was just twelve inches for a July or something like that. that Christ, make, it seems like we've sense. probably got fifteen inches of rain a lot here of rain in Fairbanks rain. in the last three weeks. It's it's becoming like annoying. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, just get it all out of its system. That's I keep saying the same thing. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that's you what, just keep on raining yeah. until I start hiking. <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. I think it's going to continue. That, I think it uh, is too. A couple of years ago, it uh, was I don't know if it was twenty. 2014 or 2015, one of those, it, it seemed like it rained straight through September. I mean, it was oh, no. pretty well just like this. 15, 15 was perfect because we sat amazing. in snow and rain, and then we waited, and then we left, and it was awesome. We went, no, we maybe left it was like September. Yeah. It was 2015. Yeah. We le- like, yeah, it was snowing and raining and stuff that we left. We came back, and it rained and snowed a bunch, and then we left like September 15th. Fifth or it second was like or something. Sixty-five it was to seventy for like thirteen yeah. or fourteen straight days. Like beautiful, like one of the nicest sheep hunts I've ever been on. I think I think it was fourteen. <clears throat> um, it, it just rained a lot from that pretty much the middle of bear season or like June first on. Yeah. And I remember a lot of August was a lot of rain and then early September as well. But yeah, it gets annoying after a while, and it's the, the, that weather stuff is going to affect. 
a lot with hunting oh, coming up big, real quick. Big time, yeah. yeah. There's going to be a lot of people backed up, and it's going to create some stress for, for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. even Crazy. if, you know, flying or... River crossing. Like we, yeah. yeah, do yeah. some of any kind. River well, crossings. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's going to be going everywhere. You're going to find like all sort of new country. <laughs> this boat guy's going to be all right. <laughs> Which temple? I noticed you cut. You got rid of the. You got you a new swamp runner hat. Is that what the kids are doing these days? Leaving the stickers on the bill. Is there a sticker? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like ten years ago. I, maybe I don't know. So, yeah. Temple's bringing it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, that, that's or, what or, we did in high school. Or maybe I'm just catching up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it. Alaska's and, just catching up to the stickers on that. Well, See, they when, saw a lot of swamp runner motors in Utah. Temple <laughs> in Utah. There's a I'm few. Just, no, it was, it was not a, a rhetorical question. Okay. <laughs> Salt Lake swamp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So the the talking about the rain, I think it was it was it was one of them years you guys were talking about where it overwhelmed the culverts on our road of where I lived. The, the the water was flowing over the road, washing the road away. Thankfully, it didn't wash out the whole dang road. But uh, you know, I remember being quite happy with where I could drive my boat that fall. <laughs> <laughs> Right down your road. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Air cooled. I don't have to worry about no water cooled. I'll drive right through that tundra. Yeah, I'm a little... We'll see. I think it's going to be a pretty pretty sloppy ride in. A couple of them glacial creeks we got to cross. Yeah, it's going to be a shit storm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you do Kodiak and all that, and the COVID, like, you just s- slipped her right in there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so amongst me being a newbie to Alaska, I drew the most coveted te- brown bear tag. <laughs> yeah, and everyone hates me for it, but oh, I, I don't. No, don't no, no one here hates you for it. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Um, yeah, well, I don't, that just happened, like, three months ago. Yeah. May. I want the whole story. I <laughs> had no idea. Start at the beginning. So, I'm trying to uh, let me collect where, my thoughts where here. Where do I start? Yeah, where where do I start? <laughs> um, so, I guess you should know that me moving up here, I didn't even want to shoot one. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, I'm here to shoot the white fur. And... uh even though it was like, if I, I know I'll probably run into one along the way and I'll probably shoot a grizzly, like whatever. Well, then I ended up getting a film gig basically where I, I went out and filmed the hunt down there. Just, just a cameraman. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, partaking in that hooked me. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. I like, I think I want to do this. And so I put in for it and I drew it the next year and less than 1% draw tag, you know, Bullshit. and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Get out, so you know that how they work. You know, you put in December of the year before, and you don't get to hunt it till May the next year. And so this was all finally, you know, things are shaping up. I got a couple months left, and uh, that's when the whole COVID bullshit hit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like working out and shape. Like I was gonna. I mean, the the unit's only like ten miles wide by thirty miles long. 
I feel like I could, I could damn near walk the whole thing in a week, <laughs> you know? And so I was, it, like I said, I was, I was on slope, but I was working out and staying in shape, staying out of the damn feed trough. Cause that's all it is up there. And then the this, they do have some good you. food up there. Well, and it's just all you can eat. Yeah. Like all you can eat donuts and cookies. Like I'd be 500 pounds. Yeah. All the shit, it's you, hard. Don't, all the shit you don't want. Yeah. There's plenty of it. Yeah. Well, that's just it. I won't eat it. Because I won't buy it, but when it's provided and it's just like, here, take it, I, I yeah. don't have enough self-control. <laughs> so I, uh, so then old Dunleavy comes up and says that all bear hunting is going to be closed. And my heart just freaking – and I actually, to be honest, it was like the week before that I kind of had the internal mental battle of the fact that I wasn't going to get to go before he even had, cause it was just, everything was shutting everything down. Was yeah. On. It's like, I yeah. knew, I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And so I had already like planned to burn, burn the whole system down that week and came out of that dark place. <laughs> and then the, he, he finally, it's like, okay, yeah, we're, you know, shutting all sorts of things down. Well, that's when the state of Alaska fired back and, Within 24 hours, he changed his tune and said, oh, no, just for non-residents. Yeah. And uh, so then it was like, okay, well, now I, now it's open, but they've shut down travel to all external communities right. off the road system. And so I still can't go. Can't land in Kodiak. Okay. Time passes, and it's just like, well, you know, everyone keeps asking, what have you heard? And it's like, Nothing. You know, like they're talking, they've got all these plans of maybe next year, maybe the year after, who knows? We did, we don't know. And then, yeah, I mean, I just, a whole month went by pretty much to where things were getting really bad up there, there was, you know, negative prices of oil. And uh, in that whole like three weeks, I just had let myself go. I'm like. Donut here, donut here. <laughs> this is. Just, I want. I want all the macaroons to myself. <laughs> like I, I gained twenty five pounds. No shit. Really? Yeah. I, I stress eat, and I don't have a lot of stress in my life anymore. But I did for that month, and I just I gained twenty five pounds. Jeez. Just let myself go. And so it was the week. I got laid off, which that wasn't – I mean, we knew I was all coming. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. In fact, I was happy I stayed two extra weeks longer than I really kind of expected to. And uh, get back down to Anchorage, and it was like the day I landed in Anchorage is the day that they eased the mandates to where now we can travel the road system. Still can't land in outer communities, but you can travel the road system. And so I said, okay, so that means I can drive to Homer now. Was the boats the boats were still running at that point in time? No, the no, no. Marine highway oh, system. No, yeah. It, at the time, you couldn't drive anywhere, right? You couldn't. No, no, no. no I get anything. that. Okay, so they they eased the mandate so that I could drive to Homer. Well, so I called. I actually called the troopers, and I'm like, okay, I've been up on the slope. I have no idea what's going on down here. And I said, I'm just trying to figure out what I can and can't do. Um, I see that taxis are available. Like, I can get off the plane, get in a taxi, and the taxi can take me to the grocery store, to my house, to wherever. I go, so can I get in an air taxi? And he goes, actually it was lady. 
And she says, yes, it's, we're leaving. It's, it's not up to you if the business can provide you its business safely. Holy shit. So you you got to write down date, time, and name of troopers when they tell you things like that. Yes, I I agree. Okay, good. All right. I agree. All right. right. And so... uh, Temple the Dispatcher. (laughs) (laughs) Now you done changed the entire... No. Keep keep going. Keep going. So what that allowed me to do, theoretically, is now I can drive to Homer. I can get in a plane and fly to the south tip of Kodiak and completely bypass all communities. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I forget what's this. You know, I couldn't land, say, like in Old Harbor or, you know, in any of the But you can get landed where you want to hunt from. But I can land where I hunt and as long as, yeah, don't come in contact with anybody, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But I didn't tell them it was I wanted to take an air taxi for hunting. Right. I, that was they didn't need to know that. No, I just needed to know if I could get an air taxi. Right, and because it was pretty funny, because she actually implied that I was getting off the slope and needed to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, because I because I made the taxi from the airport um, analogy before. Right. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. I didn't I didn't correct her, but I was like, yeah, That's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, and so and then there you was, must be a cop. <laughs> figure that one out there was still gray areas you know how can i get into a plane when it's not even six feet distancing and all this crap but the you know business owners that's up to them that's not you up charter to a beaver you can get way in the back no <laughs> <Yeah>. problem <laughs> so that, well so then on, on top of all this the actual plan the original plan of the hunt was to have my dad come up and go with me and a friend of mine who guides quite a bit and has a lot of bear experience and would tell me not to shoot the bear that I shot. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so none of that, they couldn't come up because of the two-week quarantine that Alaska mm-hmm. was mandating on non-residents. So, but then we were going to hunt my 10-day hunt and then we were going to hop in a beaver and hop over to the peninsula and shoot one for my dad. Because it was all right there, mm-hmm. you know, make a freaking 14-day bear hunt out of this and kill a couple of them. None of that happened. Mm. So luckily, a friend of mine, Derek, who hunts with me here quite a bit too, uh, was up on the slope also and happened to have his R&R at the same time, me getting laid off and wanting to go down there, and he jumped in the plane and went with me. So that worked out good. But uh, it cost me twice as much in airfare to do it the way I did it. But, but you were able to do it. But I was yeah. able to do it. And then, and so as far as I know, uh, there were only, out of the five tags for that unit, there were only two of us that hunted. And the other guy lives in Kodiak. He took his boat down. <laughs> oh, shit. So. Yeah, my, my friend had that tag as a non-resident this year and this spring, and he wasn't able to go. Yeah. He's pretty bummed about it. Cause he, I think he booked it like three years ago. And do they Will they transfer that or anything? Well, like the, it, it's up to the guide really there there's yeah. talk about the non-residents might be able to hunt 2022 or possibly next year they're going to try to and i don't i don't necessarily say that i agree with it or disagree with it um but it's kind of a tough situation what they're going to end yeah, up having to do is they're going to have to end up adding a few tags each year over the course of many a couple years yeah, yeah just to get caught up but you know, Kodiak is managed for I think 375 bears a year. Basically, yeah. is what yep. it is, and 
I mean, if you start adding an extra one here and there, you know, I, I, I don't know how that's all going to work out, but I, I do know that, you know, like where Zach drew his tag, I've, I've had a tag there. Trevor's had a tag there. Um, like it is same same spot. Yeah, yeah right it's, it's a phenomenal area, and yeah. I don't I don't know that you know areas like that. I mean, they're they're booked well in advance with the the guide that runs that that unit, and so like if you're you know trying to book a hunt as a non-resident, you're booking it three or four years out. Okay, well, it, so if you lost an entire year, how are you going to fit all those people? And and that unit is one of many that are going to have the same problem yeah. Yeah. every unit well, is going right. to have the same problem yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Through, in kodiak a fog knock the whole area and the peninsula as well yeah you know so, so well they at least from i think it's official that they've opened the peninsula next year to non-residents right but yeah and then uh i from what i was told they're offering is that well i have that's the first i've heard of that of, of offering a few every year I heard 2022. Yeah, 2022 is what what I've also heard, but then I've also heard rumblings from a couple of guides that you have know. said, like, yeah, we're, we're going to try to figure out a way. Well, to... I guess on the guide side of thing, that's a resident, so. Yeah. That... Oh, so the resident tags that did not, that proved they did not hunt this year. Yeah. They're, they they were going to be able to go in 2022 instead or That's something. what I heard, yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah. I'm, glad they, I'm glad they're doing something for the residents because it yeah. sounded like well, what like, they what do they do? Do they just down the numbers for twenty twenty two, or I've, how I've, they won't have a draw for twenty twenty two? Exactly. Yeah. Or if they do, oh, it'll be gonna, for a limited number of tags that are left. So, so that like, they just kind of like so like in my unit, two of the five hundred. So they'll are gonna offer two tags <clears throat> because the other three are you know that didn't. What run. a weird situation this yeah. puts like yeah. like. Well, what's uh, what's really crazy about it is it's never happened before. So now we're like we're in like this situation where it's like, how do you deal with it? There's so much, uh, you know, on the on the non-resident side. There's a lot of money in play. Yeah. And then you know the resident guides and stuff like that. There's a lot of money in play, and a yeah. lot of stuff has changed hands, and a lot of plans have been made. <laughs> there's a lot of people that went out of business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it's unfortunate. It really is. So I hope that they're able to figure out a way that makes everybody whole. But unfortunately, it's going to take some time, and it's it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these people are, rely on like now, it's not and two so years from now. That was like when I got off the slope and figured that out. I didn't have my locking tag yet. I didn't have and oh yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, like, how are you going to get your tag? Yeah, because <laughs> you have you, to. You go. normally get it in Kodiak, right? Well, they, they say you have to do it. Yeah, it's the only place yeah. you can get those right. Tags. So, but I can't land in Kodiak. Mm-hmm. Like so, I call them and they're like, so they decided that. If you think you can get there without breaking any rules, we'll mail you your tag. And well, but now it's like with my, you know, it was, it was all a window. So I'm like, okay, well, so I called them on like that. So I got, I think I flew in on like a Wednesday or Thursday. And then I called, you know, the trooper, called the pilot, figuring everything out, how to make it all work, called Fishing Game, and he got it in the mail. And so then it was Monday. It was like, at this point, I'm just waiting on my tag. You know, the pilot was ready to go whenever. You know, weather looked good Monday, Tuesday, And you're in Wednesday. Homer at this point in time, waiting well, no, to get No, I was in tag. Anchorage still. In Anchorage. Yeah, but, you know, just be there whenever I needed to be down in Homer. Yeah. And so, you know, from it really all took place within like five days of, holy shit, we can go, get it all figured out, and get in a plane, and we're gone. Nice. And so, yeah, we get down there, and sure, shit, the we land and 
get up and we're just starting glassing. And then here comes the boat from the other guy that was the <laughs> resident, the other resident guy that was on it. Yeah. Found a way to do it too. Yeah. yeah. Well, he lived in Kodiak. Oh, even better. Yeah. So he took his boat down and, <laughs> you know, they showed, they shot a stud there. Nice. Yeah. They shot a giant. So then I, I actually saw a giant bear that evening from the tent, you know, just sitting there waiting out our eight hours or whatever it was till three, till the next day. And, uh, stupid big i don't know we saw five six seven bears right there from camp that evening just all over the place and then uh got up the next morning like we need to go look at that bear from last night because hopefully he's somewhere well holy shit he was like the first ridge behind the tent he was 300 yards from us oh man (laughs) but i didn't actually know it was him at the time i kind of figured it was but he was laying down facing us so i all i could see is his head and he's 300 yards and we're watching him and i actually was filming it and derek was looking down to his spot and scope and he's like i don't know anything about bears but looking at that one's face i would say that that is an old beat up son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know just looking and i never even looked at this fine scope because i'm just i'm working on running the camera and then i'm looking for binoculars and i can just tell he's rubbed out ugly as sin you know and just got a collar that's all Mm, he's got yeah and uh but i also didn't really realize how big it was and i I could just it just was so ugly first morning i'm like that's not the one you know i'm not gonna shoot it then he stands up and walks off and it wasn't until after i get back from all this and i throw up that video on the big big screen my goodness and i'm like holy shit that was a booner it was a 10 footer huge you know but i still don't know that i made the wrong decision because it was it, Super rub. Oh, yeah. It had, like I said, the long hair on it yeah, was on its car. That. That's it. It was nothing. Not worth it. In my, in that's <laughs> well for solely for my a, opinion it goes, on the whole I matter say for a hunt like that, like around here where it's like also mutually like beneficial helping moose and whatever. Yeah. If I can let them have it, you know. Yeah. But on a hunt, a brown like bear, that, yeah. Kodiak or a fognac. I, I mean, I don't know anything about the peninsula, <laughs> but Kodiak and a fognac. Yeah, rubbed bear. It was uh, huge, set. though. Yeah. Not that they can see the video, but I have the video. <laughs> oh, <we're> <laughs> we'll get a little glimpse into it. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's funny because I sent the video to a buddy of mine, and he screenshots it and sends me this screenshot back, and he's oh, like... yeah, he's rubbed right up in good shape. Oh, yeah. So here's a. He ain't like small. No. So that's it's, it's not it's, it's not a great it, clip, right? Because he just got up and moved off. But, but still, here's hairless. Oh, you can even hairless. tell, like oh, how you can tell here's, how big they are. Here's He's a screenshot, bald. though. Look at that nose. Look at the head. Yeah. On that thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. when the head is on the far end of the animal, it's going to look smaller. You know, with him Unless walking away like that. Picture like that. But He's bald. his head still what looks was like I talking about? Looks his ass. Exactly. <laughs> what was I talking about That's earlier before the, he came here? You look at where that bear's ears are. Oh, yeah. And when they I was are talking about that, like, yep. when they're. <clears throat> so I just. Like, out. first thing when they're looking, like, pointing straight out. Yeah. When you look at them, you're like, oh, yeah, this is something to get a good look at. He's a giant. <clears throat> well, like, something like, you know, grizzly bears around here, you know see him on a bait it's like when their nose looks like it's about as big around as a coffee can like <laughs> it's a big freaking bear it 
I think if that would have been my first one, I probably would have passed, you know, but after you shot a couple, I... I yeah, after, yeah. Like, Just because, looking for the skull. Well, <laughs> well, that and save you $1,000. Save you $1,000 on a rug or $1,500 or yeah. two grand. Um, yeah. But there is something to be said about shooting a really nice brown bear down there that with with a nice hide to have a good rug. There because it is. They're, so they're, beautiful. They are. They're incredible. They really are. Yeah. So, you know, like I was saying... Through the whole that month, I was just stressed out. Like, you know, here I've been planning on this. The way I, the way I've been explaining this to people is, and you guys will understand it a little bit better. Is it's like I won the lottery, right? I literally won the lottery. Mm-hmm. And and here here's here's a million dollar check. Hold on to that for a year. You can't use it for a year, but but you, you won got, the lottery. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like okay, so I made all these plans. You know, all this hype's built up. I've been freaking watch. I watched every brown bear youtube video that there was and uh and then all of a sudden a month before my season they just go oh here let me take that check back from you uh you 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 Mm -hmm. you can't actually have this and i just felt like mentally i just i just fell apart right i was just pissed at the world and uh so then it's like now they're going to dangle it back in my face and well we got some mandates that maybe you know maybe you can have it maybe you can't you know we don't really know yet and then all of a sudden it's like they're just dangling it right in my face meaning there's a bear in front of me I I have the tag and right. I freaking just boom it's like yes that's the one this is how close Zach got to joining Antifa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's why he went back to Washington. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the new so, <little> protest. <laughs> so, like, throughout, it, I mean, it's kind of a short story because we literally hunted the day. We hiked probably fifteen miles, made a giant loop, saw fifteen fifteen bears roughly, and uh, right at the end of that first day, spot this bear about a mile and a half out, and he. uh he tricked me with his walk. He had the yeah. I'm a badass walk. Yeah. And he's long legged. I mean he's a nine footer. He's big. But it's a solid bear. But it's like there's it's ten weird there's like, ten footers down there. I, yeah. I mean like yeah. I and then it didn't help that the first time I was down there, oh I should see if I can find that picture. So, I, I saw a mega bear. Mm-hmm. Like probably the biggest bear in the unit. It's cool to see that shit. And then it's just engraved cool in my head. Cool to see those bears. The biggest bears that I've ever seen on a fog knack never were killed. There's been there was a couple that we saw that I was just like, "Holy shit." That was that it's, you know, when you see them you're just like, "Oh my god, that is unbelievable." And they're bears that got away. They maybe they're dead, maybe they died of old age, maybe somebody else killed them. I don't have any idea, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's fun seeing them. Oh, it's amazing. It's almost better not killing them, honestly, because you'd be like, you know what? I don't know, but I know they were big. You just know immediately. You're just like, there's a certain point with with brown bears that you just, um, it's like there's not I'm at least happy to have a picture of him. Nice. You know, I mean, he's he's a a mega giant. Yeah. Big, yeah, mm-hmm. the biggest bear I've ever seen their was ass uh, looks tiny because their shoulders yeah. and like head and neck and everything is so big. You know, yeah, I don't know what an eleven footer looks like, but that might be it. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, the biggest bear I've ever seen was on the peninsula hunting, and I'd already killed mine. Was a nine and a half footer, like a good bear, 
and then we were sitting kind of by my carcass. It's about a mile down the beach glass from our tents, glassing, and on the ridge line above our tents, you know, probably like 400 yards from the tents, we were watching this bear just, or I'm getting ahead of myself because we saw this bigger bear the day before, and yeah. they're like, oh, that's a giant, you know, and Steve went after it, and uh, say he, the closest he could get was like 400 yards, just the direction it was moving and all not, and he, but he cut his tracks and says 10 and a half inches across the pad, and, hmm. you know, could never get a shot and we figured, oh, well that one's gone well the next day we're sitting down down the beach from the tents about a mile glass and and watch this real blonde bear coming across it's like yeah decent you know pretty good boar and he's right up above the tents and the wind's blowing off the ocean up the ridge and he gets above this patch of alders and turns like he caught some scent and it goes just tearing ass down on the alders and chase that bigger bear out of there Oh shit! And then they like he's following the bigger bear up the hill, and we're watching all the all this from a mile away through the spot and scope, and they're like snapping back and forth. And so I had, yeah, I think I lost all the footage from that trip, but um, had video of that bear, and it looked like a cub following a sow, like half, literally half the body size. And they go up over the ridge, out of sight. I mean, it's like fifteen hundred feet or so. And then 20 minutes later, the smaller one comes back over and lays down in the snow. And Steve went up there and shot him, and he was 9 foot 10. The oh, little geez. one. The little, the little one. one. It was 9 foot 10, no ears left, one nut, and freaking scars all over. Like it was like he got one of his nuts ripped off at some point. Uh, he obviously had a bad attitude. <laughs> he had a yeah. bad fall. He was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, so that was... Hunting those brown bears is fun, though. So, so I'm I'm hooked. Continue on. Well, so I was going to show you. So the you know at a mile and a half, I see this bear. He was kind of digging in some shit, and then gets up and walks. And it's you know we have not even two hours of daylight left, maybe an hour and a half, and we have a mile and a half to drop down and get in front of him. And then once we get down there on his level, we're going to lose him, you know. And so it was kind of a watch him we you know we didn't want to we didn't want to lose sight of him so we're just kind of like slowly kind of working down the ridge keeping an eye on him you know just trying to play cat mouse with him and then we get to the he kind of goes behind this little knob and disappears and we could see like all of his exits you know we at least we thought we could and so we're like well we're running out of daylight we're like we have to go if we're gonna go and like i just wanted to get it like I'm pretty sure that's the one. Like that one would do, but I want to go get a closer look. You know, we get down and we played like leapfrog with some of the hills where I stood. I stood where I could kept seeing, and Derek ran up and got to the top of the next one, and then I went. You know, so that we could try to keep, stay keeping up. Yeah, yeah. Short, we couldn't see him anymore, but we just knew. If, you know, if, if somebody's keeping an eye, you're not yeah, going to get that's, busted. That's smart as hell. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so then we get to where he his little ridge line that he was walking. And we're on the trail that he should be coming down, and we sit there for a little while, and I'm like, I don't really like this because if all of a sudden he walks over that hill, he's only 100 yards, and I don't have cameras out yet. I don't have anything ready to go. This is going to be a shit show. And I'm like, I kind of, let's walk, keep going. There's a little lake right there. I'm like, let's go around and get up on top of that knob and try to look back. And so we did that. Still no bear. What? And where did he go? You know, he was right there. We go to the next point 
which was like the end of that next ridge over where he looked out over this swamp shit. And we're just kind of sitting there, and it's like, I don't know where he went. He was right there, 300 and some yards away. We just sit there, and we're glassing and just dumbfounded. Like, how did this even... We could see everything. And then um, 15 minutes go by, and it's like, doubt sets in. And oh, you're yeah. like, hey, he, He's gone. He, you know, yep. like... Well, we're going to have that. Like, I think there was starting to be a conversation of what we were going to have for dinner type thing, you know. Like, we'll go back to camp and start cooking some food. And I just glued the binoculars in the alders right there where he disappeared and he stood up. He was just laying there the whole time. And then the shit show because I didn't have anything ready. It's like, just get, you know, tripod set up, gun on him. And he didn't know we were there. He just do to do to do walked out, you know, when you look, when you see him walk out from that, you can tell he's not a mega bear. But I was so wrapped up in the moment and having that fucking million dollar check. <laughs> I'm here, wiggling I in my face. I'm All telling you, have you, to do is pull the trigger. Yes, it, and so that's what I did. You know, and it's like I, I kind of regret shooting him on the first day. I do, but you're an Alaska resident. You can go draw the tag. You can draw yeah, a four more tag. years. What, whatever you're an Alaska resident, you going? Are you going anywhere? In four years, I'm going to the peninsula because I'm there's well, no way. No, whatever, there's whatever. no way I mean, I'm going to draw that tag again. Well, I mean, but you're not just in anywhere. general. But yeah. you will shoot another bear. I know, you a, know, a, another brown bear. A nine foot bear is extremely well, respectable. It, it is, and his height's yeah. gorgeous. Like yeah. that was a big part of why yeah. I pulled. Was the he dark, dark yeah. bear, light bear, dark bear with kind of a a lighter top on him. Um most residents shoot seven and a half footers on Cody Hex, so you did really well, Zach. <laughs> oh hell yeah. So is his oh so it's his it's his kind of slow I don't know if this is the good one. If I quit shaking the damn thing. Nope, that next clip. You doing a rug, or oh, what are you gonna do? So fucking cool, and he, like regardless. Yes. So of like, anything. oh, that's a oh, beautiful. He's fucker. he's got that freaking swagger, you yeah. know. And, and yeah. I just like, you know, I don't haven't looked at a lot of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be the first to admit, I've, that's like the second brown bear hunt I've ever been on. Yeah, and but that what you're talking about is a good sign of a. There's nothing bear. wrong. Yeah. There's um, nothing wrong with no that. No doubt bear, about man. it. Like, it's, they walk different. I I just. I know what I had. That's, you yeah. know, I know the tag that I had and the quality that's there. And that's the most Boone and Crockett bears come out of that unit right there. Yeah. yeah. And Imagine spending 14 days down there and not getting one. I, yeah. Here you go. Kick me in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I just hold yeah. myself to a really high standard when I have a tag like that. You know and I mean? did too. That's and, why I don't have one. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I am happy with him. I mean, he's he's gorgeous, right? I did. But I'm gonna go back and say I the just, same thing. You <laughs> you will have a chance to shoot another yeah another well, brown bear. I'm taking that's my dad comes, to the peninsula next to. year. There you go. Too. So I'm, it's like kind of that's a do over for me to where I that stress fucked me bad. Yeah. I was. I, it's kind dude. of a. It, it's debilitating in some points. Um. And in, in in the gr- big grand scheme of things, you're talking about something as like low on the totem pole is like recreation hunting yeah but when when 
that's what you love to do and, yeah. and you enjoy it so much and, and you look forward well, to it. That's your like it's escape like, from the stress. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. And then they take, trust, we were all upset when, when Dunleavy said what he said. And then, yeah. you know, he think, just misspoke. I think he did. He, I do. I think, I he, think did he did too. But the email yeah. I got from the folks on a fishing game when I emailed them in Juno, they said that. To ask. Yeah. They said that he did no, not this miss. Is not, right. But they're just covering his ass. Exactly. And, and that's. Fine. Whatever he reeled back quickly, and <laughs> right. everybody got to shoot bears, and yeah. whatever the case, you know, maybe. But yeah, yeah but Zach, I can I, I can understand yeah. where you know that million dollar, you know, that, that's the way I the kinda, fucking I the chocolate to... factory just got taken away from you. Yeah. That's the because I mean, to people who don't, <clears throat> even your weekend warrior hunter, really, who doesn't, you know, I don't know how to. Say so that nicely. I, I, no, it's like it makes sense. It's you know they don't understand like what that meant to me. I mm-hmm. guess is is what I'm saying, and it's like so the only way I can kind of describe it to help like you know here's a million dollar check something or, or you know winning the lottery maybe even more than that but it's not because that hunt's really only worth like thirty grand but you, you know or more yeah, yeah. So. but it's just it's something that I will never have again and I knew that and is the best tag that there that there is and. So I just, you know, I hope, and I and I hunted it before. I knew the whole right. freaking area, yeah. And I, I was, my confidence was here before, yeah. The whole COVID Anything bullshit, happens. yeah. Right. And then after all that, I'm like, I'm just, I just want one because I, the thought of not having one was worse, and so I, I, I learned a couple of things on, you know, hunting on Kodiak for brown just, bears. One, I. You don't ever care to uh, have a fall brown awesome bear tag bear, ever Zach. again. Oh, and why is that? Awesome um, bear. Because there's too many things to distract me, like mountain goats and deer. <laughs> and deer. <laughs> and so I and, and so that's a factor. And the daylight being a factor. Oh yeah, that's true. And the and then fall. also spring hunts are awesome down there. Yeah, and then also you got time. Yeah, you do. <clears throat> the third thing would be like you know they're pretty focused on fish. So if you don't have a spot where you know where the fish are or whatever, and even if you do know where the fish are, then then you got to work around wind and all this stuff to try to get close. And whereas, the twenty other bears that are on that creek, exactly. Yeah. Whereas in the spring, you can you can really just you can do kind of what it sounds like you did, which was do a lot of hiking and glassing and stuff because those bears are moving. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah, scent is absolutely important, but you can get away, I think, with a little bit more in the spring because if you're not hunting, like, early, early spring where they're coming out of the den and they're close there, and yes, you will you will mess them up if your scent hits them. But if you hunt a little bit later, not too late, but a little bit later, they're going to be up and moving. Yeah. They're, they're mm-hmm. going to find food. They're going to find sows. They're doing the all The majority sorts of, of stuff. them are headed down. Down. Right. Oh the yeah, water. there was Two. there was no snow. But you're gonna right ha- there on yeah. those mountains. Yeah. So, so I just think that if you're gonna hunt brown bear, hunting them in the spring, you have no distractions. You are there to hunt brown bear. You're not there to like, well, we'll kill a deer or yeah. oh, there's yeah. some goats. Let's go I, kill a goat. I would and, get severely distracted. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't. When I was guiding on a fognac, there was no. Of course, your so, fucking bear is like now. I don't give a shit if we see the best buck that anybody yeah. has ever seen. We can see you can have elk tags in your pocket, and yeah. we see Roosevelt elk. Doesn't matter. You're getting a bear first thing. After that, we can focus on whatever else. You're here to hunt bears, and that was always very. It seemed like that was always top priority, and that's how I was well, and pushed into it. Was like 
Yeah, we're and, here to bear hunt. And on a guided hunt, you know, you're probably <clears throat> feeling that way. But as a resident, when you go down there and you mm-hmm. literally your pockets exploding with tags, I'm yeah. shoot and there is opportunity out. all over. And you it, just paid a bunch of money to get flown yeah. in. You well, know, for well, sure, it's even for different sure from that, your situation where it's like, what's all this <laughs> bullshit that's going on? Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody said something about sport hunters a minute ago, and coming from a subsistence background, I just got to say we can't we can't denigrate any hunter we, no and, and, we, and i wasn't saying that but. i didn't say you were i just i feel like somebody somewhere else could decontextualize it for their whatever their nefarious purpose might be <laughs> knock it off this guy right here has got a vocabulary regardless of any appearances <laughs> so it's like big words temple oh, so like so so let me <laughs> let me let me go back to that I basically was saying that I'm not saying that they're any lower, but that there right. is a difference. And to try to help them understand how, what that meant to me, yeah, as someone who, you know, is in the top ten percent more uh-huh. or less. Uh-huh. It's like I that's where I use the million dollar bill winning the yeah. lottery analogy, yeah. yeah, because like that that uh, people can wrap their head around that. Well, and and then there there are people who don't want us to be hunting that would. <laughs> They'll they'll take whatever they can, but anyway, it's like part of this is selfish to me because I used to be subsistence, but now I live in the wrong place and my fam my household makes too much money. I can't do subsistence no more. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm gonna quote unquote sport hunt, and then I'm gonna eat like steak on my wife's birthday or my birthday or whatever. But m- the majority of the year, we eat moose and caribou and salmon and and maybe the odd chicken and a special steak now and then, and it's you we've we've got to protect it all otherwise the goalposts are going to move yeah. and we're going to yeah. they're yeah. I know a lot of sport hunters that enjoy eating meat yeah. well that's not <laughs> what I'm god damn No I know that tempo I'm just right. fucking with you but but there is a there's a fine line between the two that's so, is. that is honestly is the whole problem is like you're walking a very thin edge uh-huh. with Either and either way, you can falter either way, and all you have to say is the wrong thing, and people are like, "Oh, you're a fucking asshole! All you got yeah. is a room full of heads hanging yeah. in your house, or, yeah. or, yeah. you know." And then somebody else can look at it and be like, "Well, this guy, he just throws shit in the bushes, and all he takes home is the meat." And it's like, there is a very fine yeah. line in the middle there that it's like, well, you can throw the fucking head in the bushes and bring all the meat home, but then twenty years from now. You don't remember shit about it except for you had some steaks and when was that or whatever. So, but if you are into like having animals uh-huh. around in your house and Which everything is else, it's and, cool. It's and awesome. I really do, and I think that the meat gets eaten. Uh-huh. I was brought up to eat meat, harvest animals. You take every single fucking bit of it and you bring it home. And you put it in the freezer and you eat it year round. And also. You can put a head on your wall, and you can remember far beyond when the meat is gone That's exactly cool. how everything went. I can't. My first moose, he was a smaller one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've. I don't remember what it looks like. Exactly, because you sold the you <laughs> traded the antlers you had to off. Yank it and... out of the cow to <laughs> <laughs> close, not quite. This one was three years old. I'm not looking to argue by <laughs> no, any means, no. but I'm just like saying my input on the whole thing is like. You know the the whole thing goes this very fine line and it goes yeah. both ways and it'd be cool as hell to have my first moose's antlers on the wall, but 
but I, I gave the antlers away or traded them or they disappeared out of my yard for some reason or other. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I ate meat. It's, it's, and then I'm, there's all of this is cool. I'm on the other end of that too, where I actually do the taxidermy. There you go. You know, it's like, and I've, and I've just had my whole life revolved around this. And, uh, but I'm also the guy, it's like, yeah, like that, that year in Wyoming where I spent 27 days, uh, I passed a lot of bucks, obviously for 27 days. I saw a lot of deer. Yeah. And when it came down to the last week, I just, I said, I, these Wyoming deer are the best mule deer I've ever ate. I'm not going home without one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I still shot a, a nice buck, but you know, it was, I, I would, I would have shot any buck. Uh, yes. Like I yeah. was feeling that tag. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, cause I do, I, I don't even, those rare steaks that you talk about, uh-huh. I don't even remember the last time I had one. <laughs> <laughs> I just live out of the random fr- everybody he's else's more, freezer. He's more native than you, Temple. <laughs> <laughs> no, did we just had earlier I just, had the discussion on the salmon egg. Oh, oh yeah. The salmon yeah, roll, yeah. like cereal or whatever. Yeah. So, it was, God, it wasn't. It, okay, it could look like cereal. What it was, was I... Uh, it was the second RV trip, which was epic in several ways, but mainly we in that we achieved our goal, which was to go snag up a bunch of pink salmon, smoke them up and can them. And we also did the same with the roe. We smoked it just like the pinks, and we also ate a couple of skeins of it before canning. Where What's it was a skein? Just sm- so uh, the skein is the, the membrane that holds okay. the, the roe together. So we ate a couple I'll of learn skeins. Something today. So it's yeah. two. Most of them, it's one they'll, on each side, right? Two skeins, two. one on yeah. either side of the spine or yeah. the gut pile, depending on which yeah. perspective you're looking at it. So, and the males will have two two sacks of milt. Two skeins. Is it skeins with males? Well, or? there's no membrane. It's just chunky when you break it apart. It's yeah. one big chunk, and then when you grab it, it falls into little chunks. You eat that no too. Real, that is actually involved in preparation of dippa stinkheads, the fermented fish heads that you bury in the ground, which mm-hmm. I have eaten before mm-hmm. when they were prepared in the ground in a hole in the ground lined with grass. But the last time I was in the vicinity of dippa, the stinkheads, it was prepared in a plastic bucket. I couldn't be in the See, same. Room. I heard that Pete, that like folks were st- like years back, like started doing that and were getting like botulism so, from it. So the. Uh, the from my understanding uh, be uh, as narrow as it may be it was the the plastic that contributed to the botulism the ho- oh. the cold hole in the ground lined with grass not a big deal was was less likely to get you the botulism well because it could breathe or whatever it could something breathe like that. and it was cold in the ground i see so maybe the ground was colder i i i don't know what i know as a child i i very much enjoyed eating fermented fish heads from the hole in the ground and then as a as an adolescent i i uh, was at uh, near my auntie's house and i walked into her garage and she was stirring a big old 15 gallon bucket of of heads and other viscera and i immediately had to leave um i was not interested in eating that no 
So the the heads there's there's flesh and skin on the heads the bones of the heads you you pull it apart and suck the flesh and skin off the heads the cartilage there'll be a on the right the back of the head when you cut off a head of a fish there's the red flesh that reaches up into the mm-hmm. into the head and then in the throat there's generally a triangle of flesh in front of the mm-hmm. gills that 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 can be pretty tasty that's Yes, fermented. There, so the process of making dipa, depending on how quote-unquote strong you make it, you cut the head off the fish. You take whatever viscera you want, be it the roe or the, the milt, and you dig you a hole in the ground, preferably near some permafrost. You line it all with grass so it doesn't get dirt on it. You put that in there, and then you cover it with grass because the black flies, the jivux, the black flies, house flies that make the maggots, mm-hmm. they don't want to crawl in there through all that grass for whatever reason. And then you let it season to taste, meaning you leave it in there until it's as strong as you want it. How long? A week, two weeks, three weeks. It doesn't take very long. No, yeah, <clears throat> depending on temperatures, etc. Like I remember eating some that I guess were ten years old, and I liked it, and it it was good. It it had a burn Fuck. to it, a zinc. <laughs> a week to two weeks or ten years? No, I, if I said if I said ten years, that was a misspeak. A week, two weeks, ten days, something oh, okay. like that. Holy shit! I was like, oh my if god, years, that's man, some serious. Maybe, said, maybe when he was ten years yeah. old, yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. it messed him, killed some brain cells. I don't <laughs> really remember. So I I remember eating that, and that was good. And if you ate, you had to be careful Long, about a little bit longer, yeah. better. Uh, according to my grandpa, uh, we were eating it, and it was like 10 days old. And I'm like, oh, this is good. This is strong. He's like, not strong enough. So he wanted, so what? It, he longer. wanted it longer. Right. He wanted oh. it fermented in the hole longer. Right on. But this also the same man who picked up a moose dick out of a galvanized tub and says, you want some moochuk? I'm like, no. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can eat everything. Uh, you can. I I'm I was never that native. I can't even eat sauerkraut. <laughs> I don't like sauerkraut. Jesus Christ, you guys are wimps. <laughs> yeah. I when you just were talking about I call them collars. Yeah, the like collars. In front of in front of the fin in front of their dorsal uh-huh, fins. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. I had some yeah. friends just got a bunch of kings out of the out of the Yukon. Mm-hmm. Uh friend Ooh. of the friend of theirs Yukon has collars. a has a uh, fish wheel and brought some fish Those down for them. Those will catch on fire on the grill if you're well, not careful. Well, they're cutting all the fillets off and they start throwing these everything into a tote. And I was like, uh, you're missing all sort of like super fatty. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I, so we pulled the head out and I was like, cut the collars off. You like get the fin, uh-huh. you get all mm-hmm. the way up just behind the gills, yep. all that chunk yep. of meat. And I was like, you're keeping the fucking bellies, which is fatty. Yep, that yep. collar is, is just, just as, fatty as fatty as the bellies are. And they, you know, so he's like pulled all that. It was like 10 fish or something uh-huh. like that. He pulled them all out, cut the collars off. And it's like a freaking, it's like that. Yeah, big Except collar. for it's like fucking thick. You keep the fin right, the fin right on there, the yeah. The pectoral fin yeah. is included on yep. there, yes. So, um... I was like, a little salt and pepper, throw those things on the grill. Yeah. They were, I went back a few Ooh. days later, and they were like, oh, my God, we ate all of them one uh, night. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. gone. Ooh. We'll never, ever get rid of those again. And I was like, a lot of salmon, it's small, and it's like, 
Yeah. Uh, you can so, kind of just like fillet them out and like keep it on the fillet. Yeah. But when it comes to kings that are a little bit bigger, big damn collar, you can cut that off, and it's like each collar is a meal for a person yeah. for an evening, oh, yeah. you know, for dinner, and it's really, really good. Yeah. <clears throat> I just made some some. Uh, I'm trying to make some dry fish out of some Bristol Bay sockeyes a friendship me. Mm-hmm. You need to figure that out. I'm working on it, man. I I made some strips last year and they just didn't turn out quite right. I uh, uh, yeah, I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. Last year's batch needed more salt, so this year's batch got more salt, and we're gonna see how it pans out. I gotta I gotta dry them for. For a while, and then have, I'm going are they brining or drying right now? They uh, so the the length of time you brine them depends on how much salt you put in the brine. Mm-hmm. I guess if you saturate it where it'll float an egg, then you just dunk it, shake it, and pull it out. Right. And, and this is to taste, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you don't have enough salt to saturate it, then then you leave it in there for a while. I wasn't prepared to waste a uh, use a whole container of salt to saturate it, so I I used little water, uh, a, a small tub, and little water to. I got about two. Well, had about two hundred pounds there. You could just borrow. Oh, <laughs> oh, and that's Morton table salt. That's the right stuff. Son of a bitch. Too late now. So I didn't quite saturate the water, and I left it in there while I set up a place in my unfinished shop for it to hang. Mm-hmm. So it sat in the the water for 15, 20 minutes. It's hanging now. It's going to dry for a few days, and then I'm going to smoke it in, in a cold alder smoke. So are you just using salt and water? For my brine, yeah. Just for the village-style brine is just salt water. Okay. Salt water, yeah. I've been smoking a lot of salmon the last couple of weeks. and In different it, stuff. We'll call the, yeah, I don't want to sound discriminatory, but that's fine. what I would call a white man smoke. No, no, it's, yeah, it is. it's total, totally it, different. It is yeah. Yeah. for sure, and, and it's yeah. probably a hotter smoke too, uh, isn't it? Like uh, one fifty. Yeah, ours is as room temperature as close as close to room temperature as we can. I'll be get damned. It. Yeah. What I was gonna say was, um, I, I was following a recipe the mm-hmm. first time I did it, and they called for equal parts of salt and brown mm-hmm. sugar, which mm-hmm. is it's mm-hmm. all the brine is. Yeah, that? yeah. And uh, I did those, and they came out, and, th- and they were f- way too salty for me. I mean, it was yeah. it was it was too much. It can, g- yeah. So n- the last like five or six batches I've made, I've, I've done like two brown sugar to one salt. How long does it sit in this brine? I d- like put them in there in the evening. Uh-huh. Take them the out morning. in the morning. Take them out in the morning. Put them on. Do a f- put them on a fan. You don't rinse them at all I after they come them. out of the brine. I, yeah. Brief, like just that's pretty important yeah, part of it. I, as far as I, yeah, I'm rinsing them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not rinsing them to the point. The the first time I did it with all that, you know, one to one. Yeah, I, I rinsed them heavily, mm-hmm. and they still came out pretty salty. So this last change time, it up a little bit. The next time I did after that, I mm-hmm. did uh, two parts brown sugar, one part salt, and then when I brought them out, when I rinsed them, I'm like, okay, well, I, I do like salt. But I don't want so much salt. Yeah, but it, it can't so be I, painful. Yep. So I didn't. I I rinsed them, but briefly. Like I got the majority of the stuff off of it, mm-hmm. and then I put them up on a rack and I put a fan on them for two or three hours, and then smoke them at mm-hmm. about one fifty mm-hmm. for give or take three hours. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is they turned out really well. Mm-hmm. And if you're 
if you're soaking them in salt, they have to. They probably turn out pretty salty. I would guess or not. The ones I remember had just enough salt to be flavorful. Okay. Like like soy sauce on white rice, be, just yeah. enough to be flavorful. Good. But again, you know, like it's not it's not a long soak. It's a a bunch of old ladies around a around a piece of plywood on top of a of a tote full of fish. And the the plywood on top of the tote is situated to where every old lady has a window into the tote to yeah. grab the salmon. They're filleting the fish, throwing them in a bathtub full of water and salt salt water. Yep. And when they've they've filled the tub to overflowing, they shake it around a little bit, go hang it up, and go take a break. Well, and the other thing that is probably overlooked is that, um, you know native villages and and people that are living mm-hmm. that particular lifestyle mm-hmm. they probably don't get a lot of salt in their it in their diet it can be hard to get yeah yeah but but they they everybody needs salt yeah. you have to have salt mm, yeah. so a little bit more salt on your dried fish is probably not a bad thing in the long mm, run yeah. but you know if we're living in town and we're eating normal food every not normal food but food right. um we use salt and so we we're getting salt elsewhere yeah. 20-pound bags of salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So there's a reason why it's probably saltier. Or, or they. So I don't when, remember. Let me interject here for a second just before I forget this. When you say you're smoking it with alder, uh-huh. do you just chunk alder and throw it in? Do you split it? Do you? Cause so when I was doing it, when I, when I was... Um, we were smoking a shitload of fish, like uh-huh. hundreds of pounds of fish uh-huh. a year. Uh-huh. When I was on a fog knack, we pressure washed. I mean, obviously, you could just strip it off, but we pressure washed the bark off of alder. Uh-huh. And it seemed like it was a lot better if you just used the wood rather than the bark as well. It was unbelievably different taste. I wouldn't doubt that it's different, <clears throat> but I don't remember. I don't remember Gumasi taking the bark off. So, are you? Is yeah, that what you're doing? Is just using I've, bark that's on what I've been alder? Doing. Yeah. yeah, bark on do alder. Do you cut it in chunks, or do you actually split it to? I to haven't split it. any, and I wouldn't. I, so that's that would really depend on the size of the alder. In this last batch of pinks i did i haven't done i haven't smoked the reds from bristol bay yet but i did i the the pinks i i treat a little different the pinks i did what i would call a white man's brine that was that was soy sauce brown sugar and garlic and some water to give it enough volume there was some salt there was some salt i i Maybe there wasn't. I don't remember what I told. I told my wife get all the ingredients. Whatever the white man does, that's so what we're doing. I told my wife, look, as he get, said, it's a work in progress. Yeah, it is exactly. I told Erica get the ingredients here in Fairbanks. We've got two Freds, two Safeways, and a fucking Walmart. Get the ingredients here. Mm-hmm. Get the ingredients here. So we drive to Val. Well, we start driving to Valdez, and we have the issue with the tire falling off because some good-looking asshole forgot to tighten the lugs all back up. And we find them, and we put it all back together using the spare lugs from the glove box, and decide, "Fuck it, Valdez has got a Napa. They'll have the lug bolts. We'll be all right. If it happens on the highway, we'll leave the trailer and go. It'll be fine. I'm going." So we get to Valdez, and we get the pinks. And then I'm like, hey, where's the brine ingredients? Oh, I'll just go to Safeway. I told you, woman, to go to the st- to get it in Fairbank. So we had an argument about that. Anyway, so what I did was it was brown sugar, soy sauce, and garlic, and there might not have been any salt 
There might have been well. There's salt and soy sauce. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. So I, but no, I wonder, no, no. But still. Yeah. So so we're just cutting the pinks in half, like literally leaving the spine in half, the the ribs on the other half, mm-hmm. and just cutting them in half and layering them in the brine. And they sat in there for overnight, 12, 14 hours, and then I put them in in my my smokehouse where I was using alder doing a cold smoke and then I couldn't stay awake long enough or I had to go to work, what have you, and she couldn't keep the fire going. So she cans those and they turned out fine, I'm sure. But we found a little little chief smoker on Craigslist. So we buy that and she smokes that up because uh, she can control an element with a pan of soaked alder shavings from the store. Mm-hmm. And those turned out good. So, But that's what we're going to do for, for that type of smoking, for this... These set of split salmon that I've got, I'm trying to do village style, we're going to do with the cold alder. And mm-hmm. with a around six six inches in diameter, I'm not going to split that. No, I'm, exactly. I'm going to... Like, any yeah. of the stuff we were using, we never split any no. of it. I always, no. we always... And we would pressure wash it off, mm-hmm. the whole, like cut the alder whole thing down, uh-huh. pressure wash it all off, and then cut it into chunks and throw it in five-gallon buckets of water and leave it just sitting in water all the time. Uh-huh. So it's soaking it wet when you dry. put it on the pan. Yeah. You don't ever want it dry at all. And no. then we just like throw it in the pan, and typically with like a couple of chunks that were like as big as a beer can, uh-huh. you could smoke an entire freezer full because that's what we were using to smoke yeah. in freezers. Yeah, that, you alder, could use, that like, alder blazes up when it's dry. Yeah, it no, exactly. It but it smokes, and the taste is phenomenal yeah. if you if yeah. it's done right. So the, my plan is to – I I never could replicate to, what my grandma did. I haven't learned how to do that. By the time I come around and was old enough to pay attention, she'd had 40 or 50 years doing it. She could light one match, and then it would smolder for 12 hours. Right on. Yeah. Uh, it was ridiculous. Well, and, and – and it's worth noting that, like, that village dry fish is different, different. than white man smoked than fish. Than the Traeger yeah. or like the Little the, Chief or the, anything like that. The smoke, mm-hmm. you know, smoked salmon that most people know about, it's, like, a much more perishable. It's, yes. like, that fairly moist, uh-huh. soft, mm-hmm. you know, it's firmed up. Like, it, it will last a little bit longer, but it's, it's like, a The shit that Carrie just made, we have to eat in the yeah. first, like, once you open it. You gotta yeah. hope, eat it in the yeah. first couple you of days, or like I smoke pipe. Seal it and freeze but that, it. yeah, that dry fish is like what I brought. Cheap yeah, you can put it in your pocket. And, you can put it in your pocket and walk from, around from, with it and yeah, for a week the, with it. Yeah. yeah, the stuff I got from Holy Cross. Yeah, it was really good. Well, it was freaking phenomenal. So the and that was chums, I think. Well, so a Yukon chum is a heck of a different animal than a than a short river chum. Yeah, or fucking Valdez Hatchery Pink, which you can make great canned tuna out of. But anyway, I done forgot where we were going with this. I do know. So I'm I'm tr- with my plan with the this village style dry fish I'm trying to make is I'm gonna I'm gonna build a a, a pyramid of green alder like I haven't cut it yet. It's still got the green leaves and still growing in my yard. I'm gonna cut some of that and make a pyramid and start a little kindling fire on top and try to get the skinny alder to catch and smolder to smolder the the bigger Pieces. Gradually bigger pieces underneath it. 
we'll see what happens. What are you doing in inside of the chief or something different? No, this is going to be in a, an actual smokehouse. It looks like an outhouse. You remember the outhouse at the edge of my property sure. between me and the neighbor? That's my smokehouse. It's okay. not an outhouse. Never, ever has oh. it ever been. <laughs> used to be. Never, ever. It, it, was, it was last week, but now we turned now it into Now it's been repurposed. <laughs> Don't mind the smell. <laughs> Yeah. I'd like to do some with alder, like like that way, just to just to try it and stuff. Well, you can get alder pellets for your grill. We I know, did get but some alder kind shavings. Kind of defeats for the, the purpose, right? Because yeah. it's going to be a little hotter. I, oh yeah, you can't cold smoke them. No, and I I've looked into a couple other things that I do want to cold smoke, and uh, the you know our pellet grills won't do it. They just won't go down low enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean you could. I mean you could make a cold smoker out of like just plywood. That's, I guess, yeah. That's what this it wouldn't is. even matter, yeah. No. I want to make locks, and that takes, you know, to do it the right way, you have to. Locks? Locks is like uh, just like cold smoked salmon. Like, oh, take uh-huh. the whole filet in there, cold smoke it for a while, and then you can cut it real thin, and you can eat it, you know. it, it Like it, like sashimi, only there's an ex- additional treatment in it. Right. Is there a brine, a salt brine in yeah, locks? There's a, yeah, there's a typically salt and brown sugar brine, just the okay. same thing. Um, but then you cold smoke it for a while, and then you can cut it really thin, and it almost uh, you typically cut it as thin as like prosciutto or something like that. Mm. When you see a real, like the real thin meat, um, then you put that in your bagel and whatever, and tastes fine. But yeah. but I'd like to do that, and I can't uh-huh. do it on the on the uh, Traeger or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah, it's it's basically. It's How do you regulate the temperature when you're doing it? Open, How do you even know what it is? Open the door wider. You know, you you got to monitor it closely. The the sh- the smokehouses I remember it's a as perfect a kid drinking man's game. It, yeah, it really is. <laughs> Until you have a few too many, and then what? <laughs> That's why you drink the cheap piss beers with the low. Anyway, it's the the smoke shacks I remember. We'll say they were eight by eight, right? And they had a two piece door. If if it was really cold out, you would close both portions of the door if it was warm out you'd open the top half of the door but there'd be a burlap sack in to try to hold the smoke in but let the heat out good call yeah Uh, if it was freaking hot out well then you'd you were you were a week or two too late now the black flies has showed up and you got to get them in the smoker quick or or just pick pick the maggots off of them like i remember my grandma staying awake for days because the fish didn't show up before the black flies showed up and she she was picking the larva off with a butter knife, and then until they were dry enough to smoke. Okay. Hmm. So you you gotta monitor it. You gotta watch it real close until you learn how to make the perfect smudge, no heat smolder fire. Yep. You just it's want a, smoke, basically. Yeah, it's a the, giant pain in the ass. The fish isn't cooking; it's just getting flavor. No, it's, it's not drying. Cooking. It's it drying is, and getting flavor. It's drying and getting the smoke put on it. If yeah. there's enough smoke in there to hurt your eyes, that's enough smoke. You know, I I always think it needs more, but maybe it's because I'm young and don't know, or I'm in a hurry. I don't know, but uh, the you are pretty young. I'm very. I'm pretty damn young. <laughs> <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy over here. Pull my shirt down. Oh, that's me too. Temples in sheep shape. It's gonna be gonna be a few days, and I'm gonna be doing the. 
<laughs> that all, I mean, come on, back to sheep on that. That really that that like suck fart like part or whatever. It the really, suck fart. Yeah. The suck fart. The suck, terrible. The suck fart only lasts like it's like twenty minutes or I'm whatever. I'm not judging Nick. We've all got our own proclivities here, but Jesus yeah. Christ, Nick, really we all suck fart. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't last long. It's like twenty minutes. It, it does suck, yeah. and then after that, it's boom. You're. Uh, you don't even think about it. After that, you just you slow your pace down to where you actually need to be. Yeah. That's what it is, is, is you just freaking take off out the gate and full but head you, of steam. But you know the initial, like, when you're hiking, it, it, it starts off great, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. okay, this is not fun. Yeah. And then you go through, like, a really short little period after that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is nothing. All right, fine. Because you figured out good, how to. Yeah. He's got a good stride. <laughs> I started sheep hunting with Tyler, and I've sheep hunted with him for years now, and it there really is not – I mean, it's, like, shitty because I'm not in shape to sheep hunt a little bit for the <laughs> first day or so. Oh, but you're fine. No bullshit, but yeah. there's never any of this, like, oh, we're going to go 60 miles an hour for 20 minutes or no. we're going to go – like, no. it's there's no need pretty for much that. just, like, one foot in front of the other, and we're here to kill sheep. We mm-hmm. get tired, we stop. We stop. Yeah. Yep. It's like I'm, I'm not beating any, not making claims to beating anybody up no. there, but we no. managed to just go at a pace that you're not going to get hurt and you're... Yeah. yeah. John and I do the same thing. We I, I walk my pace, he walks his pace. We stop, or typically I'll stop, and then wait for him. We'll he, hang out for a little bit yeah. or whatever, and then we'll just move on. But I, I, I have a hard time walking slower to allow someone behind you know what i mean like i do it, way better yeah. i let him walk first because i do the same thing i i just like get myself going and i'm like walk 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 and if i'm leading he's behind me but if i can just like walk behind him You're good. i find that well i find that his pace suits me and it suits him yeah and i'm much better just like following his pace because i don't know what it is in my head but i'm like <laughs> Once I start hiking, I'm just like fucking head down. I'm uh-huh. just like grind. And then, and if you're, not, then if and you're the one behind, whoa, you're whoa, like, whoa. this motherfucker, he's going to stop. <laughs> he's going to get a fucking 10-minute break. And then when I get up there, he's going to be ready to ready go to again. Go. Well, the other or, thing, too, or is, is to see the ram. Or he's going to fucking that's, yeah. like, go. And that's, that's fine. just it. That's what I was just going to say. Is it's like you start grinding out walking in sheep country, and it's like you're not doing yourself any yeah. good. You need yeah. to be like... Going super slow and looking all the time. Sure. It's like, as soon as you walk away, you know, you're like in sheep country. If you're sheep hunting, you need to be looking. Yeah. And going let, slow is the way to roll. I'll let John walk first this year. We'll see what happens. It'll be way better for me, I promise. It's just chilling out. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, how many? Uh, it'll be good. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, mm-hmm. you can... You can step it out where you feel comfortable and all that, but then you, all, all, at the end of the day, you're still waiting, and yeah, and, and then so by the time he gets to you, you're rested, which is not cool because you're ready to go again. And mm-hmm. then, but then he didn't get a break. And then if you're out in front and you're glassing sheep, and oh, well, I found some already. You're like, well, shit. <laughs> mm. No, I yeah. Well, there's definitely thing. like. You find people that you can sheep hunt with, and it's like you jive real well together. Like, and it's not just the hiking part; it's like every aspect of the whole program. Because yeah. the whole part of it, you know, you can do it on your own. Yeah, you know, you solo yeah. sheep hunt, find whatever <laughs> it works. But 
doing it with somebody else is easier if you can really that's the mesh the, with somebody this, and, that's the strange <clears throat> thing about sheep hunting like you know uh, especially us three like we we know exactly who we like to sheep hunt with yeah. And it doesn't mean I couldn't go hunt with Tyler or go hunt with Frank or vice versa or whatever. Yeah. Or Temple. Like, well, or Temple or, 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 Zach. Or, or Zach or whatever. But <laughs> it's like, well, I've already done this several times with this other guy and I like, we've figured it out and how, how we are, are and yep. whatever. And, um, if you just go with this, this new person, he, you know, he, he or she or whatever might not quite either get it or, or do things a little bit differently or whatever, and then you have to work through that process all over again to yeah. become comfortable. I think sheep hunting is one of those things, man. It's nice to have a partner where you can, one, rely on, two, you know what they're going to do, you understand how they are, you mm-hmm. like you get it. Because there's a lot of Well, it's such discomfort. an investment. It like, is. It's like a, yeah, that's exactly Dude, your sheep hunting is. partner can destroy your sheep hunt if you in choose second, the wrong person. In a second. Yeah. yeah. Like a mile away from your truck yep. can be over. Yeah. You're for, right. for one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd probably... I'd, fuck I'd, you, I'm walking. Yeah. Like, I got the tent in my backpack, so <laughs> yeah. have fun. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, over the years, fuck, we come back with sheep, the both of us. Yeah, You no, know, every fun. time we go together, almost, you know, it's like... The, the, Almost. Something you got to keep bringing up that one <laughs> Every time. <laughs> well, you fucked up. <laughs> I did. There's been times where I'm like, ah, oh, I should have shot that stumpy one. <laughs> should have shot him. It would it definitely have ramped our numbers up. It would have ramped our numbers up, yeah. I would have had a pretty good streak going right now. But there are other hunts that I would have and and do take random folks well, the you know, thing that want to do something. That's just it, too, is if you can go works. with somebody sheep hunting, you can be like, fuck, we can hunt anything anywhere together. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was getting at is like, there's other hunts where I'll gladly take somebody that I've never hunted with before, just because hey, I I know it's not going to be too bad. Not not grouse temple, like a winter, <laughs> like like a winter goat hunt on Kodiak yeah, out yeah. of a boat. Exactly. Like you can you you can get away with you can get away with some stuff because you know that mm-hmm. um, it's not going to be one of those things where. Uh, well, you're not seeing anything. You got to hike a long ways, and then stress. You know all the stuff that. Yeah. I don't know how people react to being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain hunts where you could take a random dude, and you know if he he likes to hunt or whatever, you're probably going to have a good time. Yeah. But when you get the sheep, it's like, well, there's going to be a lot of discomfort. There's going to be a lot every of, time. You're going to be wet. You're not going to be happy. You're going to yeah. be hungry. You're going to be tired. And if you are with somebody that knows how to handle that. Mm-hmm. And you've seen how they can handle it. Well, and not only that, but like the expectations and it's stuff like that. So it's much. like like we're you know before we ever started recording, like horn, horns do weird things to people, man. <laughs> like super weird things, and like people will turn some of the nicest people are turning into assholes yeah. over nothing. And it's important to straighten that up before you even leave the truck or before you even plan to go on a hunt with somebody. You know, like hey, even some of the like silly the details. Oh no, yeah. it's funny. It it. Horns and antlers make certain people do very unorthodox shit. You know, like, it, it'll bring out the best in a person or the worst in a person immediately. You know, big bucks or big sheep or big moose or whatever. Like, big things make people change. And those are not the type of people I want to hunt with. <laughs> Doesn't You know, I've hunting a lot in the west and lower 48 and stuff i've seen it way more than i've ever seen it up here 
mainly because I've hunted with the same group of people up here that were all on the same page. But down in lower 48, you oftentimes find yourself with somebody that, you know, maybe not new to hunting, but maybe new to good hunting or whatever it might be. And Mm -hmm. you see a nice animal, they come unglued and it's like, Hey man, (laughs) like maybe you should chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, Zach, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have as much. I mean, I, you know, I kind of when I was a kid and stuff, but I don't have m- as far as, like, successful big game hunting. I mean, it's all up here. Like, it, well, yeah. I didn't really yeah. get into that world. This- and, and there is a, a huge difference between um, Alaska hunting and lower 48. Lower 48 is, is way more competitive. Every animal I ever killed when I lived, grew up in New England... I was by myself, tree stand, or whether I was in a tree stand or wherever, I was by myself. I came up here, and it was like, I shit you not, there's been like maybe three or four animals that I've killed by myself. Everything has somebody like standing over your shoulder or, you know, involved with you. A partner, not competition, Uh, is what Temple said. And it is, and it's totally a partner, but it was... Everything that I had done until I came here was all by myself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, there's always somebody there. And it takes a whole new level of, like, you have to think about somebody else the whole time as much as they have to think about you being there as well, you know? Or you hope that they think about you. Ooh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is. And it's fun, too. It's fun to share. It's, it's w- so much fun to share that. Like that, the whole hunt, the whole aspect, whether it's moose or caribou or sheep or whatever it is up here, it's like the country you're in, everything you're doing is like so much more fun when you have somebody you can share it with that you're, you know, hanging out. There's benefits of going by yourself and doing all that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of like, you you know, with sheep from, you know, I was like, I knew when I started sheep hunting, I was like, I want to go and do it by myself once. Yeah. At yeah. least once, you know, and I'll, I'm sure I'll do it again. Sure. You know, but it's cool as shit to go and do, shoot a sheep and pack it out by yourself and do everything by yourself. But then at the same time that I was like, well, there's nobody to blame any fuck-ups on, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all on me at this yeah. point in time. Yeah. But then you shoot a sheep and you bring it out and everything, and you're like, you know, this would have been a lot cooler if I had somebody with me to, yeah. like, enjoy this with me, you know? Yeah, it's that just, aspect of it for sure. Like, it's cool, you know, I'm... <clears throat> Did it well because the year? Yeah, that's why I was the reason you had to go by yourself that year because I drew you that drew, joke tag. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I was like, well, I, I couldn't good, do two hunts. Good so. a time as ever to freaking knock this off the go list is to go just go yeah. do it by myself. I think a lot of a lot of folks, especially up here, struggle finding a quality partner that they can rely on. I think mm-hmm. a lot, of, you know, talking with with many different walks of life and everything up here from military to civilians that just moved up here and even civilians and whatever that have been here for a long time, like locals that just haven't done this stuff. A lot of it is like, well, I wanted to go this one time, but then my partner bailed. Yeah. It's like, you got to, it's like every day, every, well, you got to get over that. I will say too, that last year taking Carrie, who's never hunted a day in her life, to go out and shoot a ram, a fucking beautiful 10-year-old, yeah. well beyond full yeah. curl ram. First time she's ever pulled the trigger on an animal. That, I mean, fuck, I don't even care if I ever kill anything again. You know, that was like way better <laughs> yeah. than any animal that I've ever shot. Yeah. 
to see her do that and like enjoy that and like yeah it's like one more person like into the into the gang like yeah. you're a hunter now you know like <laughs> yeah perfectly cool and I was like, I don't even give a shit if I shoot it's, a ram this it's year. Very like, that is amazing. It's very exciting to take folks but that you're still haven't dead. hunted much. No, well, I, <laughs> yeah, but still. You no, know. I know what you mean. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's really fun when those people that, that ha- have never hunted or, or maybe just a little bit and have had no success or whatever, and, and you see them and you get to see them watch and do their thing and kill the animal and do all that stuff and they're appreciative you know, like they understand like what they just did yeah. and like how how important it was to them to to finally find that success and how hard it was mm-hmm. no it's that's cool stuff it's, well, it's and that's awesome. kind of like what you like to see or like you know i mean a guy like Zach can do it so anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but um but like people that aren't afraid to like go out there and just like do the work on like their because it's like how many people Kenny got like it. Kenny. <laughs> I can't believe I ran into that dude today and freaking. No, but that's a perfect example. It doesn't sound like he had sheep hunted much or whatever. But never. He just, I don't think he, he ever had. Went and went and went and went and went hard and did it. Yeah. So he just ran them down. I think like the culmination of the story really like made that make sense. That whole. Well, I mean, after I you, run after into you a ran guy, into it, yeah. a Delta tag. I run into this guy. We carried shot a ram. We were like eight days in or something like that. Hiked a lot, and we came out of this just shithole. <laughs> Took five hours to come up out of there with like split packs. She had a, a lot of weight in her pack, and I had a lot of weight in my pack, and it sucked. It t- it's literally, t- it was like we took five hours to come up out of there, and when I was just like, once we get into the saddle, we're camping, and we can like go all the way back to the truck the next day, oh, and. Wow. The next, we met Temple the next day, so on and so forth. At any rate, this guy, I watch him, like I'm like, this fucking dude is coming from, like, he comes out of the trees, because I'm glassing, we got a ram, and I know I'm going back to my truck, but sure shit, I'm still glassing. Like, all the time that I can sit there, I'm like, looking the country over, finding sheep, and I find this guy, and I'm like, look at this motherfucker, is running. <laughs> he's just like comes out of the trees and he's just like dunk 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 he just keeps coming and coming and coming I'm like holy shit he's just passed where we went the first day he just passed where we went the second day <laughs> he and we've already fought from the morning five hours up out of this on the other just, side yeah. out of the other side and I'm like holy shit this guy's gonna get to us like tonight next thing you know he's just like fucking march and he comes up into the saddle he doesn't even know have any idea we're there he's just like covering ground like i've got an idea where i'm going and i'm looking at the ground and watch my feet go in front of each other he comes up and i'm like hey man what's going on and he looks up like holy shit i'm glad you're a bear <laughs> i'm glad you're not a bear you could have fucking eaten me you're like no idea that we we're even there at all anything and he's like what are you guys doing? I'm going down in there. I was like, I, I've been fucking around with this like whole countryside for the last, I don't know what he said to me today, like eight or 10 days. But you or didn't something know like all that. this information. I didn't know initially. this shit until today. You're like, man, this is like methed out looking. Dude. <laughs> I was like, this fucking dude like ran from the fucking road all the way up here, which took me two days to do. He like literally came up here. He's like, oh, yeah, what do you got? I'm going down there. I want to go down there. I know there's got to be sheep down there. And I was like, they're down there, man. I was like, 
there's one right there. And he's like, holy shit. He goes over, checks the rim out for two minutes, and he's like, I got to keep going. I can't stop now. And I was like, <laughs> no, well, it's awesome. the, I was like, the line is like right here somewhere. And I kind of explained to him like where we went down because it is fucking scary. It's I like bet. super steep and long ways down. And he's like, all right, cool. So we sit up there and I'm still glassing for sheep and shit. And a couple hours later, there he comes like walking out. Goes over to the river, pops his tent up and everything. And I was like, this dude literally went from his truck all the way up over down into this other side and set his tent up. Well, he ended up, he ended up shooting a ram. He ended up, which I found out all this shit today. Yeah, he ended up shooting a ram. He ended up stuck down there for a couple of days in the snow that pinned Temple where he was, yeah. <laughs> and he ended up coming back up. It took him seven hours to come up out from of the that bottom from, up to from the, the bottom up, which took Carrie and I five hours, but we had half a sheep each kind of thing. Yeah. And he said it took seven hours, and he came up and went out and everything. And I put a note on his on his truck when we left because he had to pick a couple of pictures of two different rams that I was looking for. He was like, when I talked to him, he was like, oh, I saw those sheep. And I was like, oh, I was in here in July, and I found these two sheep, and I, I'd love to... Well, I'd love for us to shoot one of the two of them. One of them was like super heavy, broomed off. He was full curl, but he was broomed off like at least that big, but still full curl. And he was running with another one. He was running with one that was like this, you know, like four-year-old ram. And then he was running with another one that was like Up both sides perfect and like pointing back at the ground behind him. You know, like a pretty typical Delta of Delta course. ram. Yep. Um, probably like not anything over 40 inches, but there, at, like just at, nice. he was a 40 inch Ram, but they get that tight, like pushing back towards the ground look to him. And then the other one was busted off and he was just fucking like heavy right at full curl where he was broken at his second year. And he was like, Oh, I got pictures. I came up here early in July and I got pictures of both of those Rams you're talking about. They were right, you know, half mile off the road. And I was like, fuck, I was here like end of July and I saw both of the same two Rams and I was like, fuck, we're going to go in there and we're going to like walk right up here and shoot one of them. Fuck, no, they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I put a note on his truck and I was like, give me a call, send me those pictures or whatever, let me know how you do. Well, you sent me pictures randomly of you found out who this guy was because you ran into him as well. Yeah. So uh, he he passed me about halfway to you guys, just marching right along, and I thought, "Fuck, am I this slow?" Apparently, I am. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, I I had to camp one night on the way to you guys because I left work, you know, later in the day and couldn't make it all the way. So he passes me on my second day and makes it to you guys and down to where I was hoping to eventually make it, but got snowed out of. He just freaking crashed right in there and i'm i'm watching him hunting around a little bit i got to see him uh i didn't see it it happened but i saw him making camp with his meat as i'm glassing the hillside on the other side trying to find something i wanted to go after because i wasn't planning on going down into that shit because you could see the whole other side of course there's nooks and valleys and crap you can't see in yeah but i i didn't want to go down in there until i had something to look for on the other side mm -hmm. 
Which, which, you know. Well, he had been, he started, I don't remember if it was Gunny Sack or which, where he started, but he had been like shooting up all these, all these creeks and going, going all the way to the top. And he was like, I'm pushing to the top of each one, but he couldn't get, he couldn't get over anywhere. And he just kept like working his way down, hike up, work his way down, hike up, work his way down, hike up. And when I saw him, he was at the, finally the spot that like, okay, I can go down there. So I'm like, holy shit, man. How many, you know, he's like, well, when I saw you guys, I was 12 days in and I'd hiked like, fuck, I don't, I don't even know. At least, I mean, if I had to guess, probably 100 miles. Jeez. And then he, when I saw him, I was like, this guy is like fucking Big. just running, skinny as a mm-hmm. fucking rail, mm-hmm. just running across country. Down there, he shot a ramp. So I talked to him today. Uh, when I ran into him, I was like, Jesus, are you uh, the guy that I ran into? Because I was like, you don't look really. He's like, well, bigger, aren't I? He's like, I lost thirty five pounds on that sheep hunt. Holy shit! <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man, are you serious? I was like, I almost didn't even recognize you. I was like, when I ran into you in that saddle, I was like, you're fucking tiny. And he's like, yeah, I went home and I sat on my couch when I got done sheep hunting. <laughs> I and I ate food for about a week, just sitting on the couch, <laughs> relaxing. I think I gained weight on my sheep hunt. Of course, I spent three or four days in the in on that saddle, and two of them, two or three of them, in the snow. Oh shit! Was miserable. Good wow. guy though, you know, yeah. just like random people you fucking run into, and like out in the. It's so bizarre. Like, there's a couple of different people sheep hunting. When I was solo, I ran into a couple of guys. And I run into this one guy every once in a while here in town. He's like, ah, how you doing? You going sheep hunting? You know? And it's like, <clears throat> like, oh, yeah. I ran into him like last week. You were telling me that. Stoplight. He pulls up next to me. I look over and I'm like, roll my window down. He's like, going sheep hunting? We're at a literal stoplight. You know? Park next to each other. And I was like, fuck, I know you. <clears throat> so bizarre, you know? It's like weird. You only... Spend a little bit of time with people in the mountains, like talking to them, like random people you run into. But it's like, fuck, especially rent for, you know, Fairbanks, small town. You know, <sighs> start running into people every once in a while, like maybe a year later, maybe a few years later. But people remember you, and people are like, fuck, I remember you. I know exactly where I saw you. Yeah. I remember you. I watched <clears throat> you walk like, down that whole mountainside yelling, hey, bear, the whole way down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's, that's the worst. Like, <laughs> like when the. Like, I heard that that guy, the guy that I'm talking about, that I pulled up in the stoplight, yeah, guy that I saw last week. I was, I'm standing there and I'm like taking a break. I got like three quarters of a ram in my backpack, and I hear people talking, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Sorry. I was like, "There shouldn't be anybody around here." And I was like, I'm like looking around, and I'm like. There's nobody here. I was like, holy shit, you've been by yourself too long. <laughs> I walk a little bit further, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I swear to God, I hear people talking. And I stop again. I'm like, sure as shit, that's people talking. So I, like, cruise up a little bit, and I walk, and I'm like, look, so far, it's so crazy in the mountains. Like, so, if the wind's blowing, so you can't hear shit. Yeah, if yeah. it's calm, you, you can, can hear, hear people from so ways. far away. And I look, and I'm like, there's two guys. Look at them walking right along. They got no idea. <laughs> They're never going to see sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but sure enough, I was like, 
cruising along and I had everything in my pack and they're like, what are you doing? Cause I didn't have a rifle. I was like going back for, I was going back for the rest of the meat and the, and the horns. So I left the rifle, everything. I was like, fuck bears. I'm up too high. I don't give a shit. No. I'll fucking beat them up. <laughs> I don't give and a shit. And then he a wolf so, like come up. So I left the fucking rifle and I hear those guys and they're like, I walked up to them and they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> they were like, we're sheep hunting. They both had rifles. You know, I knew what they were doing. And I was like, well, there's like 10 rams right over there. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, why are you here? And I was like, I'm sheep hunting. They're like, where's your rifle? And I was like, well, I left it at my tent. I shot my ram two days ago. I'm done. And they're like, are you shitting me? And I was like, no. Hell no, I'm not shitting you. <clears throat> so, Funny. No, it's, it's so cool to like, you, you know, just like random shit. And then yeah. like, you never expect to see anybody. And then you see somebody and it's yep. it's always fun. You never forget those people. And you're going to run into them again around here. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like you. Damn it. Yeah, that's how I met Temple. <laughs> yeah. That's how you, all you guys know Temple. <laughs> well, not, maybe not you, because you know him through the Trappers Association. Trappers Association. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I, funny that it all connected. Yeah, Ain't right? It? Funny how it all connected. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, what felt like the middle of nowhere. Nobody around. Of course, yeah. I was sitting on a log somebody chainsawed into convenient <laughs> firewood pieces. So, how <laughs> Right? <laughs> And I'm thinking, wow, There's, I can see up the river. I can see down the river. I can see both ends of this horseshoe slough. There's going to be a moose walking in here. And then some asshole comes walking out of the brush. I'm like, that son of a bitch. And it's the exact same thing. I was like, yeah. uh, don't take me this this morning to drop me off in the boat. I'm going to leave from here. I was like, Google Earth. And I was like, I know there's this like horseshoe slough. I know I've said this shit before on yeah, the, on this yeah, podcast, but I was like, I cruised all the way around. I was like calling, and like everything was perfect, and like super nice morning. Everything seemed to. I was like, I'm gonna shoot a fucking moose this morning. Yeah, and I come around the corner. I'm like, who's this fucking douchebag? <laughs> There's a fucking guy. He's sitting right Fucked there. Everything up ruined. <laughs> Day ruined. So I was like, at this point in time, I might as well walk up and fucking meet this guy. <laughs> Next thing you know, I know Temple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did get a moose later that year, I think, further down river. You did a second. Yeah. Second run. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. That was... I can't remember if that was my... That had to have been my second moose that about cut that blue canoe in half jesus that year we went down there after moose season to beaver trap uh-huh that fucking bull we saw oh, oh my god it's like it was monstrous god, how come you can't see that when you're actually when moose you, yeah when the season's open just a pig just giant absolutely monstro. enormous bull moose i see one trapping cats running some old back slew and i come around the corner it's like a slew that's all beaver dammed Come around the corner and there's a bull and he already dropped his antlers, but he was fucking huge. No, this I mean, one, you're like one of those. This was like, like prime, prime time bull. He was this like was like full the twenty seventh of September, right after the yeah. season right had after. ended. Just like just coming into prime rut and just fucking tearing shit up. And uh. he was just like, whoa. We came around the corner in the boat and I was like, 
Holy shit, look at that moose. Oh, he was huge. Just magnificent bull. Was, was that the day we bumped into the, well, me and Aiden met the park ranger and the grouse? It was the exact same yeah, day. Yeah, that was yeah. that day. Yeah. That was a poor day. Well, it was usually a good day is, to start with. Usually is it when was, you're dealing with great. the National Park Service. No, this was state park ranger. Oh, that's, is, dis- that's disappointing. It got well worked out. In the it did run. work out. It, it did was work shitty, out. though. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. His first animal was a, a, it, a hair with his bow instead, yeah, right? which was fantastic. That made it into I got to game. I got to be there and stand there and yeah. watch him do that. Oh, wasn't well. that just cool? <clears throat> oh, that was a good day. Yeah. I, like, yeah. 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 Slocked that hair with a recurve. That recurve was like twice as long as he is tall at the time. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Not come unglued. Yeah, man, feel free. I don't have any moose stories. Don't have moose stories. Oh, well, whatever. Well, <laughs> just, we're talking just, about shooting hair right yeah. now. Just insert, I mean. insert your random yeah. story here. That's how but, it works. Uh, the, well, I, I, so I, my first two moose I did by myself. You should try to not do that. Don't think you can't. But you don't want to, all right? Oh. You can. You don't want to. I finished. I just finished reading the Glasser book again, and he like. Phenomenal book, mm. but like it's amongst the best many book like ever written. Have you ever read the Alaska's Wolfman? <laughs> I don't Jim read. Reardon? You well, should. <laughs> if you, you should if you don't you read, learn. no, I don't read. You, you should learn really, now. <laughs> really, can you read? You can't or you no? Can't? I just don't. Well, there are like, like I literally like I'll even write an article for a magazine and I don't ever read it again. Like no, I just, it doesn't matter. I send it. I'm like I don't read this. Alaska Wolfman. <laughs> you should read it. Yeah. And you should. You'll pick it up and you'll start reading. It. So is like, it an audio book? It could be. Maybe it could be. There uh, uh, if it's not, we should so, put it on audio book. <laughs> like it, when it comes to a, like Alaska themed books especially geared towards hunting I, I believe i own a lot of them yeah and i've read a lot of them and then there are more out there that i find all the time and i just buy them yeah this particular book is unbelievable yeah it, it is it is so much better than any of the other ones that i've ever read uh, I mean, it's it's Jim Reardon, right? Yes, it's it is. The same, yes, which it is. is the same as like Shadows on the Koyukuk. And yes, well, have, uh, I think he wrote one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah, Shadows on the Koyukuk yeah. or uh, the the Edge of Nowhere or whatever it is. Yeah, and then he also wrote a book about Slim Moore, which was another guide yep. down there. And that mm-hmm. that I thought that book was phenomenal. And then I picked up the Alaska Wolfman, and this particular book, like it it it's the the stuff that they. Are talking about is almost unbelievable. Did you but ever is. watch the YouTube video that I sent you guys with the Jim Reardon, the interview with Jim Reardon, so who wrote bad. the books? Yeah, it was and an interview he, with him. It was an interview with Jim. Yeah. Oh wow! No, I need mm-hmm. to watch there, that. Well, there's one with Chuck Gray. That's why I thought. And you were then, about, there, yeah. but there's another one with Jim Reardon that is like, and he yeah. talks about a lot of the like writing all these books and everything. Yeah. But he also talks about the. Um, He's the one that came up with the uh, sonar, the um, salmon, because he worked on uh, subs or something like that. I don't really. You have to listen to the the actual uh, YouTube thing that he's got going, but um, the uh, radar 
for the salmon where they're in you know they're coming into salty rivers and everything and there's like well we can't count the salmon in here because you can't see them well you put sonar in and it counts the salmon well that was all jim reardon came I'll up with down. that whole fucking deal yeah. for fishing game well, in alaska and, and reardon you like and you wrote a lot for outdoor life and since mm-hmm. like i'd been oh writing, he did since i've been writing yeah. for them i found i i have original copies of every frank glasser article in outdoor life that was published the book is a lot of that the book yeah, the book exactly. has the book that. has some he of those and the book has some of those stories it's interesting to see like how they're different in the cuz it'd been so Magazine, many years since yeah. i actually wrote read the book but uh it made me think of that. It's like dealing with a moose on your own. Like yeah. he, he specifically is like, I've killed like 80 some moose or whatever. He's like, oh, usually by myself. And he else, it was just cool. Cause he talked about, he'd, he'd rope one hind leg to a tree to keep them on their back. He'd skin away from them and cut through the flank basically on one side. So he could yank all the guts out mm-hmm. that one, you know, instead of having to like pull them all the way out, he'd, you know, cut along the back of the ribs down to like open a, yeah. Door to pull the guts this out. This is nice these days. Come along, yeah. Or <laughs> what's even better is just not winch. gutting them. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that particular book, I, I, I swear I've read a, a pile of Alaska books. I, I'm addicted to them, and that particular book is so amazing. fucking good. Well, like all the shit I've got in that backpack. The time that when they like hired this guy in the, it was like, was it? 37 or so he went because he lived on the sea built a cabin on the savage river lived there for however many years just like the nally park just living off of after he walked from valdez yeah exactly (laughs) and owned black (laughs) rapids lodge like just living off the income he made trapping fox in the like early before the the fur market crashed the depression like he made so much money on Fox, like he was it said at some point he was he'd get like six seven hundred dollars for, for the right cross, kind of fo- for, for a cross, cross fox, yeah. and he would and figure this is out like, a way to only catch like two of them, yeah. And, yeah, and let the rest of them go so he could catch two more next year. And so he, but he, he made so much money okay. off that like, that he kept a room. all the new rifles. He's like, yep, yeah, had, had them all. all the best rifles, all the best ammo, and he kept oh, a room I, rented. I had a new year, scope on that on rifle. He kept a, re, a room rented year round at the Nordale Hotel, which was the nicest hotel in Fairbanks at the time. He didn't even like hardly come to Fairbanks, but he had. A room. He talked about you know it was he'd go to Healy every once in a while, but um, lived out there. And then you know when the fur market crashed, he like needed work, so he abandoned his cabin and got hired to follow the 40 mile caribou herd. Cause they didn't know their exact migration route from E you basically went in Eagle and followed the caribou all the way over into the white mountains. And this is like, took like over a month. Like he, it was, this is like late September. And at a certain point it's like, Oh, it's starting to get pretty cold. So I shot three yearling caribou, <laughs> skinned them, used their brains to tan the hides, and sewed up a sleeping bag with the sinew on their back. Like made a sleeping bag, and he had that sleeping bag for like ten years. <laughs> it's it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. No bullshit. But that yeah. per, that particular story or book is is just incredible. It, it the other books about these guides and stuff, and they are great too, but. <laughs> That book about Frank Glasser well, is I mean, it so was, good. Yeah, put it's it, it's cool going over and hanging out with Chuck Cause Gray because he, he knew him. He 
And Chuck like, was mentioned was, in the beginning of that book like there. 15, 20 times. Chuck yeah. was, oh, that was him. Yeah. Chuck was there on the first buffalo guided buffalo hunt that, that Glazer guided. Chuck was like his assistant guide. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, all, an and he talks movie. about like uh, it a lot because for a while he was he finished out as a predator control agent. And that was like back in back in the the you know when the feds were doing all the poisoning and stuff and he like he goes through all this like he tried snaring and trapping and just hunting and couldn't effectively do it so when he was like you know hired working work hired on the reindeer herds and stuff he'd you know they'd start using those um getters those cyanide guns and strychnine you know making yep. baits and stuff like that and and he talked about being on a wolf hunt up on the north slope with Jay Hammond was one of the pilots who was like a early governor? Was a I think was a was a Marine Corps pilot in Vietnam. But yeah, yeah. There was like five planes or something. He talked about spending a month up there. He said they killed like two hundred fifty wolves or something like that up there, and just talked about all like like he was there. Like they did all this like extreme predator control, and like that was the, like the direct cause of like the the big game boom. You know, yeah. caribou and moose everywhere, and sheep everywhere in the '60s and '70s, like the golden, yeah, the golden days, all that stuff. So, I, I my, one of my great uncles is the guy that killed the last grizzly bears in Oregon. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he was he was one of the uh, he was the government trapper that the commission hired to protect the elk in the Blue Mountains. Yeah, oh, that's no awesome. No shit. I've got pictures of it. That's freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. That no, kind I, of stuff is important and a lot of people overlook it and they think it oh it's just somebody with, you know, bloodlust or whatever it is, but what what yeah. what a lot of people what a lot of people don't realize is like without that predator management, you are not going to have the ungulates, you're not going to have any of the other stuff that 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 comes right. along with like wildlife, right? I mean Yeah. And the the ones the guys that are the most effective at culling these critters, like Frank Glasser, are the closest to them and love them. Didn't Frank Glasser have like a a wolf pup? He tried well, to. Well, he he caught on the Savage River. He caught a young male black wolf, and didn't really want to kill. It. Let's he, say he well, he muzzled it and, and like packed it and hogtied. He knocked it out. Muzzle it, hogtied it, packed it back to his camp, and bred it with a Malamute of uh-huh. his, a female Malamute. He yeah. said it didn't really work the other way to have a, a female wolf wouldn't let a male sled right. dog breeder. Okay. So yeah. he bred her with a Malamute, and that's how he got, like, the first litter was, like, Queenie and, and, and Buster were, like, his two main wolf dogs and some other ones. And then Queenie had, he did another set of wolf dogs with Queenie had pups, which that keen eye was the one that, like, it was a like a P you said it was like the biggest pain in the ass wolf dog, but he was so <laughs> strong and so powerful. He's he said he took him, yeah. He's, he, I remember reading, he, he mentioned like he's like, I took him for a lot of long, he's like, I took him for a lot of walks in the woods with my rifle and and not intending to bring him back and like couldn't then he do something like goofy or what. He well, he he also mentioned that he he didn't particularly like uh. You know, footholds because for Wolf, because he'd have to walk up and, and dispatch. Yeah, him. he said he and always like did, didn't really like that part of it yeah. that much. He'd prefer it, to just shoot him. So the, the, or, or snare, snare him or, or, or whatever. But yeah. He shot the fuck out of sheep. Yes. Oh, yeah, he did. Two out of the time. <laughs> yeah. When they were building the fucking Richardson Highway. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that 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 book is just it's almost um it's more than just Frank and it's more than just yeah. uh the hunting and trapping. It's it's almost like the beginning of Alaska when it like you know to where it is now. Yeah. yeah. Not now, but like you know, did you realize like, there was a town on the Tanana like Oh, like a couple thousand people in town, like between here and Delta. Yeah, so they're gone now. Wash there's away. so much of that. There's a there's a confluence of rivers back home, the Togiak and the Kimok River. There used to be villages there. There were villages scattered all up and down, everywhere. Well, and what's interesting, like even because a lot of this stuff, is, a lot of this stuff is not that long ago. No, they. And there's a couple different directions I'm thinking, but it was interesting to like he noted even in his time when he you know was with you know the you know Sumi Eskimo yeah. guys that were taking him up river and one of them were, like sitting on top. Oh, what was he doing? I was like, oh, because the Indians like there was still a big animosity between the Eskimos <laughs> and the Indians, like interior interior tribes and the Eskimo tribes. Temple's laughing, but you know what? It's true. Uh, it still isn't untrue. Well, all right. So, so when I went so. to high school, I went to a boarding school in Setka, Mount Edgecombe High School. It was filled with, it catered to rural students, uh, you know, that had no secondary education in their villages. And I remember some of the meanest girls were Athabascan, interior Alaska natives. Yeah. And the the Athabascan men, they they were a little more mellow, but they were still, and there was... I don't know if it was because it was cultural or because they were. We just didn't like each other. But yeah, there used to be a historical animosity between the the interior natives and coastal natives. Like, and st- some of that's carried over. Like, I th- it was uh, a fur buyer that I skinned for a bunch was telling me a story. He was, um, g- he was getting a ride or giving a guy a ride somewhere. It was a uh-huh. guy that was an interior uh-huh. native, and he said he it was just funny and. Regardless, interior Eskimo, like like the sense of humor is freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Naturally, it's why we yeah. have Temple sitting here. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but, but, Humorous uh, son he, of a bitch he right tell, here. He tells, uh, <laughs> he tells the guy, oh, I'd kind of like to retire and you know move down to like Petersburg or somewhere on the ocean. He said, yeah, that... The Eskimos had it figured out, you know, living where all the food was. <laughs> the guy said, like, he's like, didn't whoa. this could be? He's like, whoa. He said, yeah, whoa. that's why they're all round. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, a joke's a, obviously good. A so joke's a joke. Those you know. weren't Eskimos, and depending on who you well, ask, uh, no, nobody not, was not, ever Eskimos. But but I'm not saying down there, but right. just in the context yeah, of yeah. the joke, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, I feel like i got to cover my ass. Right, you're now. like, nobody's stomping <laughs> on anybody's <laughs> dick around here. <laughs> when, <laughs> we're trying so, to be like, everybody's well, trying to get oh along. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm tell, Every life matters. <laughs> I'm we'll, gonna tell a horrible joke. We'll get joke. some white ladies. We'll get some white ladies in here to be offended on everybody's behalf. That's right. That's right. We'll call them the tundra twats. No, so, dude. Uh, all right. Anyway, so all right. I'm gonna cool. tell a horrible joke. I, I, all right, Temple. I feel like we need to. Even even though we pretty much say whatever we want on this, I don't know if we need to. <laughs> Okay, Think fine. You, I right, won't th- tell that. Right, yeah, you, you can tell fine. us afterwards. All right, right. because I feel you can like tell a joke, can you? Well, now I don't feel like I can. All right, well, let me bad? let me mark down the time, and if I got to go back and cut it out because <laughs> it's just too bad. All right. So, so you go right ahead and mark the time. All right. So the there 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 there. 
Amongst native Alaskans, there are tribes that have certain physical characteristics, like Eskimos, be they a Nupaka or Yupik Eskimo, are often smaller and a little broader shouldered. They're, they're shorter and a little squat. The Tlingit Eskimos, being that they've got a rich food source basically year-round, they don't have long, harsh, horrible not, winters. I don't want to interrupt you, but could you tell us like where these are from? Okay, so uh, uh, Inupak Eskimos, northern Alaska, Yupik Eskimos, western, southwestern Alaska. Then you got the Aleutics, who are in like Kodiak and the Aleutian Islands. Uh, and south-central, you've got the Sukhpak and... Uh, um, I can't remember the others. And the interiors, you've got Athabascan, amongst uh, uh, amongst which there's lots of chapters of Athabascans. You've got Denina, Nanaina, um, uh, uh, oh, I, I'm failing to remember a rather significant one. Anyway, and then in southeast, you've got Simshians and Haida and Tlingit uh, uh, natives. Being that they've got a more ready food source, they're often a more what we'll call robust people. They've they've got uh, shellfish year-round, rockfish year-round, salmon when they're around, and halibut basically year-round, or used to anyway. So they were a, a, a uh, heavier people because they've so much more food, whales. So... Uh, and some of these villages were more so than others, right? So what do you call seven Huna honeys, Huna's a village in southeast, in a sauna? <laughs> what temple? Gorillas in the mist. <laughs> oh, boy. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's not the only one I'm going to tell because that one's pretty bad. They just get worse. <laughs> yeah. It's well, yeah, bad. we'll just. It ain't that bad. Anyway, it's a joke, whatever. No, but uh, well, like Frank, like uh, there's just so much in that book. Like Glasser talks about, he found you know like different remains of native villages and yeah. stuff on the Savage, that and talked about at the time. Like, could you imagine being alive at the time? He said there was a guy like Titus, something was a guy in the old folks' home in, in Healy, grew up in an Indian village on the Savage River. Yeah, and was like his his dad and him would take birch bark canoes or whatever down down to that island that's across from Tanana at the confluence of the Yukon uh-huh. and Tanana River. Yeah, yeah. To trade, like the Russians would bring stuff yeah. up. And he was like the first guy to uh, trade for a muzzle loader, like an old trade gun or something, oh, and brought it back yeah. up oh. and killed. And he was like a hero because he like killed three grizzlies with it. You yeah. Know? I mean, it was... Th- that particular And Frank book, Glasser and had found like blinds, enough. like moose the blinds. Book. Because he t- and that guy had told so him good. that they you know they would hunt moose and caribou out of blinds yeah. in the trees, you know and and I'm sure and Frank was an incredible. Yeah. I'm sure he was an incredible person and everything and, and and the book speaks for itself. But but Jim the way he wrote it and, the, and everything he did, uh, that book actually keeps you engaged from beginning to end. It was it's, yeah very it, good. The guys and Frank was incredible. The, yeah. Everything he did was just absolutely out of this world. You know, it's like what we would dream of being able to do nowadays. Yeah, and it, which is it, it may be possible uh, to do it on some like small scale. You can certainly do it if you wanted to, but not not that way. Well, so he like well he I <laughs> like, mean 
Yeah. He talks could about you when you the, sh- you could. the guy came up here when he think he was 25 or so when he came up here into Valdez in the winter, walked to Fairbanks, it was in the spring, walked to Fairbanks from Valdez. He talked about walking from Saul Jacket, yeah. which is 40 miles from Fairbanks all the way to Fairbanks in 10 hours. I couldn't do that in a on a bicycle from freaking Salt Jacket. All the sloughs and rivers and creeks between here and there. Well, and he yeah. talked about how the old timers like to tell him how to tough it up his feet. It's such a good book. Yeah. Yeah. I hear. I got a. We'll do a little exchange here. His mindset to not, like what you're talking about, Salt Jacket Slough, to not wander rivers, to just, like, pick a game trail and cruise it. There's no way that he's doing any of the shit that he talks about in the book without being, like, his brain is wrapped around animals. Well, and, like, think about the the terrain from Salt Jacket to just the Fairbanks. Oh, he's fucking swamp it's, yeah it's swamp yeah. Like, yeah. i've been out there in an airboat and <laughs> exactly. stuff like i don't know how you're walking that yeah like he knew some way to do it yeah and, uh that you're not animals walking. do it yeah 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 it, in good good sense for that, sure yeah that particular book is one of the ones like if you want to read some about alaska it just blows your mind i mean there there are other ones that are good but this one Man, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was another book, I can't remember what the title was, but it went into very great detail about this this young child's I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl, but their experience with their uncle going from the coast to this mountain pass to trade goods. Born on snowshoes. That might be it, but they That's were exactly going to trade goods with, with an interior. Not might be. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so, no, it is. Oh, I don't know. But so, no, it is. You're on. Yeah, it's called Born on Snowshoes. So they the the there was two representatives chosen because of a long, rich history of you know them not those two not killing each other or whatever it was, but the the coastal native and this interior native are the only one that can the only ones that can meet at this mountain pass. And they've each got sled loads of goods, and they go through this intricate yep. ritualized thing of like, here, I will give you this moose hide for that many fish, and oh my God, you're a crook that you can't offer me that little bit. Blah. Okay, fine. And so they, they both knew the math, and they just went through this whole thing, and and everybody was happy. Do you, do you know? Uh, so the book I'm talking about, Born on Snowshoes. It, it sounds very um, familiar. It's got to uh, be the one. The, the book I'm talking about, they... They they would pull from basically Kotzebue all the way up the Yukon, and, uh-huh. and it was twin girls that would do this. Oh, you're talking about the sisters? They're still trapping, aren't? Uh, no, 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 not who, not the book I'm talking about. Okay, well, who the, the book I'm talking about is called Born on Snowshoes. Uh-huh. And they, they grew up like at the Yukon Delta, and then they would pull up after the uh, like after the ice went out. They'd go up and they'd they'd do whatever and then they would trap or whatever and they'd they'd go all the way back down and sell all their furs. And there was a lot of problems along the way with trading. Yeah. Um because of, you know, people like, Oh, you shouldn't be here and blah blah blah. But that's what they did. It was it was twin I have a yeah, twin it's, sisters it's three that three sisters who grew up in remote Arctic wilderness. I have I, a new yeah. book that Chuck gave us the last time I went over there for dinner that's about the origins of Chin Hot Springs. And he started like 
because he was Trying a pilot, to... he was bringing people out there and stuff. And then they, like the whole book is about. It's not, I don't think that you can buy it yet, but it's just written. And he gave Carrie and I a copy the last time we went over there for dinner. And it's so far what I read. Carrie read more than I have, but it's another one of those just that sounds old cool. stories about before there's a road out to China Hot Springs. The ori- origins of China Hot Springs starting, and him helping people bring stuff out there and like figure out a way to actually like drive they came off the steese with vehicles and like drove over by faith creek and what back down into Cheen hot springs was the original way that they started getting that down had taken so down long there, oh yeah, all summer just to go with a couple of jeeps with like these huge trailers and like Swamp buggies or something he called them. I can't even remember. Well, he had a name for them, and I was like, "Holy shit, this wow. is unreal." <clears throat> yeah, there's there's uh, everything that we experience on a day to day basis around here. Everything mm, we've done or whatever. But, but no, no, everything. I I guess what I'm saying is like everything we're doing and going seeing and hiking to and whatever. Like somebody already did that yeah. in most cases. Yeah. yeah. And the way they did it was mm-hmm. fucking way harder way than harder. what we were doing. Yeah. And people used to be tough. Well, people still are tough because we're still doing it. But mm-hmm. but we ain't doing it with what the they same, had then. I sure as hell ain't as tough as them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were born back then and that, that was the best thing you could find and as far as whatever you're wearing or taking or whatever with you. Mm. Boy, I mean, would, would you let that stop you? Because no, I wouldn't. No, I, I would have. No. Exactly. Like, all right, fuck it. Let, here we D- go. Uh, but that Shadows on the Coyote, speaking of the evolution of clothing, Shadows on the Coyote, Sydney Huntington. Yeah. He recounts of what it was like to fall through the ice in in furs and have to dry them out versus Sh- the same falling as, through the ice. The same as Glazer. Yeah. What Frank does. Yeah, I mean, he talks about the yeah. same. Not to like yeah. say that there's yeah. any difference between like a native falling through the fucking river and when it's forty below zero or a white guy doing it, but the, the bo- both of the yeah. books are yeah. written by the same people and it's the same shit. Like these stories are unfucking believable. What these a, people could yeah. handle and do, well, like, and it's like, well, you're gonna die or you're gonna get a fire going. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there were choices, <laughs> and there was two big ones in Glasser's book, or in the Gla- in Reardon's book about Glasser. One was he was coming back from Healy, said like had a bunch of like fresh groceries and stuff in his sled, and it was twenty below, but it was October. He like made an early run where he got across the river, and on the way back it was kind of slushy or whatever, and um, sled you know, like went down in the river and the dogs got out or he went out to check the ice i think with the dogs and then his one dog keen i like was trying to climb up on him and he, long story short he got we got out of it and he's like first thing he did was sit down and reach for his can of copenhagen <laughs> and it had washed out of his pocket there was, it's funny because there's like four like four or five spots in that books so like oh after the you know, Dog got killed by this grizzly bear. I had to sit down and have a dip of snooze before I could, so I could calm down. But well, and that's even in the foreword too. Like just stuff like because I think probably the first time I read it, I wasn't dipping yet. But uh, <laughs> but uh, stuff like it's like, yep, he was he was all all about it. You know, Copenhagen snuff, and then he'd like. We, you know, he'd have some kind of problem, go to the doctor, and then swear the stuff off forever, and then be back on it right, like, which is 
makes him pretty relatable person in right. my book. I right. mean, I haven't I haven't touched the stuff in almost two years, but good for you, man. Um, Freaking a, yeah, it sucks. But I I don't um, think I've had a chew in probably a year and a half, maybe a year. No more than that. More than that, I think the last chew I. I, I get a can right here. You want one? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And I wasn't chewing Copenhagen. I was chewing like <laughs> Levi Garrett and Redman. Uh, uh, I kind of started on that stuff then. Yeah. Anyway, but no, it was like just those stories, man. Like I, I want to go find his cabin. Like I'm, there's, I'm sure there's. I know. I, I know. I, I can take you to one that's about ten, fifteen minute hike off the highway. One it's of his. not standing still. I mean, it's standing, but it's not. Yeah. Awesome. No, well, my you, um, you wouldn't want to stay in it overnight. My you uncle Jerry prefer to put up your tent. My uncle Jerry said he <clears> found <throat> his Savage River cabin back in the day because, like the the Magic Bus used the to end be, of his used to be there. The camp. end of his Black Rapids trap line. I know yeah. exactly where that cabin is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, because he said he had he had a yeah cabin at the end and his in the Black Rapids one. Yep. Well, what another thing would be cool to find is like that Bell, the Yost Roadhouse. Yeah, because yeah. it's on the Delta River, and you know, like I know about where it is, but they because so many people, like some people, died because if the wind was howling real bad there in the winter, and they're coming through down the Delta River, they would miss the Roadhouse, and the Roadhouses were spaced about a day travel apart, and they'd miss the Roadhouse and freaking freeze to death or die, so. And there's also like an army signal corps station somewhere around there, but they, I guess, hung like a big, huge ass bell across the Delta River and strung a rope all the way across the Delta River, so that when the wind was blowing, that thing was ringing nonstop, and you couldn't like pass the road, you couldn't miss it, and it would take you straight over to Yost Roadhouse. So you're which, saying that it's still there? Well, it may not be. I mean. It, the bell somewhere. Like, what the fuck happened to it? It was some giant ass bell. Yeah, you know. Oh no, I remember reading that like part that too. And, and Yo- in Yo- there's, there's several stories in there where people did get like sidetracked and they went by yeah. it, and then 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 they died because the weather was too bad and they missed the roadhouse or whatever. And yeah, yeah that bell. That, you know, like that bell may very well be freaking. I mean, it could be buried six feet down in silt. It could yeah. be. But, you know, stuff like that's pretty cool to think. Like, you know, and Yost is where he stayed. He, like, climbed. He stayed when he collected all. He shot, I can't remember how many grizzly bears in, like, a week time or whatever in the spring for in May. Yeah, it was, like, 10 or 11 for or more. The, the federal government, like, <clears throat> biological survey or something like that for wanted the, samples. I, I th- yeah, and then I think a lot of them are in the Smithsonian now. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Because they wanted like all age ranges and and yeah. you know that ridge that he climbed up onto Glassum is right next to the highway. Yeah, and that and then you talk about like he tells a story about that one miner he went and found that had starved to death because yes. he had some kind of medical problem and like lost use of his legs. And uh, so I, I think on that's up Rainy Creek. Yeah, so that what that story he he was he. The, the problem happened where they did not, uh, the, the person that died, they hadn't communicated in a long time. Yeah. Like with town He was supposed to have gone out and was going to like yeah. cash out, like quit mining and move back to Sweden or something like that. And then like he that. went in there and Frank found all of his gold and everything and gave it all away. And then I think 
Frank at some point got a check from somebody for not much, but but like, hey, thanks for you know going in there and checking on him because he he found all this gold that this guy had and he didn't keep it. You know, yeah, he, no, it got distributed to like who it needed yeah. to go to. Yeah, it, dude was a nice guy, man. I I gotta believe it. And on top of that, like just. I would say that if 45% of what you read in that book is true, which I'm sure it's more than that, it's still incredible because it's so freaking unreal what he did. Mm -hmm. To be able to land in Valdez and be like, all right, I'm walking to Fairbanks because he heard that the the game and the trapping and stuff in Fairbanks was better than in in the southern part of the state. I don't even like driving to Valdez for pink salmon. <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> it's it's just a weird, like a different mentality. Like, uh, that's where I'm going to go, so I'm going to do whatever I got yeah. got to do to get there. Well, you know, and like when he was on the, like a, a wolf hunter, they put him in the White Mountains, and he like stayed in a cabin in Fossil Creek, and, oh, wintertime, whatever, all right, well, I guess I'm walking to the Steez. Like however many freaking miles that is, like know, just through great. unbroken country, you know, it's yeah, just it's a long it, ways. It's pretty amazing. So you need you need to learn how to read, get some <laughs> get some hooked on phonics, and then read that. I just book. don't have time. <laughs> oh, you do. I don't oh, have you. No, I don't. I don't have time or patience for it. Get really? the book and uh-uh. take it sheep hunting then and no. read go. it in the tent. Cause it's, That's uh, better than reading The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buckman twice. I feel like I don't have time to do much no, of anything. I, me, see, I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I hadn't read read a book in forever, but I was finally like, all right, I'm just going to read this book again because it's been a while since I read it. And uh, Was this just recently? Like when I told you, like, hey, dude, I'm reading this. is awesome. Like one of the best. Or did you read it before no, that? I, I read it. I bought the book. I've done that a couple times too. <laughs> oh, but it's really? Been- Last time I gave it to my dad, and I was like, "You need to read this. This is an awesome book. You learned some shit." And then and now, and yeah, it again and read it again now for like the fucking poor dog. <laughs> yeah, I just well, I'll loan you my copy, but I want it back. It's good. It's good <laughs> well, one of my editors wanted me to work on a, an article, kind of something with like incorporating Frank Glasser's. Yeah. Stuff and so I was like, ah, it's been probably okay. like seven or eight years since I needed to read it. You, so you gotta you gotta concentrate a little bit on how you don't need the giantest, hottest caliber for fucking everything. Oh, for moose? Oh. Well, for anything because Frank Lazar's chosen caliber for moose was what two twenty swift, two twenty swift. <laughs> For everything, like he's well hoofed game. He's like, uh, kind of some grizzly bears gave me some trouble with it, but <laughs> he's like caribou and moose. He, he did these, and they were shooting shitty ass forty eight grain bullets back right, in the day. Right, right. So with modern two twenty swift, you know, I'm sorry, modern two twenty swifts or 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 modern ammunition is just going to be even better. Yeah, well, no, for, yeah, forty eight grain, but they were like shitty lead bullets back in the day that I'm sure like just vaporized. But he said that that moose and caribou, there was nothing killed them as fast as a long shot from a two twenty swift. That's not even saying shooting him in the head, you know. Like after basically his later years, like that's what he carried all the time was a two twenty swift. There's all the like you go back in time and read all these books about Africa or Alaska or wherever people were hunting a lot. Small rounds, small yeah. easy 
easy to use, easy, mm-hmm. properly I placed I shots. Um, <clears throat> shot, I don't remember how many years ago it's been now. Probably close to 10 years ago. Uh, we took a guy out down in Washington. He was 80-something and wanted to shoot one more deer. Yeah. And he's from Canada. And same thing. He says – he and. I'm not fucking kidding here. We went out, we went and picked him up to take him out to go shoot this deer, and he brought his 220 Swift. <laughs> nice. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Fucking best round on the planet. And we were like, okay, uh, well, well, we'll bring that, you know, but we're going to bring this one too. And um, we went out there, and it was kind of a, a this guy owns a bunch of land, and he kind of has his own hunting unit type thing, and we were out there just as a management tag. And uh, we got him just a little buck, but he, uh, I guess he's dead now. He can't write, we, they can't write him a ticket for anything. But <laughs> <laughs> I see where this story's going. Well, he, uh, you're like, Mark, I implicated it. Was, Mark, <laughs> Mark the time, yeah, Tyler. What, Mark the time. I'm thinking about. No, it was just like, you know, shooting from the pickup type shit. He can't hardly walk, you know, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a disability card or whatever. But he, uh, he, he did shoot a fucking coyote with that thing on that trip right out the fucking window. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but it, we didn't get. He wasn't able to get the deer with it. Um, it was out there like 150 yards, and we're like, here, just shoot it with this, you know. But it was like a little 25 out six we had, but Which, but it was pretty cool. Like hearing the stories he had from from being in Canada and, and ranching, and yeah. they shot so much shit with that. That's, that was his gun. He he still like had it. Two twenty you know? swift. Yeah. The That's same the, one. I mean, Roy Randall shot fucking thousands of seals and sea lions with 220 Swift. He was yep. like, nothing. He was like, 220 Swift, the only way to roll. What's that? Oh, fucking amazing. Well, Flat shooting, was, long distance, just well, I think perfect it, round. For the day, I think, I think that became commercially available in like 1937. Mm-hmm. And which, because I... With, Two twenty Swift. Yeah, I had done an article <clears throat> and like was looking at a at a couple uh, old outdoor life articles in my collection there, but now yeah, I think it was like third nineteen thirty seven and it like spitting a fifth, you know forty grain bullet over like four thousand feet per second or something. Right. Yeah. And it's cooking. Yeah. Maybe not Jeez. quite, but he's like, it's, well, it was the fastest, the fastest gun ever in history at that point everything roy ever talked about was just like while well, you're waiting for a seal to pop its head up and you shoot it in the head so the which target, is a terribly small which, target depending yeah. on how the distance which is a lot of time a long ways the target is tiny yeah. on water and you're looking to like put a bullet right in this very specific place and he was just like 220 swift all time all day long every day Perfect like a, round. Like a small saucer, but instead of being perpendicular to you, it's at an, an angle. angle. Exactly. So you, you don't have the yeah. entire saucer yeah. to hit. you got to shoot it at an angle. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, like I've, I've thought I actually got a 20, finally rounded up a 22250 that Because now, I mean, the 22250, it, it was starting to be loaded in like 1946 or so, but it wasn't commercially available until like 57. Or somewhere in there, but you can load like, and I got some fifty grain copper 
like barn. Well, there's a GMX Hornady's, basically like similar to a Barnes, um, fifty grain that you can load basically up to two twenty swift velocities or like within a hundred two hundred feet per second. So like with a copper solid like that's Damn. You know, I mean you know how good those barns do. Oh my! Like oh, you freaking plug a moose or a caribou through the lungs of that thing, they're toast. Yeah, I mean that's I've. 2250 my whole life yeah. shooting coyotes and whatnot. Yeah, and the wallop that that oh. little, that that little bullet has. Oh, yeah. So I can only imagine yeah. having a little bit more. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. and just just having a bullet that'll hold together a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know them co- copper solids well, are I've, still going to deliver like a tremendous amount of. I've killed deer with it in Idaho. It's legal. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, and I mean, way too far. Just to, to, to say I could. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason yeah. I did it. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, do something to say you could. Yeah. Africa's a good place to do that. Yeah. Oh, well, I wish I could remember, the like, exactly what the books that Roy, who hunted with 220 yeah. Swift, he gave me to read. I don't have because he just was like, here, you use these. You read these three books, and it's W.M.D. Bell, and he hunted in Africa for years and he was it was strictly an ivory an ivory hunt for elephants and he i don't know which i wish i knew his choice rifle but there is fucking stories in the book where he's got like 300 porters they all have like four tusks each and they're he's like oh i killed 50 elephants today and like and all is just like headshot, 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 headshot. And he's using like a, it's like a nothing rifle. And it's all it is. is like, like a seven millimeter Mauser or something. And it is. It's something like super small round because it's easy to carry and it's easy for me to move with and it's easy for me to deal with what we're doing. And the cool thing about these books was, you know, he was sell- obviously selling the ivory. This is in the 30s and the 40s. But all of the meat was used every single bit and he went into detail about like we're not just shooting these things for ivory he's like this is my livelihood i'm you know i'm like selling this ivory but every single bit of meat off these elephants is being used all eaten, all the time eat, eaten by him and the porters uh, it, the neighboring yep, villages it, exactly these are the little details that get forgotten. It, it get, is, and it that truly is. Yeah, decontextualize. Yeah. Well, they probably had. I mean, at the time, like old, just throngs of people followed them, and like they, they set up a camp on an elephant. Did you write that it down? It was gone, you know. Yeah. Good books. I don't know how you can find them. I have no idea. But yeah. uh. <laughs> I mean, but you, ha- but you have it. <laughs> Right on. <clears throat> was it the Alaska Trophies, Yukon Trophies, won and lost? Was oh, it that no. Book? No, that's a great book. I've read that years ago. That's an awesome book. That's a cheap book. That's a... I'm going to Amazon. It's like, oh, that's a cheap book. Yeah. No, it is. No, I mean, really, Shit. Alaska <laughs> Yukon Trophies, won and lost is one of one of the other incredible like uh, stories throughout Alaska where these guys came up from the lower 48, had no idea what they were getting into, came into Cordova, and then at the... T- at the time, there was a railroad that, you know, came up the Chitna or not up the Chitna, up the Copper River, and then they all the way all the way to McCarthy, mm-hmm. and then from McCarthy they hunted all the way back into Canada to the White River, flowed that out to the Yukon, and then 
by the uh, grace. This is, this is what you were telling you were yeah. telling me about this. Yeah, book. no, it's yeah. a phenomenal book. Um, yeah, and that's that's a that's a cheap book. That you know, twenty bucks or something like that on Amazon. It's a great book. But so, what's the expensive book? I bought a, a sheep hunting book uh, yesterday. It's called Obsessed, is what it's called, and it's this guy that I haven't read it, so I don't know, but I isn't, do know. Isn't that what you are about fishing now? Is it <laughs> <laughs> Temple, you're funny. Yeah, no, I'm not obsessed about fishing. Um, in fact, I hate fishing <laughs> until about December. <laughs> Yeah. No, I yeah, pretty pretty expensive book, but um, it's it's just about this guy that has hunted sheep all over the world and told his story in a book, and um, I think it'd be fun to read. I don't care, you know, whatever. Fuck you, Temple. <laughs> Look, man, you were sending all these pictures of you fishing. I thought, oh wow, I guess Nick is a fisherman now. Yeah, when there's like ice on the water and there's nothing to shoot. <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, hard water fishing can be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, those guys did so much with if like, you cartridges, like and every time, yeah, like every once in a while, I like I did one. They wanted me to do one, like pick my pick of like top ten moose uh-huh. cartridges, and I'm like, uh-huh. I used a kind of like generic, a rubric, like all right, well, well you, you know, based on based on based on yeah. like common usage up here, like what I've what I've used a lot, what I know a lot of people use up here, and you know, of course, and there's like two forty three, and everyone like, ha, yeah, two forty three. You know, are you trying oh, to say two forty three wouldn't kill a moose? Because I promise you, if you shoot it where it needs to be, it well, will kill it. Well, done. Exactly. Yeah. Basically. Well, six five. I mean, well, in six. You know, like. And I put that one in there too because I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great cartridge. It's freaking killed a lot of shit for me. That's for sure. It's not magic, but then, you know, like the six five by, and I put that in place of like the sweet, you know, the six six five by fifty five Swede has killed as many moose as anything. And up here every year, I guarantee, like a two forty three kills as many moose as any other cartridge. Just silly. People will kill them with a 223, which I I don't recommend. Though I I yeah, I I did kill a brown bear with a 223 once, and I'd rather not do that again. <laughs> the people will use. The, you don't need the giantest, fastest, hottest. I mean, if you can shoot it, great. It ain't it ain't always necessary. There are times when I really wish I had a bigger one. Like I was walking into the brush after a black bear. Are you still talking about your gun? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, shit. Shots fired. (laughs) And yes. Perfect. So I shot this black bear, my first black bear over bait, and I wanted to save its hide, which my wife's chihuahua's 243 yesterday, day before yesterday. What you got there? Seth's daughter. Nice caribou. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice caribou. My buddy Jeremy, his... Fucking awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Jeremy, his son, just for, got his first one. Jeremy Price? No. Oh, man, that Jeremy. is so cool. Ten-year-old son got his Too first. Too much What did he shoot it with? I Six love five. Creedmoor. I hate that hunt, but I love the fact that they let the, the youth, like, yeah. youth, they have a drawing, and they, like, you can go out and... It's so perfect. We're talking like the whole thing. Forty is, mile caribou. Yeah. The, the general. The general hunt's the completely bullshit. I mean, we've talked like, about that before. Yeah. I ran into. 
Nathan today. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he was like, I was like, you going to go? And he's like, mm, no. <laughs> he's like, that shit's scary. I'm yeah. all set. <laughs> I'm going to get my kids on that youth hunt as soon as I can. Yeah. So, like, this upcoming, you know, 40-mile hunt, mm-hmm. which is a day or two away, what, mm-hmm. or maybe whatever three or four, it is. or whatever Tenth it is. of August, I think. Yeah, it's same like, sheep there, season. There, there are... People in town that do taxidermy and take care of velvet antlers and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they are basic. One of them refused business to a friend of mine today because he had to gear up for yeah. the tenth. It doesn't surprise me. So why would you refuse business to somebody today to take care of maybe the amount of animals that you might get on the ninth? I'm not saying that it's right what he did, but I'm saying that I guarantee that his doors are flooded on the 11th of August. Got it. So what's what? So what's one more? Um, and, and oh, and by I'd, the way, he's here before the 11th of August, and he wants the same you, thing. How come you use him as the taxidermist? Oh no, no, it was this was just to take care of the velvet. I don't know, oh, I don't know, I don't know. it was like right. not a taxidermist. No taxidermist is going to turn down amount or whatever right but on. he just wanted velvet preserved and he got a rash of shit about bringing it in hmm. because hey well i don't i don't know if i can do this because on the ninth i'm gonna get a lot more well guess what you have okay then i apparently on the ninth you can take one less yeah or yeah. Or, or the tenth yeah. or whatever like it, it made no sense to me uh well i i, I yeah, yeah i fail to understand <laughs> I don't know, but me neither. I have but it's no about idea. to be. All I know is that it's about to be a slaughterhouse, of course, up there oh, on the steeps. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope they don't shoot too many. Like, like I, I was told that they're gonna sh- they're only gonna open it up for a day or two days this year. It's only bulls, and they're only gonna open up for I think two days, yeah. and then sh- it's shut down, and then they're gonna assess, and then. Yeah, open it up again. Yeah, let the, let the first wave go fuck's through. Sake, last whatever. year, I don't know how long they opened it up for. I'm always sheep hunting, and I'd never. It it's always like when I come back, I'm like, I'd love to go shoot one of those caribou, and then it's over. Yeah. By the time I get back from sheep hunting, it's always over. Wasn't it also any caribou last year? It was. They the, yeah. changed it to any caribou. Yeah, for yeah. that. So I think this year Even it's just going to be just bulls. Yeah, that's why they didn't have a winter hunt. Oh, well, yeah. so just bulls. Because they did have a winter hunt because I shot a caribou. Yeah, and it was like some special draw hunt that mm-hmm. everyone like tried to be hush-hush about. And I knew two people, I think, that... that I ended it's up just finally a, it's knowing just a, a bunch. It's just a freaking terrible... It, like it's The plan is not, to do about not that. proper. Yeah. Uh, you know, you should have brought that fetus back. That was veal. I know, I know. Carrie was so fucking pissed. She was like... I'm a scientist. <laughs> I could have that for my classroom. Why did you not bring that back? And I was like, I don't fucking know. I cut open a caribou and I had a fucking baby that was like so fucking big. I was like almost puked on the ground. <laughs> I like I didn't know what the fuck to do. I just was like, oh, wolves will eat that. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I mean, quickly. My, my grandpa <laughs> would ask my dad in the springtime, hey, Roger. We should go get some firewood, and my dad would be like, "Fuck no, you're after a pregnant moose. I'm not going." I you knew what firewood do. was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That thing, I cut it open, and I was like, "That's fucking scrappy." I was like, "That's a lot of bone." 
Yeah, there there's a disproportionate there amount of meat. To, I'm sure the bone is soft. Yeah, if that's what you're into. But there's but, a disproportionate oh, amount man. of meat to bone on them small critters. Just I, I mean, a rotisserie. Even, <laughs> it's oh, just man. There's oh. not much meat on them things. There isn't, and man. even on like a two year old caribou, you look at and you go, "That's that's a lot of bone compared to the meat." Versus like a three or four year old caribou, yeah. even versus a, moose. a fucking four month old caribou. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah, all I knees mean, and elbows. Holy shit. Yeah, and I mean four month old. I mean from like from the, ball, the thing wasn't even born yet. <laughs> I'm talking about four months. You're talking about four months of gestation. It, yeah, I mean it was 18 inches long. Mm-hmm. That it, it there's no meat on it. No. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like, Carrie would like that. Temple would eat that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like. I can't fucking carry that thing back with me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, Zach, you're getting a look into the candid yeah, horribleness. I'd have, I'd have eaten that. Yeah. I think I'm, oh, I'm moving back to Anchorage. <laughs> you know, Anchorage is... Y'all are crazy up here. Anchorage is as close to Alaska as you can get and still not be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah says, that's, Fairbanks is better than Anchorage. So All day that's, long. That's like saying I'd rather Fairbanks get. That, that, that big sign that's like this, like Fairbanks is greater than Anchorage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Life is better north of the Alaska range. Yeah. I miss the coast, though. Oh, yeah, we went back yeah. and forth a little bit about this the other yeah. day. I was like, fuck, if it's going to rain all summer in Fairbanks, yeah. I might as well be on coastal Alaska <laughs> somewhere. On the coast. This is bullshit. you got to be catching fi- salmon out of the ocean yeah. rather than fucking grayling. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even catch them because the streams are too high. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I liked it when I got to go smell low tide in Valdez to go snag pinks. Oh, man. Yeah, down there licking the rocks for you. <laughs> <laughs> no COVID on these rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss the sea lions though. Those sons of bitches. Oh shit. Yeah, I can't even hunt marine mammals now because I live in the interior. I can trade and barter for the skins, but I can't go. We can't actually go back yeah, to where you're born and raised and hunt. Nope. Huh? Hmm. Cannot. That's shitty. What? How much time would you need to be back there to? You'd have to live there. I'd have to call. I'd have to call a fish and wildlife, the federal and guys, find again, out and write down the name, and the date, and the time of who I spoke to and what they said. <laughs> but, well, what would like technically? I mean, just Six off months. cuff. Six months, maybe. Oh, okay. Just yeah. like enough to say, like you're living there now, yeah. and. Yeah, you'd have to prove resident. Yeah. You'd have yeah. to prove a residency yeah. and blah that's, blah blah. And, yeah. and that's Temple's uh, interpretation, not the guy that could give you a ticket. So don't take it for me. No, no, I get it. I'm just, I'm just one. I'm not going to yeah. move to Dillingham. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I'm not moving to Dillingham either. I got used to having three or four hardware stores and a couple of couple of groceries. So I, yeah, I've been cityfied. No what? Starburst? You don't like Starburst? Starburst? <laughs> Nick don't know what he's talking about. Or he assumes 
Temple's got a. Star Wars. Like You're talking about the candy, yeah. the soft candy. Um, yeah, they got lots of that in the village. Why do you think all those kids got silver teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I wash my Star Wars down with Coca Cola. <laughs> I'm gonna have a soda for breakfast, okay, Mom? Oh sure. man, it's a terrible thing. All the sugar in there. Uh, anyway. anyway, no, I can't. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, I'm, I gotta buy my seal skins to make my mm-hmm. my stuff. I can't yeah. go hunt it. And the the sea lions, they're it's, it's strictly about exactly where you live, yeah. like what you can harvest. Yeah. <clears throat> According to the guy I spoke to, whose name and date and time I wrote down at that particular yeah. moment, uh, that I can't remember. It's written down in somewhere. I got it at the house. I, I mean, it's got to be acceptable because you grew up here and you could do it, and then yeah. you move away, and ah. if you couldn't, if it was opposite that then everybody would just be like oh fuck i live here for two weeks and i'm shooting yeah. seals and sea lions and all sort of shit and the next thing you know, yeah like yeah Holy shit there's if, nothing left if those are going to be the rules <clears throat> then those have got to be the rules for everybody yeah that uh, what what bothers me is that in a lot of places the the shelf a lot of fisheries are being negatively effective by burgeoning populations of of marine mammals like sea otters are wiping out shellfish in places in the southeast people are seeing rafts of sea otters larger than they've ever seen before Mm -hmm. and uh, due to uh, no crabs yeah crabs result gone it's all because of covid resultant (laughs) of the 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 myriad of paperwork you have to do to be able to tan these critters yeah like you need all kinds of various paperworks to be able to tan the critters, so hunting them's not a problem. There's plenty of natives out there that would go shoot every sea otter they could find. Right. The problem comes when you need to find Paperwork someone to that deal can with tan the otter well. But how, then, I mean, obviously, in I the know, past, I know of two tanneries. Yeah, but One do you in, know of two natives that can tan? I mean, obviously, in the past, one of the tanneries two, I'm thinking of is run by a white guy who's who's. Uh, no, but I'm time, talking. Was, I'm just speaking like reverse the clock a little bit. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. these fucking natives have been shooting and killing and tanning uh-huh, sea uh-huh. lions, fucking sea otters, yeah. seals, all this shit themselves. Yeah, forever. Yeah, and now so, all of a sudden, so tanning is. Is where the real work comes in. The, yeah. That's like going out and shooting it and skinning it as difficult as those things can be. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Getting it to become a nice, soft, supple, wearable, comfortable, beautiful garment mm-hmm. is is Different. where the real work comes in. Mm-hmm. And there's so much fat and oil in marine mammals that that has a negative effect on the quality of the skin. It you, takes... What 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 point did I miss? Yeah, yeah, it's been happening forever. Yeah, and it takes so much time to do a good tan on it mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Let let's say a home tan of a beaver versus a moils tan of that same beaver. We're talking about a home. Tan? Yeah, but uh, and don't like what I'm trying to say is like how come it's not being tanned like. 
Why it's, isn't some local why guy tanning it? Well, it's probably because the amount you're of, saying that there's all these the rafts. Amount, I'm not trying to like car, create some kind of an argument, uh-huh. but you're saying there's like all tons of rafts of uh-huh. sea otters uh-huh. and. My point is, like, I know a lot of people around Kodiak that I know are pissed because they're like, these fucking sea otters are everywhere, yeah, yeah. and they eat the king crab, yep. they eat the dungeness yep. crab, they're anything that's, like, deep enough for them to dive, which they can fucking dive deep, Yeah, and their fur is valuable, yep. how come they're not being utilized? How come it's not be, being because kept of, in a check? Because of the... <clears throat> Because of how difficult it is to get these things tanned. Like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work that goes into tanning that. And how many local people do you know that aren't feeding their babies, making their money to pay their bills and going to work? Well, have got all I would, the time I would to imagine these things. Well, what I think he's getting at is like back in the day when uh-huh. it was totally like all involved, like subsistence yeah. lifestyle, yeah. there were people that that's what they did. Yep. Like, they're set up, that's what they did. And, you know, regardless of, like, whether, like, the quality of the tan was what you would want uh, for your garments well, now. So, let's... But, okay. You know, so, you know, like... Where did that go? Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, it's, it's gone because and it's not Honestly, a, man, a I'm not here, I'm not trying to, like, create some kind of an argument or no, something. No, I just want to have like, the discussion Exactly. As well. yeah. I just, like, straight up conversation. I don't understand why it's not... Readily available, like how come? If I mean, if I was in a coastal native and I was like, "Fuck, people want to buy these things. People want to buy garments." Uh-huh. Like you have moved from the coast uh-huh. into interior, yeah. and you're like, "I can't fucking get these. Nope. I can't get seal. I can't get Gotta sea otter. Them. I can't get any of the shit. It's expensive. I can't get it. How come somebody's not like, "Fuck, I can fill this void. I can tan these things. I can the- harvest them. I can sell this easily." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It does just so, doesn't seem to be readily available. First is the paperwork, <clears throat> uh, which result in the Marine Mammal just Protection Act. Easy as shit to deal with. I mean, nah. if you're coastal and you can uh, harvest these things so, as a as a so if it was easy, resident, there'd be a bunch of tanneries, and there's not. But dude, there's there ha- that's just it. Does there has to have to be a tannery? Like, can there? I mean, can it be tanned by? You or so someone this, that lives this coastally? This comes back to what I was going back earlier. We'll, we'll call it a, a home tan versus the moil tan. If you can get a year out of a home tan done with done in a hurry mm-hmm. with brain or baking soda or joy soap, how long is that going to last versus, versus a chrome tan you get from moil? Okay. How so, long did it last? I mean... Well, so I don't. This, I don't, honestly don't know. So this comes back to how the time everybody had available to devote to different things back then. Mm-hmm. Back then, they had to eat, they had to sleep, and they had to procreate. They didn't have bills to pay. All they had to do I'm was not, that make. I understand. All, all they that. had to do was make sure that they had a place to sleep, that they had food to eat while they were there, and that they could make babies. They still had to tan. Hides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what so, I'm getting at. Go ahead. <clears throat> it's like, so your solution, whether right or wrong, is is moils, which is, you know, a commercial tannery for for my non-marine mammal stuff. Yeah. Got it. But for your mer- marine mammal stuff, yeah. um, this stuff has been been and has been uh-huh. tanned for yeah. 
fucking forever. Years. Well, more than hundreds. A of long years. damn time. Fucking thousands, tens of thousands and so, of years. So people where? Tanning hides. So <laughs> where did that? And you probably don't know, and I hope you do. Or I've maybe got or an something. idea, but like, get the question where, out. Where? Yeah. So where? Where did that disconnect uh, happen? Because. So, they they obviously were tanning stuff to uh-huh. not maybe not garment quality but they were tanning it to a well there's garment quality to today and there's garment quality a hundred years ago which is yeah. absolutely yeah. different we're talking yeah. white man yeah. white white man garment quality well no. machine machine and industry he, temple is not I can uh, I already write you're like talking about today and a hundred yeah. years ago so, or more well let's forget the white man no i i meant like industry, let's imagine like pre-contact industry. time where all you have to do is eat and have some place to eat and sleep and make babies so you all you've got to do is those things well when you're not eating sleeping or screwing you're fooling with hides you're sewing stuff you're carving stuff you're making stuff to to trade you're chewing on the hides to make these things that you're going to wear that you're going to trade i haven't got time to do that i haven't got all that time i can hunt i can fish i can trap i can work i can coach t-ball i can hang out with my wife and my kids and then i gotta sleep at some point i just genuinely don't have the time to to tan a hide i want to i'd like to try but uh, well, and people probably quit doing that. Like you know, at a certain point, like commercial tanning yeah. and commercial markets this became available. Full circle. That's what, what I was I'm, talking that's about. What I, yeah, I'm so, on your page, Frank. I so let you on that. So back. It's to, been it's been lost. How basically, is it what has I'm getting lost. for an answer. Yeah. It's I been think. lost, but then you got to also think about the the amount, the length of time you expected these things to last. How long do you did you expect? a hide to last that you shot today, that you'll shoot tomorrow, that you'll shoot the next day, and that you'll shoot the same amount of next year, provided there isn't a catastrophic failure of something that re- that results in a famine, which happened. Like, there were, there were, there were lots of famines where people couldn't get food, they couldn't get mm-hmm. stuff to wear. You'd just have these die-offs of people. I mean, there's problems where yeah. fucking whaling... People from New England came all the mm-hmm. way to Alaska because they yeah. killed all of the fucking whales from the Atlantic Ocean all yep. the way around the end of South America, all the way, and they're like coming to all the way to Alaska, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Here you go. Here, how about you like the plague? We got yeah. it. Yeah, it's we yours got this now. plague for you. Yeah. Of course, we give them the syphilis, but that's a different <laughs> discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like." The it's gift a, that keeps on giving. <laughs> Today, tomorrow, and the next day. You're welcome. So, uh, like, how long do you expect uh, a home tanned, we'll say a home tanned $15 tan to last well, when you we, can get all these hides over and over that's and over again? Getting, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's like when you say a home tanned $15 tan, I'm like, home tanned worked for thousands of years. Yeah. It, did, it well, it didn't cost $15. It cost. No. Time, yeah, of which there was a lot. There isn't now. Well, okay. So right. I, 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 I know, I know what Frank's trying to ask. I don't know what he's trying to like, ask. I, maybe, I'm not going to say shit. Maybe somebody could clarify it for no, me. No, no, I do. I, okay. I guess I, I, I assume I know that what Frank's trying to ask. I, I do believe I do. Uh-huh. Um, 
why was if 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 shooting seals and otters and all this other stuff that you need to tan uh-huh. if that's so important why did the the preparation of those tans after the fact to tan them in order to use them become insignificant to the point where you are using somebody that you know moils or whatever back there in the midwest this is or whatever the, they are. where the whole conversation why, started why did it why <clears throat> So why 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 did it, why did it go there as opposed to if everybody is so self sufficient and 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 hang on Temple I'm sorry they 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 pride themselves on being that to that self sufficiency uh-huh. where uh-huh. we're subsistence and we're this and that uh-huh. and 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 for I don't know thousands of years yep. we were able to turn this fur into something usable and something, you know, quality, something that could, you know, do its purpose. Mm -hmm. Why is it now being sent to like a major tannery? Why, why, so why did the killing of these animals never stop? Oh, it has. Would it have? Yeah, yeah, to to a certain extent. It has greatly decreased. Yeah, yeah. Greatly better. I would agree. Yes. I would Thank ag- you. Uh, no, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. It, but but that does continue. Why hasn't the preparation of those animals, as far as like tanning them and stuff, like stayed with that? Human advancements. We now have bills. We now have fuel. We now have a much easier life that requires that we pay for it which requires all this other shit which eats into all this time and i remember watching my grandma tan a fox what are the ingredients i remember and i was very young the ingredient the one ingredient i remember was joy soap and i think that was to degrease it so she could do something else to tan it mm-hmm. that i i yeah, that's what you use in the ocean when you have a we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> He's right, though. Oh, God, yeah, he is. Yeah. Nobody asked me how I know. Fucking tankers full of it. <laughs> so, so, so I've been told. There, there's been a decrease in the amount of time available. There's been a decrease in... There's been a shift in priorities. And there's... there's like, Here's how much I have to invest into it to get it done this way. Weeks of work versus a bill to pay. When I'm already, I already have to work because I've got these bills to pay and I've got these things to do, which require this amount of money. I might as well just pay some money for somebody else to make this task. And at a certain point, I imagine it became... You know, is like all this stuff that you're talking about, which is true, comes up, and maybe before the Marine Mammal Protection Act, when like, you know, there was markets and stuff yeah. like that. Like, a commercial tan became the most like cost efficient, cost efficient way, way to do it to do things. Yeah, and so you kind of things lose get lost. That. You lose that. So, gotta have another tall boy, huh? So I had a I had a question. I think Tyler just answered it for me. Um, the marine what Marine Mammal Protection Act? Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. 
Was that the tipping point? I don't think so. I think it was just a shift in the culture, although that was probably a contributing factor. I mean, by God, we can get into this as deep as you guys want to. Oh, no, no, no. I I bet that there was a lot of change right there in 1973 when I went south. For sure. But what, so like what I'm hearing is a large majority is a lack of demand. Right. No, no, there's plenty of demand because for it. Because if the demand's there, somebody's going to sell it. That's just it. There's huge demand. Yeah, the, the, the demand has went nowhere. It's, it's, well, it's, it's because, there. So, so my point is is that if, if you are saying that you need to make money to pay bills and there's a demand there to make money, why isn't that? That's what I think they're saying. It's, is why is it like isn't, a regulatory bottleneck kind of? Yeah, maybe. I, and I would agree with it's that. It's not Tyler. easy to get. It's there not is easy that. to get I'm papered to tan. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it, no, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. It, and and there is that bottleneck. It's not easy to get papered to do marine mammal tans, and and to do a home tan is labor and time intensive, especially if you're going to do it right now. I'm I'm struggling to articulate this, but let's let's bring it back to pre-contact when there when when there was the possibility for for a surplus of furs, right? And I just need it to last this winter. I don't have to do the greatest tan. I've got 23 kids and grandchildren to do this for. So I'm going to walk down the beach, club all these critters, and get them to keep my babies warm. And I should be able to do the same thing next year. Not that it always happened the next year because there's famines and shit. But at what point in time did it turn into... At what point in time... Fuck. We've wrapped them around. (laughs) At what point in time did it turn into a sales... To Russians. Oh. And it, well, it, so, even at that so, point in time, it, oh, it, even at that point in time, it had to be at least preserved at uh-huh. a certain so, level because the sales of these furs would Okay, okay. So that wasn't sales. That was the Russians showing up in sailboats and well, slavery. Saying, like, saying, listen let me here, have this shit. look, you I, sons of bitches, you're going you're gonna to kill these critters for me. We're going to salt them, and I'm going to ship them back to some place in Russia that's going to do, do the tan. Right. Uh-huh. So after that, uh, you're, are, you, are you talking about like after America – "Quote unquote," uh, purchased Alaska uh, from Russia. Well, yes. So we need to we need to uh, get my, levels of yeah, time. Yes. The the history of Alaska is long. And no, I'm, no, a, it's, I'm it's, only it's longer yeah, than fucking time. I'm only exactly. intimately familiar with the last it's, ten or twelve years. <laughs> well, shit, you're older than twelve. <laughs> well, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I mean. There was parts of Alaska I was paying real close attention to, if you know what I mean. But there still was, has to be preservation of uh-huh. hides. Even yep. and even if I go, if you like, I just said like Russians are coming here and uh-huh. taking hides, but they were having whether, them tanned someplace. Whether else. they're taking them or, but they still have to be preserved. Salted here, probably tanned over there. Salted with salt and used. How are they, you know, they're just fleshed and salted. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. so you're using salt water. 
No. And exactly. Fact, yeah. There is time before these There's Russians are taking these fucking hides. Uh-huh. That's just it. I'm like, there is a section there, of time here that we're uh-huh. missing that yeah. I am very curious about. Okay. Uh, what section of time? Between? The section of time where people are utilizing hides uh-huh. for of any kind. Okay. And they're being it's being preserved uh-huh. and used and lasts a long time. And now they're not. And now they're not exactly. Thank you. Ship and tan and do all this shit. There is like this specific say, section say, of time, and I came back to say, okay, well, it's going to Russia or wherever. But mm-hmm. it was before that; it was being used here, right here. People everywhere, would, so all over God, the state. God gave each critter enough brain to tan their own hide, mm-hmm. but it's an art form. It's time and labor intensive. I don't know how to do it, and brain and tan. yeah, brain tan. Do you think everything was brain tanned? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is a lot of things were brain tanned. I mean, I, I get the fact that you can flesh, uh, you can take a piece of rock uh-huh. and flesh a hide yep. and dry it, and it's uh-huh. good. You can keep the hair on it. You can do fucking whatever with yep. it. But a lot of this shit was like you're talking about garment. Mm uh-huh. hmm quality nobody wanted to be like here you go you know this is for you this is for you i want this shit i want this stuff for me for my family to yeah. utilize uh-huh. so i just want to know like what you know at what point was it being shipped and what point was it being used and how exactly and it's got to be like what you just said it's got to be brain brain yeah. tan use for mm-hmm. everything which is which is difficult to do time consuming and labor intensive and then you got to also think about how much time you've got to do everything else right so let's let's just talk about my grandma for a second who who I wish I had learned a lot more from than I did but who I did get to watch for 10 or 12 years well, start in the winter. She was pike fishing and drying and and putting up pike, mm-hmm. you know. And then she was also working uh, to pay for heating money, to pay phone bill, fuel bill, so on. Come springtime, Grandpa and all of all of my uncles and stuff and my cousins, we'd all try to get salmon, and you got to put up salmon. Uh, salt it like we talked about a little bit earlier dry it smoke it put it in the freezers if you could or dry it to the point where it's not going to mold beyond edibility because mold does not mean you're not going to eat it and then summertime is the time we got to pick before commercial fishing there's time to pick eggs and then there's commercial fishing and somewhere in there you got to pick blueberries and then in the fall time you try to get more fish to put up get meat to put up and then we're in the winter Um, and i didn't see very much trapping going on where i was growing up so i i'm not going to mention that but Mm -hmm. it did happen and I remember her struggling to tan hides, and then eventually, at some point, she says, "Fuck this, send it out to where I don't, I don't remember. It could have been Moyle, could have been a place in Anchorage." Yeah. But the, I mean, just, that doesn't matter. That yeah, it point just it matter. becomes a time a time uh, yeah. uh, you know a 
a time suck versus a penny suck or whatever it was. Well, and based based on, you know, what I've seen like old videos, there was um there was a documentary my dad had that a guy made flying out to Point Hope like lived lived out in Point Hope for a long time like in the 60s or something like that. And uh you okay, Temple? I think so. The Rona might be resurfacing our <laughs> well, we've all got it on now. Beer. <laughs> but uh, well, as much musical headphones as we yeah, can play, we've all got yeah, it. Right? It doesn't matter. But uh yeah, I mean it was and like, you know, in the Scheibel's video, this is my Alaska, <clears throat> like when they go up to hunt wolves in the fifties up in Anaktuvik Pass, like Everyone still, it was, it was at some point in that generation, probably like, you know, yeah, I guess our <coughs> grandparents' generation that a lot of that was lost. Yeah. A lot of self-sufficiency was lost when, uh, <clears throat> you know, I honestly don't, didn't know how 40s, to like, 50s, 60s or so. exactly what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. I, it, the long run for the last hour or whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> <laughs> like, at what point in time it's, was this like it's lost handed to Moyle Mink and rather lo- than like well, they've figured done. they've figured out a low cost, high efficiency way to do it while making money yeah. and all it costs me is money. It doesn't it doesn't cost me labor or time other than, you know, what I've got to do to earn that money. Yeah. And then and then there's the risk of a tan not turning out. That is quite painful when a tan doesn't turn out. Uh, like, I I took a risk on a local tannery with some beaver. And God, did that really piss me off. I didn't have to pay shipping to Moil, which is, but you lost which is a painful. I didn't lose it, but I had to be much, much, much more picky about what pieces of fur went where because it was thick it was crunchy, and there are pieces of there are places on a hat that need to be softer and more malleable yeah. than other places. And mitts, like the around your cheeks and the nape of your neck on a hat, mm-hmm. need to be softer and more able to contour to you than your fucking forehead. Yeah, right. <laughs> your forehead doesn't flex; it doesn't articulate. Your forehead stays the same shape, but your neck and your it articulates the hat needs to flex with you mittens don't need to be as articulate as the fur around your neck Neck, yeah so i i don't know how many hats i couldn't make where i could make more mittens and even then uh, the 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 square surface of a mitten around a hand is rather large but if you want a thumb on that mitten which most people do that fur needs to be able to go from being not just inside out but the inside of the mitten on the outside to turn the guts inside out to be able to get that to where the seams are all on the right side where you can't see them and that requires a soft malleable fur thick Leather, crunchy leather that doesn't have that you isn't made soft. Have you made mitts that are like that. full hand, no thumb? I've never done that. I've never had anybody ask for it either. I might but, just ask for something right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, what the fuck good are thumbs on a mitten anyway? Just get a thumb on your right hand. You I don't throttle. ever use my thumb on my throttle. You don't use yeah. your thumb on your I throttle. I use my palm. All the time. Fucking weirdo. That is fucking weird. I don't thrip 
flip it over either. I just like push push my thumb on it or my oh. palm on it. That's uh, that sounds like a good way to get yourself so bounce off the slide. From <laughs> why? Uh, so I, how old were you when you started snow machining? Oh, I don't know, forty. Okay, so <laughs> there 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 are wonderful things. Bazinga. <laughs> there. There are wonderful things that can come from an unfamiliar mind about something. There are. And I may have to try driving with my palm. Mm -hmm. Initially, having driven snow machines since I was strong enough to yank the recoil, Mm -hmm. that's a terrible... I don't yank a recoil either. Well, (laughs) so... (laughs) I started... Started. So I started snow machining in the early 90s. When I was 40. (laughs) <laughs> when you were 40 you're a dick I think that palm driving a throttle is a terrible idea but I may have to give it a try to see if I can make it work you've never been there that's true it's always been a thumb thing don't knock it till you try it I'm gonna have to try it <laughs> and I'll make you a pair of thumbless mittens if you want <laughs> I'll make you whatever the hell you pay for Frank. I love it <laughs> Where's my beaver fur that you have in your freezer? Stretched and dried by now. There's still a few in the freezer. I need to get them to the I think I've got tannery. a couple in the freezer I need to give yeah. to you. Yeah. I'll oh, take them. Shit. Oh, oh shit. It's, it's been, I like this kind of shit, t- Temple, for sure. I enjoy healthy, respectful discussions. I do, too, a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> which, which are getting harder and harder to come by, especially if you're trying to have them on social media. Hmm. Yeah, don't have them on. I try. Because how else are you going to talk to people, especially when it's mandated that you don't? At least, I mean, social media, you're talking to like like total fucking strangers, (laughs) right? Like, at least here we're like sitting around in a group and I can like look at you and talk talk with you. And like, this is what I'm asking these questions. And it's like, I'm not trying to piss you off. And you're, you know, and your answers, I'm like, respectful to your answers and, trying and hopefully answer hopefully you're respectful to my questions and everything you yep. know and it's like i i love this shit <clears throat> this is how humanity continues to tolerate each other is by having discussions mm-hmm. as opposed to you know putting each other in box cars i'm gonna put nick yeah, on it's not good <laughs> nick needs to reflect on this conversation <laughs> As long as you don't put me in a boxcar, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> there you go. There I go. I know exactly what, like, what you were talking about, Frank. You were you were trying to figure out where the the, the whole like native population they did everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Used including to tanning. And then when did it become? More, um, according to Temple, more cost effective to be like, oh, we'll just ship them away, as opposed to. It's around the time we got regular bills. Yeah. And soda. No. And, and yeah, Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew. Yeah. Fucking soda. No. And, and that does make sense, and I'm pretty sure I could um, figure out when that happened. It was like, okay, you know, white men come to the village, like, hey, we could take your furs, what, tan them, and blah, 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 and then. They made something off of it along the way, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they brought them back, and then mm-hmm. you know they were they were good. And why would anyone want to spend the time brain tanning stuff when 
when they could be doing other things. Or and, finding other substitutes if the head spoiled or they lost it or the dogs ran off with it, what have you. Right. How long are we on there, Frank? Solid gold. A while. Solid gold. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I don't know, the world's just... It's always mess. changing. Well, it's a mess yeah. now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's you know it's always changing for everybody, and it's like I mean it's just unfortunate that some skills and stories and you know I mean we talk about the Frank Glasser stuff like I mean and, and it's one of like a very few guys stories that get that like the vast majority of them are just gone forever. Gone. Yeah. You know? There's an old man. Well, he's dead now. Old man Cossack. There were stories I heard as a child of what he did, and I could never get him to talk about it. Um, my uncle married one of his daughters. Like he would walk, he was known for having walked as a young man from Dillingham to Twin Hills, if I recall. I don't want to be making stuff up about anybody, but this is what I recall. And I tried to. I remember seeing him in an airport at the Dillingham airport in a wheelchair because he was. He had pneumonia or something. I asked him, hey, did you do this? And he goes, nah. <laughs> That's all I could get out of him. Was, <laughs> how, how far is that, though? 70 miles in a straight line. Okay. Yeah. So way longer than that walk. Oh, yeah. Creeks, rivers, swamps. And there's, there's just... all, and, and there's no story about him at all. It's just gone. How many people out there that did these things... That we're never going to hear about. That's kind of, I mean, that's like one of the things I think about when I, you know, reading that book. It's, I mean, just how many stories just that one guy had. And he did a lot. But, you know, talking about going up on the no attack when the ice is like just starting and, or like riding up and seeing so, like crystal clear, seeing so many burbot you couldn't see the bottom. Oh, you know. Literally, like letting the, the ice is starting to form on the river, and he goes doesn't have didn't bring any fishing tackle, so he makes a lure out of mammoth, uh-huh. out of like a mammoth piece of mammoth tusk he found yeah. sticking out of the riverbank, and yeah. like bends a nail around for a hook and crawls out to the edge of the ice and just start yanks hundreds of char up. I remember. I mean, I stole my my mom's forks to cut the tines off to make them into hooks for smelt. It worked. It worked. She was very unhappy because they were her forks. But yeah, they were. They they were. <laughs> now they're my hooks. It's. <laughs> but yeah, stuff stuff like that. I mean, it's just like it's kind of sad. But you know, just to think of all the amazing experiences and stuff that were lost like and and fortunate that like we can kind of make our little own mm. like sure. tiny little piece of of what and and reading books like reading books like that makes me like appreciate the country i love know. i love reading a book where it's like well i've been there or well i'm going to go there or, or all that stuff it is super super encouraging yeah to, to read that stuff and Man, and there are so many books out there that you can read this stuff and you can figure out these little spots and 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 not relive it to the extent that they did, but you're able to be there and, and uh, at least experience it. Another book you ought to read, and 
get it on audiobook if you got to, <laughs> is North of the Sun. It's this. It's a phenomenal book. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is actually yeah. from from close to my my hometown. It's a cool book. So he goes out there to my. I, if I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. He goes out there thinking about mining and then ends up trapping, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And his trapping mentor ends up getting killed by a, a man named Klutuk. Yep. So he spends two or three years, kind of trapping, but more trying to set because. The country is so big, so many lakes and so many drainages. He spends two or three years trying to, uh, while he's trapping, trying to figure out where Klutuk will be, pattern him. And yeah, to stay kind of stay away from him. Stay stay safe from him, but know where he is so that he can learn what he's going to do so that he can fuck with him later and eventually kill him himself and get back his trapping mentor's. Uh, was it a was it a knife and and rifle sight or it, something? It was definitely a knife. I don't remember the rifle yeah. sight, but maybe it was too. But yeah, yeah, he north he, of the sun. He, yeah, he played he played him kind of like a fool for a yeah. little while, you know. He, and when he, I if I recall, <laughs> when he finally before he actually encountered Klutuk, he has his own adventures, and somehow he ends up trying to walk out of second Togiak Lake, I believe, which I've never made it to. I made it to first Togiak Lake, but I never made it to second Togiak Lake. He was up there trying to gold mine, fails at gold mining, and ends up walking out. Before he's too weak to walk out, he walks down the Togiak River and bumps into bumps into one of my relatives from a long time ago. Uh, and he's brought to their camp by dog sled. They feed him, make him strong again, and take him down to the village of Togiak. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool yeah. book. Yeah. If I rec- so my uncle, I call him uncle, but he divorced my, my mom's sister. Uh, his dad's dad, I think, was the kid that came across him on uh, on the dog sled, if I recall. I I hope I'm not screwing it up. Nobody will know. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want to, Tim. <laughs> no, that that's another good book too. It's a good book. But yeah. Well, we probably better start wrapping her up here. Jeez. What? Or not? Or not. <laughs> if they get tired of listening an hour two, they'll just stop and come back stop later. Stop and come back later. Well, that's the thing. Like, someone, because the last one when we got together was like four hours, and <laughs> someone's like, oh, this is great. Like, long road trips. And we, didn't, uh, up here, isn't yeah. that, like, didn't, did, it, did I tell you about the Uber ride my buddy had just the other day? I didn't tell you this, did I? Fr- friend of mine went down to Anchorage. I but think Frank you, heard the story too. Oh, from oh, from Luke. Story. Yeah. Oh, you already heard it. Anyhow, there was but like I a, haven't. You should tell it on the. On yeah, the yeah. yeah. So like, I I'm flying with Luke. We're going to look for sheep, and so I'm flying with him. He's like, "Do you hear the Uber story?" I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, "Yeah, just like just the other day, I was flying my plane back from Kodiak, and I had to land at the airport, but then I had to like get out and take an Uber ride to the other." to fly another plane home or whatever back here to Fairbanks. He decided to take an Uber ride or whatever, and, you know, the guy was asking me questions. And, you know, I live in Fairbanks, blah, blah, blah. Do you, uh, do you know those guys that uh, 
that that do that tundra times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Luke, yeah, yeah. So, so Luke's like, <laughs> so, yeah. So Luke's all like, "Why? Well, I, I, yeah, I know a couple of them. Blah blah blah. You know Nick. You know Frank. What? Well, yeah, yeah. I know both of them. You know Tyler. Well, yeah, I do. Man, I I've listened to all of them at least three times a piece. Every single <laughs> oh one of my them. Gosh. Wow. Well, thanks for all thanks. for all the hours listened. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, and if, if he listened to all of them three times, he has learned something, and that's good for him. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. That's great. Cashing your Uber for a fucking boat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, have you, Luke, have you been on there before? No, I have Oh, man, I'd really like to know somebody that's been on there. So if you could get on there. I'm like, I, I told Luke, I'm like, we've been trying to get you on here. Just yeah. The problem is like, you know, Timing. you're fucking busy. Yeah. Everybody's busy. You know, we're trying to figure it out. He's like, Luke was like, my brother's Taj. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yes. He's like, do you know Taj? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he had, he said he had the uh, Island Air hat. Yeah. On. You know, you know Taj? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know Taj. And this, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty cool to hear. Um, so I, I would assume there's a lot of people out there, Tyler, that listen to this and that. They do appreciate it and they they enjoy it. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. If people people like listening to us bullshit and can get some a few bits of useful information here and there. Yeah, I think if if you're smart and you listen to it, you can figure it out. It's pretty good. Like you know, just a little bit here and there. You don't even have to be smart. <laughs> yeah, you, Frank, Frank said you don't even have to be smart. Exhibit A. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it's be in. Yeah, speaking of learn something, it was it's kind of out of context now, but I did buy I did finally like go I just bought one of the new Hubba Hubba tents. I told you about that though. You did, and they're freaking pretty. They basically address like all my because my the one I've been using for five or six years blew up on me last year. Pole snapped, whatever. But they like I got the new one has like carbon fiber poles. And the ends of it are reinforced with aluminum. Oh, yeah. The junction on the ends of the hubba hubba, like if you if you follow it along, used to be like fairly susceptible. If you get it blowing like over 40 to 50, like it would, it could fold the end of the tent in. No longer. No, these ones like aren't folding. And the, like the Rainfly has guy lines on basic, like additional guy lines on like every point. But yeah. what I'm finding out is we can put the old tent inside the new everything. We should be. Yeah, we should be able to. Should I do that? Yeah. All right. I'll yank it We have a tent that people, it's like the black book of sheep hunting. <laughs> in, in, inside the tent is like <laughs> sheep heads drawn and like every single place that we shot sheep. Since well, I've has been, a fr- has since, Tyler's since side I've, and Frank's since I've side. been hunting with Tyler, it's got like my side of the tent and his side of the tent, and we've <laughs> taken a sharpie <laughs> and written on the inside of the tent. There's like a line going up the inside of the tent of sheep heads that are like X'd out, and where we shot them. And it's like if somebody found our fucking tent, we'd be <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna have to have a new tent. I'm like. Shit, this is devastating. <laughs> Last week I came over here and he was like, I think we could put the old tent inside the new everything else that I just got. Wow. 
Yeah. It's funny how shit that shit works. Like it's weird in your head, you know. It's like, oh my god, this is so fun. Every time I lay down, I'm like, oh yeah, we got all them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might have to yank that thing back out because I think I've got it packed as just the new tent. It does look like they brought the like waterproof the bathtub floor up a little higher on the ends. Um, which that was never issue. Get a new sharpie. Get a new get a new sharpie, or I mean, I we'll see. I'll surprise you. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it'll be nice. the old tent. Maybe it'll, it'll be, be the new one. Nice. Maybe you just cut those out and sew Cut it those out and sew them in. No, but the actual tent, the the tent part, I think there may be a couple spots in the bug screen and a couple spots in the floor because when I had to abandon the ship, I freaking just threw a couple giant rocks on top of it to make sure it wasn't go, going nowhere and then came back and got it like after I got all my shit dried out and it quit raining. But uh, like, fuck! Hopefully, somebody doesn't find that tent. Yeah, under like, those rocks, fuck, it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna kill me. It's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to find all new spots. But uh, no, so but uh, I think there's there might be a hole. I could just tenacious tape a couple holes in the bottom or whatever the, the rocks did. But the damage was like it snapped the poles. I like Zach's call. We'll just cut that shit right out of there and fucking sew it it right on the inside of the old new tent. But I like the old tent. The tent itself is is fine. I think it's just the The rain fly is destroyed and the poles are destroyed. So I don't know what the answer is. God damn nostalgia! It's weird how that shit works. When you're like, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little (laughs) stitious. I'm out here with like my Elmer's glue. <laughs> Back to Nick, what Nick was saying. It's it's odd how small a world it is. Like I've bumped into two people now in two years that have like been. Hey, are you are you Temple from the thing? I'm like Temple well, from that, the thing. Are. That depends. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're gonna have to narrow this down because maybe I'm not. Well, the first one was up on the Yukon River last summer. Uh, I was pike fishing, and these guys were where I wanted to be, and I hate to drive up on people in there, Alaska, but I'm like, hey, any fish? And so we BSed for a minute because I was planning on going by them and getting further upriver from them. But at some point, the guy goes, are you Temple from the the Tundra Talk? I'm like, yeah. So we had a conversation about that. Maybe. You always are like, uh, maybe. Dep- <laughs> which episode were you listening to, and what did I maybe I say? Did I tell the Huna joke? And then, and then this summer, it was uh, I'm coaching t-ball, and I'm hollering at all these kids, trying to get them to pay attention. And eventually, the at a different at some practice, this guy brings his kid up, and he goes, "Hey." Are you temp? You're your temple, right? Yeah, I'm temple. Are you? Have you been on the, the the tundra talk? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's me. So we had a good conversation. It was. It's weird how small it is, and it's it's a. Fairbanks yeah. is a tiny little town. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, don't say anything you'll regret too much. Right, like the yeah. Huda joke. You'd better cut that out. I got to stop her in the lowest parking lot, and I was like, no. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, you look just like him, and I was like, no. Uh, he's I like, want- you got a sheep head in the front of your truck. It's like fucking a. Of all the days that I decided to take this euro mount from my house to my girlfriend's house, 
<laughs> this fucking random guy in the parking lot. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> I got hit up this morning. Yeah. With the gun, oh, yeah. With the gun range. There yeah, you go. I shot my rifle this morning. Oh, gun range is, di- is the oh. devil's spot. Oh, for that. yeah. <laughs> Combat Cushman. <laughs> What'd that have to say? Oh, it just. You're on, are you, you're are on you? YouTube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do the like, you know, well, I don't and know. I, I say this, like, not to, like, put anybody down, because I do the same thing. If I re- think I recognize someone from Wise Way, it's kind of the slow, like, <laughs> yeah. walk by. <laughs> well, I, I had I was on a f- phone call trying to figure out where my binoculars were, because they were supposed to have been here yesterday. So I'm on the phone with the FedEx lady, and then I was there right when it opened, or, you know, supposedly opened, and so, like, everyone was out putting all their targets, and I'm sitting there on my phone just like, shit, I'm going to have to wait through the first round to get a paper out. <laughs> and then I finally get done, and as soon as I stepped out the door, <laughs> he was parked next to me. Oh, man. And I'm like, oh. He's like, you're on YouTube, aren't you? I've seen, seen your video. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty sly of him to come sight in his... He drives all the way to Fairbanks to sight in his rifle to throw people off the yeah. trail. <laughs> That's yeah. slick work right there. Oh, yeah. But Oh, yeah. No, it was just double check, triple check. Mm-hmm. Mind yeah. what you say. Mind what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you're, no, but nev- like, you're never hiding. That's what no. I think. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I'm like... <laughs> Fucking people. <laughs> I love well, it. You know, it's it's cool. But yeah. No, and it and like we certainly appreciate like everyone that oh yeah enjoys listening Heck to it. It's yeah. just awkward for me. You know, yeah, it's, it's like it is for me too. Yeah, that, I, just, I understand. I just, like I just I mean, thank you. I and I think I so like I've uh oh I wouldn't I've talked with Jason Matzinger quite a bit, like just seen you know, been with him at multiple events, whatever. And what I noticed that he does is he like, and he we talked about this particular conversation. I was at a barbecue with him in like June, and it, and it was he just like learns to look him in the eye and just say thank you, you know, like I appreciate it. Like he gets all, and then I, and I think I probably should strive to do that more instead of play this wishy washy like don't talk to me, I don't want to. I feel awkward right now. Did you know who I am? You know what I mean. Like that, it is awkward though. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. You just got to say thank you. I appreciate it. You know, like that be genuine. Sense. The guy that I ran to was like, "Hey, Jesus you, Christ. him, yeah, you, like everyone." Yeah, like, named everyone around the board. No, it's fine. You're good. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't, I got nothing to go for. Well, the easiest way for me is, oh, shucks, thanks. Yeah. That's just, yeah. that's. But it's, like, I mean, I'll be honest, today after I drove off, I was like, I probably should have talked to him a little bit more, you know, like, I just, blew, I felt like I kind of blew him off a little, you know. It was, it's random people. I know, I don't, what do I even say? Uh, shucks, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that being said, there's a pile of people that listen to this stuff, and, and. They all mean well, and they're listening to it because they want to learn. And we're not trying to dissuade anybody oh, from no. saying hi at all. No, like, oh, no. <laughs> or nor are we like no, trying no, to say like, oh, we're some high and mighty. Like we're just no. regular, <laughs> regular, regular <laughs> dudes yeah. that do our own. Yeah. We're, like we're just if we seem awkward, yeah. it's because we're just used to like being in our own 
yeah. fucking world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but all, the the folks that <laughs> Frank said he's a weirdo. He's right. Um, but anyhow, the, no, there's a lot of people that just really enjoy just like listening to you know like stories and stuff like that because I, I would assume that they're gonna, they're going to learn like something, you know. Yeah, Anything. just a yeah. little bit. They're gonna do. I it. mean, and like you're putting the content out for people to see it. It's not, you know, it's like. Yeah. Why? Why should I feel awkward when they do see it? I know exactly. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is, it's like I like to drink beer. I like to talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking be any different around anyone. Yeah. Know? I wish I had. A no, <laughs> you can redo it if you want. Frank basically no. said he's he's gonna drink beer and he's gonna have fun and he's not gonna be any different for anyone. <laughs> likes to drink beer and likes to talk. That's shit. the truth. He ain't gonna be different. <laughs> what you know? Would be a good subject for a future podcast, not one we're four hours deep in. Would be the worst successful hunt. Oh man, we could do that. That would be a lot. Uh, of that fun. would be a good one. Like Temple, good idea. Like. I'm gonna die, and then I bring the meat home and survive. No, no. Oh, worse, successful, or worst. just worst? Well, yes. I've got lots the of answer worse. is yes. <laughs> yeah. Worse and successful. Because okay. well, I'm sure there's hunts where we've all almost died. Yeah, <laughs> but and, and it doesn't matter. Like, worse can mean a lot of different things. Worse yeah. can mean so you almost died. What worse I, can mean like you had a like a terrible experience, except for what, the ten seconds where you got to. Blast something. The words yeah. that came out my mouth were worst successful hunt. Huh. Okay, uh, worst successful hunt. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I also so, have a, another idea, too, and I, I think it needs to happen uh, soon, where Faith, Carrie, and Stephanie sit down without us. We get the, sh- <laughs> we get the, we get the stuff going. We get the stuff going. Podcast maybe, takeover. Maybe a maybe a five gallon bucket full of ice with some bottles of wine and a wine opener and some glasses, and they just hang out for for an hour or two and, and, and talk shit about us. <laughs> I mean, I'll, but they will, but they won't. And and you want to bet? Yeah, that's fine. And, and and Erica can come too, and whatever. And I think it, I think that would be I think that'd be really cool to have those like I've given you know, like my... the the wives. I've no, given yeah, my wife plenty of axes to grind. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to this. No, I, I think that would be really cool, man. I really do. Because that could we, be none of us are doing anything what we're doing anything at all without them. Oh, that's like, God, absolutely like, true. Because yeah. dude, I'm telling you, I come home from a trip or whatever and like Stephanie's like, Where do you want this? Where do you want that? I'm like, Well, where it goes or whatever and she puts it and this or that. I'm like, Hey, where's this? And she's like, Oh, it's right here and she runs out and gets like th- there are so many things that our wives and, and yeah. stuff do for us that yep. it's just yeah. it's unbelievable. Not Zach yet. Not Zach yet. No, no. <laughs> but but there am I right or am I wrong? No, oh, you're right, right, man. And I've I've got a really <clears throat> quick story to share. The keys when the R V fell off the hitch. Oh yeah. That Eric, this is a temple, a temple story that he told before we started recording. Oh, Long did I not tell short, it? No, you didn't. But oh, his his RV, the RV that I swore I'd never buy. I put the wrong hitch in the truck. It fell off the hitch. <laughs> oh, I needed shit. to put the right hitch in, and the right hitch had a keyed pin, which was back home. Thankfully, not very far. 
So my wife goes to go find the keys, which I thought she'd never find. She finds them fairly quick and comes back. And later, I'm telling her how awesome that was that she was able to find these keys. I tell her, that's fucking magic, Erica. And our two-year-old daughter goes, fucking magic? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my little girl, my little girl's two, and (laughs) two years old, fucking magic? All right, two stories, my little girl. It's also two. And they're sitting in the back. Like, her and my my four-year-old son, like, they they get, like, going back and forth and uh-huh. thinking stuff's funny when it's really oh, not. No, it's not. Like, poop and stuff like that. God, <laughs> anyway, damn. but she's like, sometimes I don't even know what to do because it's just so funny, but... The other or what day he said something he's like oh my god and I'm like oh don't say that dude and she's like and he's like okay and so I explain like after I get through explaining like I don't want you know don't want you say that then she's like I'm a god I'm a god <laughs> I'm like shut up <laughs> so but more importantly I had that Suzuki in here the other day putting a winch on it. And I got the winch in, was running wires. I was running wires from the rocker switch, um, hooking everything up. And there's a hot, a hot, I'm just talking out my ass. I'm half rinsed here. But <laughs> there's a hot wire. You got a wire you got to tap into your, your, your four-wheeler switch mm-hmm. wire. Mm-hmm. And they include a little, because uh, it's not like a Polaris. It has just a freaking quick plug and you're done. You got to splice it. You got to splice wire. it in. So it comes with a little couple splicers and uh which was pretty new to me but you snap you snap it on the wire you want to tap into put your your extra your third wire in there cramp down on it with pliers and it cuts through the insulation and connects them and you snap it on there and you're good to go it's like super simple anyway she had already been wanting to help me and i had all kinds of fucking lag bolts and shit like (laughs) put up by the radiator and you know she's helping Uh so i got all them tore out and then she climbs up on the four-wheeler and i got fenders off and scattered everywhere and she grabs that splicer oh no i'm like no honey i need that you know explain like if i lose that it's bad news i tried to get it get it from her a couple times and she wouldn't give it to me so i thought i'd be quick and just like reach real quick try to grab it well she dodged me Turned, looked at me, like like <laughs> curled Give up, her a snarl, just a little snarl. Jammed her hand as far as she could get it in the four wheeler and dropped it. <laughs> that brat, uh, <laughs> so mad. <laughs> that's she right knew there. exactly what she was doing. She stuck her hand as far as she could get in there and try. Oh, you need this? Okay. Oh man, yeah. my, my daughter is so much more in intelligent and strong-willed than the boys i don't know if it's it's just i don't know what the hell it is but she her and erica were talking back and forth and she goes and my daughter my two-year-old goes damn it and erica (laughs) erica goes you don't say that that's a grown-up word and my daughter goes awkward (laughs) (laughs) she's fucking two (laughs) she's gonna be three here in a few days She she mimics more and she uses what she hears more appropriately than the boys do last week. It's terrifying. Hey, Frank. 
Awkward. He's back there in the office texting. What? You want to close us out with the Boston story? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so many of those stories that he, nobody, like, we don't even talk about the caliber of them. But I'd tell, even... I would tell it if it was me. <sighs> anyway, I guess you guys are just going to be left hanging. So we're at about four, outer, four hours and 30 minutes. We better Holy close her off. Shit. But, uh, all right well thanks everyone for listening sure appreciate it and uh good luck out there this season and uh if you enjoy the podcast appreciate if you leave a good review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on and uh our guest that we got terribly distracted from zach kenner um is uh you're just a hardworking hunter on instagram instagram youtube and youtube Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, man. It's no, been... yeah, yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me out. I'll try to make it back more often. Yeah, you better, man. Now <laughs> that you now that you're officially a Fairbanks resident. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for the guy that was worried about our cussing on here. Oh god. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> go <laughs> All right. And just whack 'em and sack 'em. Whack 'em and sack 'em. All right. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks.